All right, it is finally here. After a year of talking about it, it's 90s Action Week. 32 films, battle royale format, selected by Mermel panelists going head-to-head. Nick's with me to start this show, a little bit different than normal, sir. Uh, How's it going? So without further ado, on this episode of Movies Room My Life, it's 90s Action Week. Alright, so that's Jesse. Hello there. That's Devin. Hello. And I'm Brandon. And gentlemen, it is 90s Action Week. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. We've been talking about this for, I guess, literally a fucking year since last March. And originally we had about six or seven panelists scheduled to come in. Suze is sick. Uh, East is dealing with uh, some plumbing issues at his house. So hopefully, hopefully he's okay. And um, and so instead of the bracketed tournament that we initially laid out, and I spent an evening prepping for you guys and Looks everything. Looks like you put a lot of work into that. Yeah. Uh, instead of that, we're going to take the 32 films that the six panelists nominated um, to be on the show uh, and and do it Battle Royale style. Because, Jesse, you haven't done a Battle Royale with us before, right? I have not. Should be interesting. Um, so before we get started, just wanted to go through the, uh, the placement of these films when we, when we did the nominations initially, everything on this panel, uh, obviously doesn't have rankings. They don't matter anymore, but they were selected by Mermel panelists. One, at least one of us, uh, to put on, we're, we're going to do another nineties action week tournament because Devin, as you and I talked about, there's movies on here or rather not on here that really should be on here things like passenger 57's not on here sorry wesley uh starship troopers is not on here yeah and that one should be on that there. should be on here totally death wish five the face of death <laughs> should be on there. <laughs> broken arrow broken arrow yeah money train <laughs> money train uh, is executive decisions on there Executive oh, decision is not, not on yeah. here, yeah. so we we're gonna definitely do another. Uh, I feel like we have to another <laughs> battle royale. I think we got to do two battle royales now, and 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 we'll do we'll put the winner of this one or maybe the top three or something like that into the other other battle royale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, much like we did with the uh, indie comics battle royale, we'll be introducing a number of films. In this case, we're going to introduce six films at a time. And then we'll have to – one of the panelists nominates two films and we'll have to talk it out which film stays and which film goes in that fight. All right. Cool. Are we ready to rock and roll? Ready to roll. All right. So our first six films in, gentlemen, are Out for Justice, Steven Seagal classic. Boo. <laughs> Last Action Hero. <laughs> These Arnold Schwarzenegger classic. <laughs> so that's one way of putting it, I guess. Yeah. Speed. Yeah. That... The Keanu Reeves classic. <laughs> the Fugitive. Uh, some... Get off my plane. <laughs> Ron <Lee. laughs> I know. That's <laughs> I didn't kill her. Get off my plane. <laughs> I don't I care. Kill her her way. Yeah. That would be him delivering both lines. His line and then his line back to himself. And then he jumps off. <laughs> Panel's done, everybody. We're going home. 
All right. Okay. Tony Lee Jones is just standing there. What the fuck just happened? So The Fugitive. And then the last two films of our first six are Hard Boiled. Yeah. And Escape from L.A. Yeah. So, pretty good good selection here. Varying quality of films here. Is there any two films on this list? Of these six that you'd like to put up against each other out of Out for Justice, Last Action Hero, Speed, The Fugitive, Hard Boiled, and Escape from L.A. We should probably take turns with that. Yeah. So do you want to maybe whoever whoever starts her off, we'll yeah. just go clockwise or sure. something like that from there? You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. Let's, I, I'm, I want to get this out of the way. I want to see what emerges between... Hard boiled and the fugitive. All right, gentlemen. Okay, I love the fugitive. I think it's an amazing yeah. film. It's a film that had every opportunity to fail miserably, and basically on the backs of a really good crew and a really good cast, uh, was able to turn a film that barely had a fucking script or shooting schedule or anything else into. A really, really uh, excellent film that I've probably watched more than a dozen times in my life. That being said, Hard Boiled was on my list. It was one of the films I nominated. Jesse, I know you did as well. Yep. We talked about this film in 80s Action Week. And uh, you referred to The Killer as a bullet ballet. And this film is even better. Yeah, this it's, is like the next level of that. Yeah. it's They took it from one level and just made it even more guns, more bullets. The end shootout scene is like 40 minutes long and just oh, it's so fucking it's, long. <laughs> like they just don't do that in american action like that's very a hong kong thing where it's like okay the last act of the movie is just non-stop action <laughs> like there's no break it's just like he has to shoot through like 100 guys to get to the end and he's gonna do it <laughs> the thing that's always struck me as kind of odd about the the opening sequence of that flick which is amazing uh, the scene where he, uh, like, it's the crazy shootout, and then Chow Young Fat ends up looking like a jelly donut because he, like, slams down on the powder <laughs> and then he shoots the guy in the face and all the blood <laughs> comes up on him. But the thing that's always fucked with me throughout every viewing, even the very first viewing of this film, is that they're watching the table that's selling those guns, these test guns or whatever, yep. right? And so Chow Young Fat goes up, stomps on the fucking guns, <laughs> and, or like, on the birdcage. And then takes those guns, the evidence, and proceeds to shoot all the fucking bad guys with them. <laughs> it's like, this is the worst fucking cop ever. Then later in the film, he's in the library where Alan shoots that guy. Yeah. And he picks the book off the shelf. No gloves, no nothing. Just like, here's the gun, hands it to the, you know, kind of. <laughs> it's like, this this guy sucks. Get him off the force. They have different protocols over there. Yeah, it's there. just like, just kill everyone. And that's how, that's so how police. Terrible detective, there. but man, you could fire a lot of bullets. Oh, <laughs> The um, the uh, underground like uh, shootout scene at the, like the when Alan turns on on one syndicate and goes to the other kind of thing. That's yeah. also a really memorable scene, and that's a really weird Chow Young Fat just sitting loading his gun for so long, and that's yeah. one of those dove moments for, for a lot of a lot of doves. Yeah, when uh, when he emerges, love that. It's it's a really they're both really cool movies. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, for me, I would I would go hard boiled, e- even though I love the Fugitive. Yeah, Fugitive is a great movie. Um, 
it's def I still I definitely call it an action movie, but it's more about the character drama side of things. Yeah, where Hard Boiled really... is one dude just just blowing dudes away for forty five minutes, mm-hmm. and he's got the classic John Woo double gun slow motion dove stuff going on, which is always fun. And, and then yeah. you have an eye patched bad guy. Uh, so uh, one's got eye patch, one guy's got the one arm man. Limb. Yeah, so. I mean, I think it's um, beating up on uh, <laughs> physically challenged people here. <laughs> I, I mean, the fug- the fugitive. Uh, it's it's an action movie in the same way that like uh, No Country for Old Men or something like that is an action movie. You know, you like yeah, there's action, but that's not really what it's. Yeah, it's more about the characters and the the story. You mm-hmm. know? Um, I think um, it's got more in common with a noir in a lot of ways. Yeah, so it's it's, it's like a mystery to... film as well, like him trying to uncover mm-hmm. the. Yeah, yeah, you know. exactly, exactly. It's like um, and a couple of those cops are real life Chicago detectives too. Which yeah, I, I heard they really interesting. They they yeah, I heard a lot of cops like actual you know crime scene investigators and mm-hmm. ambulance people and stuff. And a really good supporting cast in yeah. general in the film. I saw the movie in IMAX when I was a kid. One of the first IMAX movies I saw. Really? Yeah. Oh man! My parents were big on taking taking us to see the IMAX films. And I didn't understand what it was. Like, we're, we're going to see it on the big screen. I'm like, yeah, well, we go to the, see the big screen all the time. And then I get there, I'm like, well, that's a pretty fucking big screen. <laughs> <laughs> you have to see it at the Science Center. Or it like was yeah, Ontario the uh, Science Center, Ontario Place. The, nice. Uh, but yeah, if I had to pick one or the other, I'm going to have to go with Hard Boiled. Though it's it's, it's a badass action movie. All right, so Hard Boiled is going to eliminate the fugitive. What would your vote have been, Devin? Uh, I mean, it would have had to have been the fugitive because I haven't, uh, I haven't seen Hard Boiled. Oh, <laughs> Fair enough. So this may cause some problems for Hard Boiled in future <laughs> rounds, but in any case, goodbye, Harrison. It's been nice knowing you. Next film in to the competition. Oh, this is a nomination of mine. 1995's Assassins. Little Sylvester Stallone, Antonio Banderas team up. Yep. Little Julianne Moore in there, ah. and a cat. So yeah, anyone, uh, Jesse, I believe you're next up to nominate two films. Anything that you see on the board that you would like to nominate? Let's do Speed versus Out for Justice. Ooh, I like this one. Now, I like it too because I love Speed. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the better action (laughs) films of the 90s. And I hate Steven Seagal. Okay, perfect. (laughs) So I'm going to be voting against him in pretty much every opportunity I get. We were talking about this a little bit before, Devin. Okay, Out for Justice. Here's what Out for Justice fucking is. This is what's brilliant. It's like one weekend, Steven Seagal went out to the theater and he saw The Godfather. And he's like, yeah, I can do that. So he's literally co-financed a film (laughs) starring him where he can play a character named Gino, who's a cop who's in with the mob. And like the bad guy, the or the sorry, the bad guy is a friend that he grew up with. But um, the, there's a, obviously a mob element in it. And the the main mob boss is this guy named Don Vittorio. And there's a scene where uh, you know, or there's a couple, but there's one really good one where Seagal is not even 
trying to say Don Vittorio. He's just like, Don Vito, mozzarella, yeah, bella. One of the worst Italian accents in the like, history of cinema. It's, it's amazing. And he's just, and he keeps telling these fucking stories throughout the movies. Like, you know, my, my, you know, you remember this big guy, whatever his name is. Like, and he, he, he sees his kid stealing stuff and he, he starts knocking him around, bada bing, bada boom. Like, my mama, she's making me spaghetti. No, it's, yeah, exactly, right? Like, he, he, he finds this fucking dog that some guy throws out of the car, which is actually a really good moment at the end when he gets to break that guy's arm and kick him in the balls and then the dog pees on him. But he pulls up to buy seltzer from some guy who's selling seltzer water out of a cooler on the side hey, of the street. Hey, I'm Italian. I gotta get me some seltzer. Yeah. And, and, uh, and this kid is like, uh, what's the dog's name in Italian? And he's like, oh, you know, I never, I never thought about it. <laughs> Garagio. His name is Garagio. <laughs> and it's, it's fucking brilliant. Uh, but it's also fucking terrible. But it's so fun to watch him and like nobody knows Brooklyn like me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I when I was a, like when I was a kid, uh, and like I saw my first Steven Seagal movie or something like that. Like I wrote it off from the very get go. Yeah. It's like he's just he's 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 like this action star that never actually like. Like fights anybody? He really for, does anything. Yeah, he just and he's got a gut. Hands and hits people, and yeah. then breaks their arm and kicks them in the and balls. That's he, his go-to. He has, he has had a gut since like the oh, beginning of his. Yeah. Action he's been career. out of shape when he was in shape. Like, yeah. he's always looked like a fat piece yeah. of shit. <laughs> we were talking about Hard to Kill earlier this week, yeah. and he's totally skinny fat when he's doing all the acupuncture <laughs> meditation, and he was doing like training and stuff like that, like the stuff that Jackie Chan does in Rumble in the Bronx, yeah, yeah. whatever that stick thing is called. Yeah, yeah. But he does it like one third. The speed and and uh, he's, that's another he's thing. Fat, a lot of times he does things like anytime he's like disarming a guy with a knife, they you can tell they do it slowly and speed it up, <laughs> ramp it up, and it looks like shit. It's like there are people that can do these stunts and they look realistic, mm-hmm. and they get this fat fuck coming here, just like. <laughs> Oh, just, uh, I want to see him like like pick up a gun off the ground like after like an intense fight sequence and he's got to like put his hand on the wall and yeah. like squat. <laughs> he can't, and he, t- he always got like a big jack and stuff on, but the odd times that his arms are showing, he doesn't have any muscles. Yeah, like they're big arms, but they're like covered well, they're, in fat. Well, yeah, sometimes they're big arms. In in Out for Justice in particular, he is pretty skinny fat. Yeah, like got, he looks, he's super, like he's way taller than the rest of the cast. Yeah, even Jerry Orbach, who isn't a short guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know. Shout out to Law and Order. Yep. Represent. True. True. Um. <laughs> but uh, and that's the other thing too in this fucking movie. Like, okay, Jerry Arbex is boss, right? And he's like, it's like we got to bring this guy in. And then Stephen Seagal's is like, you're not bringing him in. You can't find him. Just give me a shotgun. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, just give me a shotgun and unmarked car. And the fucking his boss is like. This is a good idea. This, yeah, let's do Here's it. Here's your gun. Go kill some people. Yeah, usually the the police captain is like saying, get out of here. Get out of control here. And yeah. this way it's like, no, take the shotgun. Go. <laughs> There's also two montage sequences in this film. I'm talking about it so much because it's fucking going. <laughs> like, let's be. Let's be oh, yeah. Up. No, no. Let's get let's talk about it now because it's not. <laughs> it's not speed any day of the week. And of course, uh, t- that's the other thing I wanted to mention, too, is the fact that literally they're like, OK, what song do we put in a movie about Brooklyn? Okay, like I know this is pre-Google, but like nowadays it's the equivalent of someone just googling Brooklyn song. Yeah, <laughs> it's like no sleep no, till Brooklyn. Sleep Download it. Brooklyn. <laughs> but yeah, good so. god, what a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> All right, speed. Uh, well, yeah, 
I'm sure we'll talk about speed in the next. Yeah, I'll have more uh, yeah, to say yeah. about speed later because I'm not a fan of speed. But yeah. get the oh. fuck out. But yeah, of get here. the fuck out of here, Steven Seagal. Okay, fuck. so we don't we can we can bypass the talk on speed for yeah. now and keep it in. Actually, I have a, I have a funny uh, Steven Seagal story. It's, it, it's a friend of a friend type thing, so I don't know how true it is. But he was shooting a movie in Toronto. I can't remember. It was the DMX one, and the friend of a friend of mine was uh, hanging out. He was a grip or something on it. And he just walks in. He's like, hey, fellas, how's it going? And I'm like, oh, hey, Steven, how's it going? And he walks up to this one dude who's kind of ethnic looking. He's like, hey, what are you? He's like, oh, well, I'm, like, I'm a grip. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like no, no, what's your, uh, what's your background? He's like, well, I'm, I'm Canadian, but like my parents are from Colombia. So Steven Seagal starts t- speaking to him in Spanish. And he's like, I, I don't speak Spanish, man. He's like, Pff. Colombian don't speak Spanish. Get a load of this guy. And just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> and they're st- st- left there looking around like, what an asshole. Like, why would you, like, he's trying to like act cooler than the guys. He's like, I'm from Canada. Why the hell would I speak Spanish? But that's what he's doing in this whole fucking movie, yeah. by the way. It's like every person he talks to is some kind of tough guy. And then like next guy he sees, are you some kind of tough guy? <laughs> it's like he's, he's at the fucking you know, drugstore getting a prescription filled. It's like, here, that'll be $25. You some kind of tough guy? Like $25. That's a lot of money. (laughs) Every fucking time. He literally has a fight scene in that film where he gets down on his knees and just hits people. Like, he's like, I'm going to make this easier for you, all you tough guys. I'm going to get down on my knees and I'm going to fight you with a pool cue and with a fucking, you know, uh, Fucking cue ball in in wrapped yeah, in the, t-shirt. Yeah, the, the cue ball in a fucking sock. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> putting a cue ball in a sock and whacking guys. Dude, with he's it. a black belt in cue ball in a sock. Yeah, well, that's gonna, <laughs> yeah. He's dedicated his life to that particular <laughs> martial arts. <laughs> I wish that we could, they could see you fucking whipping your imaginary cue ball and sock combo around. <laughs> All, All right. right, so yeah, speed is obviously speed goes combo. through. Next film into the competition, gentlemen, is, uh, where are we here, 1991's Point Break. Another Keanu on the table with Whoa. Patrick Swayze. That's a good one. Yeah. I really dig this film. Gary Busey, his first appearance, not his last on this. Uh, oh, he'll be popping up, I'm sure. Yeah, he's going to pop Hell up. Hell yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Big Busey fan. Yeah. Respect. Respect Busey. Um, Devin, you got two on this uh on this chart that you'd like to get into competition against each other, sir? You know what? I love it, and I'd like to talk about it because I know it's not going to last very much longer. So let's go Escape from L.A. versus uh, Assassins. Yeah. All right. Um, so I, I I think I was the only person that picked Escape from L.A., right? I'm the only person that picked Assassins. So we're yeah. Oh, no, point. no. Sue's, Sue's picked Escape from L.A. as well. Yeah, well, speaking Respect. of which, Sue's uh, feel better if you're listening Escape from L.A. Um, it's not as bad as some people make it out yeah. to be. Uh, actually, I, I saw Escape from L.A. first, actually. Yeah, same. And same. I went back and saw Escape from New York. And so I saw Escape from L.A. and I fuck. I thought it was. I thought it was awesome. That's first time I saw Snake Plissken. I'm like, this dude's badass. He's got a eye patch and he's just you know going around doing his thing. The my favorite part of that movie is the. Uh, the Mexican standoff is like, no one fires her gun until this can hits the ground. And he throws the gun up, throws the can up in the air and just blows the dudes away. I'm like, yeah, good. Respect. <laughs> Respect that. It's a good move. It's a great premise. Just like, uh, you know, um, just send all of the criminals off to like uh, an island and just yeah. see what happens. Yeah. You know? Like that's, that's yeah, such like, gosh, like a... Sort them out. They will govern themselves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
It's just such a, a cool. It's uh, like the gladiator battles that they have, and the dude's got like a big old <laughs> pair of scissors or something, chopping motherfuckers' heads off with. <laughs> Remember that? That was pretty cool. Steve Buscemi's in it? Yeah. The the one thing I feel like they could have maybe, like, done a bit better um, would be to have, like, like a little bit of, like, distinction between, like, gangs. This didn't – Escape from New York – did it not have like they yeah, were I think like they had the, specific gangs? They were like okay. the savages that were like cannibals and stuff like that. Because this one had like uh, the plastic surgery place, and that was kind of spooky. That was uh, Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> and uh, respect. Oh, you have such a beautiful blue eye. <laughs> I wish you had two of them. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I feel like it could have been cool, cooler. Uh, if there were a bunch of those, if it was yeah. like, here's, you know, the plastic surgery guys and here's like the, you know, the... I the Smegma Boys and the Gay Boy Berserkers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nothing will beat those game games. <laughs> uh, shit, maybe it's got a chance. Shout out to our 80s action uh, episode. Go back and listen yeah, to that. That's right. Throwback to Road Warrior there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's got a chance. Because you know what? It's I, not a bad movie. It's not, I, I, yeah. I quite yeah, enjoy it, fun. actually. It's fun. The uh, the surfing scene though with uh, yeah. what's his name there, <laughs> Kurt Russell catching a wave. Yeah, oh, but who's who's the guy he's surfing with? Is uh, Peter Fonda? <laughs> <laughs> Most positive is Peter Fonda. We have to get a re- check on that, but oh, he's like, oh, here comes the wave, man! You can't get out of here. Grab a board, <laughs> but it's like such shitty CGI waves. <laughs> they high five each other at one point. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Okay, assassins. Um, I nominated, uh, and and I uh, a big reason why I nominated it when we were doing the bracketed format is because I'm a film that comes later. I had selected beforehand, and I removed my selection for that film and put up this Antonio Banderas film solely on the strength of that taxi scene, just him in the back seat of the of the taxi and Sly in the front, and he you know his whole like. Uh, you're my idol, Robert <laughs> Rath. And like, you know, it's just, it's so tense and they're, you know, they're whole, uh, the whole exchange, they're very civil and then all of a sudden the guns come out. It's very tense and then he has to dive out of a moving taxi cab. <laughs> and even just that whole scene, how it's set up, that that's how Sly gets to him. He he, he impersonates a taxi cab driver and then just drives around for hours listening to the radio, <laughs> waiting for someone to get picked up that sounds like it might be Antonio Banderas. So he's like put in a full shift as a taxi driver just to get this guy done. Uh, which is sweet. Yeah. Um, the computer nonsense, uh, I'm not going to fault the movie for because this era um, in particular – like 90s flicks in general, particularly action flicks, they are all really bad for, you know, something, some kind of computer hacker is doing something, blah, blah, blah. And and so, uh, you know, I'm not going to worry about that. I love Julianne Moore watching her neighbors and like making like their real lives into a soap opera. And because she's got whatever wires hooked up through there, whatever, that's where Antonio Banderas comes and yeah. fucking kills <laughs> the neighbors. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really solid movie. Like you said earlier, Devin, it does go on way too fucking long. I love this, the, the final showdown, them like, like where he does the same thing. He comes into the bank and all that stuff, the same way as they talked about, uh, that, that Wrath had done years earlier. Um, my problem was like all of the, the weird 
like going through the graveyard stuff and all of that stuff that they did beforehand, it's inconsequential to me. You know, mm. it's just one more close call. But because of the running time of the film, you you know that well, you assume that Julianne Moore is going to kick it, and you know Sly isn't. So it's it's kind of cool. Uh yeah. Banderas is dialed up to you know seventeen, yeah. not eleven. <laughs> like he is fucking out of this world in this film like with the sweating and the wiping his hair back and <laughs> turning his hat and eating fucking apples you know uh just like you know how many times is this guy eating in this film and and uh he's he it's amazing like he, he's so fun uh in this flick i i really i needed it on the list just because i needed to give it a shout out because i loved it so much Fair enough. as a kid and um and he is still him alone makes it worth watching. Stallone's kind of playing pretty straight, uh, straight man kind of thing to his, to 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 Banderas' zaniness. But uh, you know, it's worth a watch just to see Banderas fucking yuck it up for for two hours, basically. Uh, he gets the message from like the the like assassin hiring place on his computer <laughs> that says like the contract has been reassigned, and then he thinks for like. Five or ten seconds, like a good little while, when yeah. it's like in the yeah. path on the computer for some reason, and then he just types in "fuck you," and, <laughs> and then the the assassin place answers back. That's no way to speak to a lady. And then he thinks about it again for like, like, or he and he says like, uh, oh, "I don't care who you are" or something mm. like that. And then just starts control being fuck you in like 20 <laughs> times. <laughs> what a dick. The classic uh, gif where he gets uh, the job to kill Sylvester Stallone yeah. and then he like leans back in the chair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good one. It's a good one. But I mean, it's like, it. it's, is that enough? I don't know. I don't think it is. Yeah, that I, movie was hard to watch. I, I yeah. hadn't seen it in a long time, so I watched mm. it last night. Oh, yeah. And there were some times where yeah. I just did not. If Banderas think I was isn't make on it screen, through. it's fucking bullshit. It, yeah, it's terrible, dude. Yeah. So just it's... to be clear, I wanted it on the list strictly for Banderas. I feel good now that we've talked about it. You guys can vote however you want, and and I feel fine about it. Yeah, of those two, I will go with Escape from L.A. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to go with Escape from L.A. too. It doesn't matter, so I'll go with Assassins yeah. just because. But Assassins is gone. All right, next film in, favorite of mine. I believe both you and I nominated this film, Jesse, if I'm not mistaken. 1995-96, 96 in America, uh, Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah. Love this fucking movie. Um, that jet ski scene, uh, or like not jet ski, he's supposed to have skis on, but he's just in running shoes. Yeah. He <laughs> shot that with a broken foot. They have like a cloth cast. Yeah, you can see it's painted a bigger on than... that's like done up to look like his running shoe over, <laughs> over the cast. Like it covers a, a, a cast because he has a broken foot during that scene. Um, he's, he's a true legend of action comedy. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, great director. Great actor, um, great singer. I'm not familiar with the singing. <laughs> hey, sure man, it's... he's a big star back in Hong Kong. Broke every bone in his body at some point. So oh, yeah. He's dedicated he's to the craft. Bruce Lee. Yep. Bruce Lee snapped his neck. Back, in one once he got like four or five away, he just started smashing those tiny little bones in your ear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only have six left. I got all of them. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this flick is so fun. Uh, you know, we were joking off air that this movie should just be called Uncle Uncle because the amount of times that he just says <laughs> like, Uncle, <laughs> yeah. Uncle, Uncle, 
Are we going to your grocery store, Uncle? Are we putting this movie against another movie, or are you... I just want to talk some shit about it. Uh, but yeah, I'll I'll put it up against something. I'm gonna put it up against. Uh, what else do we have in that we haven't talked about yet? Because I I kind of like this bracket that we have. You know what? Let's put it up against Point Break. Fuck it. Yep. Let's see how this goes. Because Point Break, it was a high voting. Again, a lot of people nominated it among the Merle panelists that voted here. Um, I love the film. It's going to give us a chance to talk about it a little bit. But yeah, Jackie is is solid. Love a lot of scenes in this flick. Who wants to kick us off with one of these? Because I feel like I've already been talking for a little bit and people are getting sick of my voice. <laughs> uh, Point Break was on a lot of people's lists. Yeah. Um, and I, I, we were talking about uh, about this kind of phenomenon before too. That like, there's a lot of movies that come to mind when you. It's think... One of the first movies I thought of. When yeah. I was like, nineties action movies. What should I do? Oh, Point Break. Look at that on there. But I don't feel like it's a movie that's close to anybody's heart. And I think that that's that's um, you know, it, it's it's unfairly represented here. I feel like mm. with with five people. Taking Point Break, like just behind Die Hard with a Vengeance, and in the same category as Demolition Man, and I don't mm. think that's, I don't think that makes any sense. Yeah, because um, no. it's not, it's not a, a horrible movie. It's but a great it is, movie. It's, it is it. about extreme it. sports aficionados yep. surfing. <laughs> Did you mean to say aficionado like a like a surfer? Yeah, aficionado. aficionado. <laughs> that Rob Banks. Yep. yep. And Rob Banks wearing uh, ex presidents masks. Yeah, they're the yeah. ex presidents. They're skydiving. There's, there's cameos from members of Red Hot Chili Peppers. In yeah, it. it's, oh, it's got everything. Very, it's very nineties. Mm-hmm. I just, I hate Lee doing his uh, Flea doing his high bass step situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the classic uh, firing your gun in the air while screaming scenes. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the best of those scenes in film history, man. <laughs> I like the Bodhi uh, beach fight yep. karate moment for Swayze. I yep. like that a lot. Um, Jesse, we, I feel like we, you and I have talked about this off air before. Possibly. Um, Catherine Bigelow's best film. Like for me, it is because I don't, I don't like the Hurt Locker. I know she won like every award under the sun for it. Yeah. Hurt Locker is a good movie, but incredible point break stylist, like right up there with, you know, anybody in Hollywood, like in terms of the big directors that do large scale stuff we talked we talked about this during turtles week like i put her up as one of the the people that i i would really love to see helm a franchise of that magnitude yeah you know someone like her i also ironically put up uh um uh, stanley tong and jackie chan because i'd love to see to go back to that golden harvest uh fight yeah. choreography of the early turtles films so it's it's interesting now that we're talking about both of these, but yeah, like I I, I still think like Strange Days is cool, but it's Strange, dated. Yeah. You know, like a lot of her stuff is Point Break is kind of dated, but it makes sense because it's of, of a time of like, a time. It, it exactly. feels like it's you're watching a time piece, capsule yeah. of that era, especially yeah. like you know the surfer dude '90s sort of sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And this really okay. Let's be serious here for a second. If you didn't have Point Break, you would not have either Fast and the Furious. Because yeah. let's think about the first film. That's it's basically it's point summer. break with fucking cars, and um, you wouldn't really probably have some of the mechanisms used in the town. Like you may not have that movie. I don't know uh, the style of it, the uh, the pacing of the robbery sequences themselves. Uh, very reminiscent, very reminiscent of Point Break. Yep. Um, I think this 
film is is more of a trendsetter than than maybe we gave it a little bit of credit when we were talking off air. But yeah, it's no doubt. I don't think it's going through to the end. But yeah, it's not going to win the the whole tournament yeah. or anything. But it's uh, it's it's definitely it deserves to be there. But that being said, it is going up against Rumble in the Bronx. True, which you know that sequence where he gets to. Uh, his uncle's house is also his captain in, in like, the whole uh, police story oh, yeah. series. <laughs> um, and and his, his, he, she, he dresses up as his mother in, the, in <laughs> Super Cup yeah. <laughs> for a scene. But, yeah, uh, he's at his apartment, and he's uh, he's working on that thing that we were just talking about, Steven Seagal, yeah, the, yeah. the wooden arm thing. that uh, Wooden peg, yeah, whatever the hell it's called. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Maybe not so much now, but I think, like, because of that, there's there's humility in those movies. Like, you know, uh, a series that we talk about a lot on the show is uh, the, the YouTube series Every Frame of Painting. And one thing that I've heard uh, Tony from that YouTube channel say before about Jackie is that he, he um, he's not always winning in fights. He's not always the best. He gets hurt. Oh, yeah. He gets the shit kicked out of him a lot. And so when he does you know, climb a hierarchy of bad guys or he does win in a one-on-one confrontation or whatever it is, um, there's such an emotional investment. And, of course, the style of shooting comes into play as well, um, which I feel those things are parallel. Different things, but different, uh, but very similar quality when you look at how Big Low shoots scale, say, for example, the skydiving scenes and stuff like that. Versus, say, for example, the fight choreography in, in, in Rumble in the Bronx where it's just, you know, it is it is that, that Hong Kong yeah. fight uh, team style where, you know, every punch you fucking feel it as you're sitting in your living room um, it's or in the theater or what have you. But I was too young to see this in theaters, so... Yeah, like honestly, I, 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 the more I talk about this, the less I know which one I'm going to fucking pick. <laughs> this is actually really it's hard. It's a tough one. I, I put yeah. them on the same sort of level. Oh, man. Any thoughts, gentlemen? Uh, or if anyone wants to cast good. a vote to, to start us off. I'm still deciding. Yeah. I don't know. Devin? Rumble in the Bronx or Point Break? Was Rumble throw- in the Bronx the one with the ladder fight or was that first strike? I don't know. I don't think there's a ladder fight on it. That might be first strike. Or one party rips the aerial off of a car and starts whacking the guy in the butt with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of stuff when you're a kid. You you're, it just you giggle. It's funny. Yeah. It's uh, it's comedy kung fu type stuff. Yeah, and that's what he is the like the king of. He's the king yeah. of, of of action comedy. Yeah, I'm gonna, seriously. I'm gonna go for Rumble in the Bronx. Fuck Point Break. Fuck. You know what? I might. I think. I think I'm gonna have to go Rumble in the Bronx <laughs> yeah. as well. I think I talked myself into it. You know, I was really kind of hoping that. That uh, Point Break would go far before we started talking about all these movies, but it's got to go. You're sitting here saying that uh, without Point Break, there wouldn't be a Fast and the Furious, and I'm sitting here just like... <laughs> I wish that was... <laughs> just, hey, the just the first hey, one. Fate of the Furious. <laughs> yeah, here's where we are. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> Next film in, gentlemen... Antonio Banderas gets another chance as Desperado. <laughs> Not much of a chance, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, Oh, man. The second installment in Robert Rodriguez's Mariachi trilogy. Yep. Much bigger budget on a second <laughs> There's one. a lot of A minor chords in this movie, <laughs> Devin, if you didn't notice. Brum. 
Uh, there are some great moments, so we'll get to it when it gets nominated. Jesse, you got a pairing you'd like to see go up against each other? So which, uh, which, between which... Desperado, Rumble in the Bronx, Last Action Hero, Speed, Hard Boiled, and Escape from L.A.? Oh, that's tough. Last Action has... Well, we haven't done Last Action here, so let's do Desperado versus Last Action Hero. I like this. Yes. Okay. This is a good pairing. I think this is going to be surprising to a lot of listeners, because we've been talking a lot about this today and throughout the week. Last Action Hero, everyone remembers this movie as being shit. Yep. I did not like it first time I saw it when I was a kid. Yeah. And we're going to get to a film later that is very similar to it in True Lies. Okay, this film is is basically what by today's standards is referred to as meta humor. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's very self-referential. It's, yeah, it's it's playful. It's self-deprecating. It's it's a brilliant, brilliant script written by Shane Black. You know who we talked about uh, not too long ago in the uh, DC Marvel tournament. Uh, the uh, writer of uh, Robert Downey Jr. Three, obviously, uh, also from from Predator. Did you just call Iron Man 3 Robert Downey Jr. 3? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we knew what you meant. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's not even in the suit hardly, Eddie. Yeah, he really... That's <laughs> a contractual thing. Like, yeah. I'm not getting in that fucking suit again. <laughs> Anyways, we're on the wrong panel right now. All right. <laughs> Wait, which one are we talking about? I don't, I don't remember. Uh, Last Action Hero. Last Action Hero, yes. Um, I, I love this flick. I love that whole scene when uh, when Danny fucking falls asleep in his class and they're talking about Hamlet. And then it's like, uh, you know, uh, it cuts to the Arnold Bo- uh, Schwarzenegger version of Hamlet. Yeah, it's yeah. like, hey, Claudius, <laughs> you killed my father. <laughs> Big mistake. <laughs> to be or not to be. Not, not to, to be. be. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, the voiceover, like, something is rotten in the state of Denmark. <laughs> like, it's just so fucking good. That's the thing. I think it was just way too ahead of its time in, like, really deconstructing the, the action film that people were not driving with the comedy aspect of it. And when I was a kid, I was, I was there to see Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie, and I, I found it very silly and goofy. Yeah. But now when I go back and watch it, I'm like, this is fucking brilliant. <laughs> this is yeah. They're really even making fun of the whole I'll be back thing. And yeah. You didn't know I would say that, you did you? You always that's say your, that. That's your line. <laughs> when they're in the blockbuster in the middle and it's like, you you were in a movie? Yes. And it was called The Woman of My Dreams. <laughs> it starred you. And he's like, <laughs> just starts hitting on the cashier. So, like, there's so many great moments that, uh, I don't know, like the uh, Bridget Wilson uh, yeah. Is is brilliant in it when she's like, you think she's being attacked, and then it cuts to the room and she's just screaming and beating the shit out of guys <laughs> so that they think that she's getting yeah. beaten up, and then she just comes out with a fucking gun and Charles Dance is sitting there, who is amazing in this film, by oh, the yeah. way. We're all big Charles Dance fans around here. Uh, Brent so much so that he just puts him into movies that he's not in in his mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, this this flick we're going to talk about it more. Oh, yeah. I, I, I person well maybe not, but my my vote is going for for Last Action Hero. But we should talk about Desperado a little bit, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. obviously it's also a great film. Yeah, it is a great film. Devin, you were talking about this, the Cheech Marin uh, narrated scene, like talking about the guy who travels through towns and the. Yeah, and then he he walks in. He's got the guitar case, and and uh, he, they're just like, "Hey, what's in that case?" And he opens <laughs> it up, and it's a guitar. And they're all like, "Oh, yeah, we were just talking about this guy who 
He's gonna, got a bunch of guns in his gun case. <laughs> he kills people. Isn't that crazy? Like, yeah, that's nuts. I mean, he orders a drink and starts hanging out, and then the, the guitar just, just slowly <laughs> opens up. It's a guitar case full of guns. Yeah, you're always going to die now. But, I mean, that, that scene, mm-hmm. like, it's a great scene, uh, and it's, like, the only, mm-hmm. like, great scene in that Oh, there's the... Is uh, that the same scene with the, like, what we were talking yeah, about, the, yeah, the it, keep picking up empty guns and so, trying to kill each other? Yeah. So, he's putting it to each yeah, other's so heads? Yeah, this crazy fight happens. He, you know, takes out all these guys in a bar, and then it's just him and, uh, it's him and Cheech Marin, isn't it? No. Isn't it him and the bartender? No. Well, it's is Cheech it Cheech? Yeah. Is it Cheech that makes it to the end of that scene? And he's back in I the third it. one as a completely different fucking character. And well, he sometimes he plays three characters in one movie. Yeah, like, yeah that's, that's true. kind of his thing. They're all just like, they're both just like, uh, they'll pick up a gun from the, they're both out of ammo. And yeah. so they pick up a gun from the fo- floor and point it at each other and shoot it. And then it's, it's empty as well. They so they're just going it. over and over again, yeah. just picking up empty guns. <laughs> And there's like the Tarantino uh, cameo. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. story. He's like, and he, he pissed all over the bar. And <laughs> <laughs> can't remember what was the what was the concept of that again? Yeah, he made a bet with a guy that he could piss all over the bar, and, he, and the bartender would laugh. And, yeah. and it turns out he made a bet with a bartender that he could piss into the cup from across the room, and obviously he didn't. <laughs> and uh, of course, Tarantino tells a lot better than I did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this guy does it, right? <laughs> the um, the this is the one. This is the installment where it's his brother, isn't it? Like the the all the big baddie is is uh, is El Mariachi's brother. I think so. And you still don't get a fucking name. Like you still <laughs> he gets to the end. It's still like hey the. That's it's very anticlimactic. That scene where like him and all his homeboys get together, yeah. and it's like we've all got these special like gun cases. He's got, got a rocket, rocket launcher in the oh, g- yeah. case. And the guy with the two assault rifles guns, yeah. with uh, holds them just uh, like he's carrying guitars. Yeah, it's pretty sick. And then they just die. They just yeah. both die so quick. Welcome like, to the movie. Like Hope seconds. you had fun. Bye. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming, guys. I really needed the help. You killed like. Four guys and then died. That's cool. Good Great. work. I could have done that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's anticlimactic. It's just, it's not, I don't know. A lot of Robert, Robert Rodriguez movies kind of fall from that. It was where it's like, it's great beginning, great middle. It comes to the end. It just gets all muddled together and mm-hmm. it's not coherent. Uh, what was the, the third one, El Mariachi movie? Oh, uh, Once Upon a Time Once in Mexico. Mexico. Which is a cool movie, but by the end there's like a hundred characters and you're trying to figure out what, <laughs> what's going on. And then you're introducing this guy you haven't seen in 20 minutes and you're just like, where is he? This is <laughs> – it just it just all falls apart at the end. Both, uh, both that movie and Desperado um, – for a guy who plays guitar in Robert Rodriguez and is a pretty talented guitar player, all things considered, you know, um, he scores a lot of stuff. He obviously scored Kill Bill for uh, uh, the second part, uh, installment for Tarantino along with Ariz's work. Uh, scores a lot of his movies and so forth. Um, he seemed to be pretty lax when it came to how Banderas was playing guitar because when he's teaching that kid how to finger pick it's yeah. just like uh, like okay yeah <laughs> just go like this don't worry about this hand go like this okay yeah that's, that's how quite it, advanced that's technique. how guitar works <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> what uh, okay because um, that's how guitars sound when you don't have any fingers on the other string yeah. <laughs> or on the strings at all on the fretting hand no problem and then in the uh, 
in the third installment, the whole opening sequence is him walking around the town playing a guitar until uh, Danny Trejo shows up again, also yeah. killed in Desperado, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and and kills like the entire town. Um, and I can't think of the name of the piece. It's a very famous piece, but uh, um, also like we have to literally watch Antonio Banderas mime guitar. He doesn't do a bad job, but it's it, the, what would have been the difference if you just you know did a close up on on Robert Rodriguez playing that song because most of it he's playing it actually. Yeah. So just film my hand, man. Okay, I'll cut it in. But you know. You can't be a stickler for that stuff, but it's stuff that I always notice because it, it it's no it's no different than anyone else. Like a piano player notices it with piano and, and so yeah. forth. You know, it, it somewhat bothers me. I don't know, I don't know music, so that stuff just goes right over my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes I'll see a movie with someone that's like a musician, like mm-hmm. well, his fingers weren't even matching up with the chords. I'm like, ah, it all looks the same to me, man. <laughs> Generally, it doesn't matter, but sometimes it does. You know, Busey's pretty good. We were just talking about Busey uh, in Point Break. He's pretty good in Buddy Holly, the Buddy Holly uh, yeah. biopic that he's in. He's he's pretty good. He's doing that uh, that 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 bar chord like a fifth with a bar, and then he's doing he's throwing his pinky on to do the little blues riff and stuff. It's pretty accurate. He never does any of the lead stuff. If you watch, like there's lead guitar parts going over top, and he's just still doing the fucking <laughs> rhythm riff. But it's like there's not another guitar player in your band. How is this happening? <laughs> but other than that, he's pretty good. Uh, I won an Academy Award for that film, if I'm not mistaken, as well. And he is uh, obviously singing all the songs and stuff. Very good flick. So uh, neither it's neither of the films in this competition, but if yeah. you get a chance and you haven't, check <laughs> out You've the Buddy Holly. You've not seen the Buddy Holly story. story. <laughs> it's just you two. Yeah. Very good. Good flick. Um, you haven't right. seen the uh, Buddy Holly sketch by Kids in the Hall. Watch it. It's really good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Desperado or... Which Last is, action hero, which is also not in this competition. Kids in the hall. <laughs> no, no, no kids in the hall. No nineteen nineties Canadian comedy troops. For me, I'm putting in. I'm putting uh, ACDC in my mini disc player, just like Arnold, and uh, and and rocking out to Last Action Hero. The script is too fucking good, man. Like going back and seeing that. That even even the uh, Ian McKellen uh, showing up as death. In the final act, he just like comes in. He's like, he's not on any of my lists, but you are, Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) You die old and alone, or something like that. This is a a PG thirteen movie. I'm also gonna have to give it to uh, Last Action Hero. Mm -hmm. Um, Just yeah, as you said, just for like the comedy aspect of it, and like how over the top and ridiculous it is. Like, there's an opening scene or earlier in the movie where he's showing up when there's a hostage situation. And like you can't go in there and do what you want. Like, uh, and he's just like, like he 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 punches like the governor at one point. Yeah, it's like, and he's like, call me what, or it's the assistant governor. Yeah, the assistant governor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell tell me when the governor shows up. And then like one dude, like one of the SWAT team dudes, like I can't let you in. And he just kicks him in the nuts and sends him flying ten feet through the air. He's like, you want to be a farmer? Here's a couple acres. (laughs) It's like you just assaulted (laughs) like a police officer and a political and a political person. And now you're the hero. And that's kind of like you know making fun of that whole nineties nineties trope rogue. Yeah. yeah, so for that, I think it represents very well, and I'm going to vote for it. Oh man, the others, the the most amazing Charles Dance scene in that film because I don't know if we'll get to talk about this one a lot more after this is when he's just in in New York in the real world, yeah, and he's just like he he just hollers. First, he sees that guy get mugged and murdered for his shoes, and he's like, "Take his shoes." And then, so a few scenes later, he's like, he just hollers across the street to this mechanic. He's like, "Excuse me." 
I need uh, I need you to help me with something. Like, yeah, what do you need? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and then like he's like, no sirens, no anything. And and then he just starts yelling to everyone like, excuse me. You know, I've just shot a man and I'd like to confess. I've murdered him for no reason. And someone just from a building up upstairs like, hey, shut up down there. Yeah. <laughs> and people are still going out of the apartment like right in front of him. It's brilliant. Such a good scene. Yeah. So last action hero moves through. All right. Next one coming into the competition. Gentlemen, three kings. Now, this one was on your list, Evan. You want to talk a little about this, uh, or would you like to put this one up against something? Because it's your yeah, vote. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, me and Danny uh, talked about it. It's, um, it's basically um, a redo of uh, Kelly's Heroes. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, true. Old uh, Clint Eastwood classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck it. I'll put that up against. Um, I'll put that up against Speed. You know what? Ooh. I'm I'm a betting man. Oh, and, very good. So Three Kings. Um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of reasons to not like this movie, um, I guess. Okay. Um, it, it's, uh, um, Ice cream? It, it, it was, it was, it was a very early Ice Cube, uh, film, wasn't it? Like he, it, was he, what was he in before this? He's in Boys, 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 in the Hood. Boys in the Hood, yeah. yeah. Boys to Men. What the hell am I thinking? <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll make love to you. <laughs> yes, he was in the 90s R&B group, Boys to Men. <laughs> I, it, it, was, it was a fairly early movie of his, though, right? Yeah, it was like when his career was really starting to take off and he was going to become a movie star and not a gangster rapper. Like, I think I speak for everybody uh, when I say – or when I, I um, don't like Mark Wahlberg. I guess yeah, everybody he's kinda... just generally doesn't like Mark Wahlberg, right? I don't know. He has his moments. Uh, he's okay. Like, he's been in. He's had some good roles, yeah. but he's not gonna sell a ticket for me for him being. No, yeah. if someone's like, you seen the new Mark Wahlberg movie? I, my first question is, who else is in it, or who's directing? Yeah, <laughs> but, um, What's it about? He's in a lot of good ensemble casts. <laughs> but it's just it's it's cool to see, um, you know, like a Clooney, like an, yeah. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clooney, nothing wrong with that. Be goog. <laughs> it's it's good to see um a like just a kind of uh adventure war movie modernized you know cuz like a typical like it, it, you know just a war movie um uh isn't really a lot of what they made back in like the 60s and 70s it was a lot of just like these sidebar things going on mm. yeah um, like a heist within the war kind of thing yeah and like um you know, spe- like special super secret missions. Whereas, like, I th- I feel like a lot of the movies that you have about, um, uh, you know, what's called the like the the um, the early nineties, like, uh, mm-hmm. and and going into the two thousands, like Middle Eastern conflicts are always very like gritty yeah. and real, and like this is what it's like, man. <laughs> like this is. Like, you know, it's more like uh, Vietnam movies are or something like yeah. that. And so here's yeah. just like a good old-fashioned, like, you know, um, here's the obvious bad guys and, and here's this, you know, this backdrop of like the, the war winding down. Um, but we're doing something totally yeah. different, you know. They even have just... like the torture scene where they got him and they're like pouring, <laughs> oh, Jesus. They're pouring, <laughs> they're pouring like oil down his throat and it's like. <laughs> yeah. 
I think they parody that in South you, Park. Do you need to go buy a new phone now, sir? Nah, it's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's carpeted in here. Yeah, we're good. And I, I don't even know how many people like saw it off the bat. Like, it yeah, wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't a, a huge hugely hit. successful movie. Um, that's David O. Russell, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so. I think, so. Yep. I, I think this is the movie that made me think I was a David O. Russell fan for years because I don't think I've liked anything he's done ever <laughs> since. But every time a movie of his came out, even, even in the last few years, I'm like, David Russell, yeah, I'll watch that. I'm like, why did I get suckered into this again? Because <laughs> I really enjoyed Three Kings, mm-hmm. um, but nothing else that he did really. Yeah. And that is going up against Bomb on Bus. Yes, Bomb on Bus. A lot of people talk about speed a lot. Yeah. Um, as as being like you know one of these high points of like '90s action, and I just don't understand it. I mm-hmm. honestly just like I try, I try to get it, and it's still just like the bus jumps over the the bridge, and I, it loses me there. Uh, it loses me at. Um, it loses you at the part when the the yeah, bus goes over the bridge. Yeah, that's where it becomes <laughs> they, unrealistic. And they they spend a lot of time on that bus. Yeah, it did. A, well, it's because a well, good the majority movie. of the movie is just is just like. What are we going to do? Well, they got certain things they got to figure out. And it's like, oh, no, now it's all blocked off. What are we going to do? We're going to go to the airport. And, Mm. you know. Yeah. Out of the things that always uh, stand out to me, I love Shoot the Hostage. Shoot the Hostage, yeah. It was a great moment. What am I going to do? Shoot Shoot the the Hostage. hostage. And you think, like. I didn't mean you actually do it. (laughs) Yeah. And then. with uh, the, the the wildcat thing always drove me insane because the the, the camera technology it wasn't that good back yeah. then you couldn't see the tell that wildcat behind the th- it's like yeah. yeah you cannot have read no. her freaking emblem or whatever well, and then it's like it's just an Arizona logo so it's not even like the the college team's logo yeah. it's just the university's logo so then you know he has to put it together later in the movie where he's like Arizona they have a good football team don't they. The wild, the wild <laughs> you're like, fuck you. Yeah, like, you know, you're connecting the dots here. Like, you can't just have a fucking jersey on her or something to make this a yeah. little bit easier. <laughs> but uh, and also, he keeps calling that big guy on the bus Gigantor, Gigantor, <laughs> which makes no sense. Like, my name is Mortis. A... Yeah, yeah, my name is. Yeah, that's right. It's Ortiz. Yeah, that's right. I got gum on my seat. Gum. <laughs> Just throwing out lines at this point. <laughs> Interesting in mean, this movie, um, Tarantino was approached to direct this movie after Reservoir Dogs. Interesting. And he didn't because he was planning on doing Pulp Fiction. Mm. Now, if Quentin Tarantino ended up directing Speed, <laughs> what would the movie have been? <laughs> would he have, still would have done Pulp Fiction He afterwards. still would have done Pulp Fiction afterwards, but it would have been, uh, yeah, it would have been different... Uh, Speed would have had a very different vibe to it for sure. <laughs> there would have been no bus in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they... Yeah, we're not going to see the actual bus. It's all going to be. Also, not a huge fan of the fact there's just it. It's all of this time spent with just one bad guy, one bad guy that's that's fairly disconnected. Well, he's a mastermind. He mastermind the whole. He's, whole he's thing. a he's a mastermind, but it's like it's still just it's one dude. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it. They, there's there's like. Very low stakes there, and it's like you catch this one guy, and then everything's kind of wrapped up. Well, and they think that they get him, and then they there's a whole yeah. thing on the on the, the top garbage, of the subway yeah, and the stuff, garbage can, the garbage can, all that yeah. stuff. Then he holds his head up and knocks his head off and says, "Yeah, well, I'm taller." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we got to vote for it just for that line. <laughs> the other great moment in this film that. It, it, it never fails to make me laugh. Like every single time I see this movie, no matter how, and I've seen this movie like 
so many fucking times that, like you, Jesse, we can yeah. just go line for line on this yeah. flick. But uh, is the is the moment when he gets off the phone with Keanu once he's on the bus for the first or like one of the first calls and he gets off and the other TVs on the <laughs> on the football game and so he's watching the bus and then all of a sudden he just so he gets off the phone and he's really serious and he's just like hey all right yeah oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this this criminal mastermind is a football fan. <laughs> and he like drops some of his sandwich on him, yeah. I think, or something like that. And every time I see that, because he's like he's being real tough and brooding with with Keanu, he's yeah. like you know, and no more tough, there no more tricky stuff, tough guy or something. <laughs> and he's like, hey, all right, yeah, oh, <laughs> just like what the what movie am I watching? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm sorry, Devin. I don't disagree with anything you're saying with with Three Kings. I think it's a good movie you made me watch it the other day uh to be honest i'd never seen it before never ever ever in my life because i wasn't uh a a big Clooney fan when i was younger because i was an idiot fair enough um and i really really enjoyed it i really did but i just have too much fun with speed i have too much fun yeah it's it's a fun romp i feel so i'm going speed i I don't know i feel i'm allowed to be irrational here yeah i feel like this is just it's a strange phenomenon that everybody of our generation fucking loves the shit out of Speed. And yeah. It's just not a great movie. <laughs> and at, whenever you whenever you bring that up looks to somebody, great. the pyrotechnics they, they just, are they great, just the stunt work is great. Yeah. They just go, what are you talking about? It's a great movie. It's hilarious. And it's like, well, but that's not a reason to love it. <laughs> you're, you're crazy. Yeah. Like, and, and it's everybody. It's everybody. Well, it's, it's thrilling. Our, you know, your yeah, heart races every time that, it, that, that, does it? that speedometer gets near 55. You're like, oh, no, here well, we go. Well, yeah. Oh, oh, no, here we go. They're just going to end the movie with the buzz blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a different like, movie. <laughs> that would be amazing. That's how Tarantino would have ended That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> like, you know for the entire movie that this bus isn't going to blow up. because well, that's cause, every movie. Uh, no, but that's the whole point. You're supposed to, like, it's not the damage of the bus it's the collateral damage that the the inciting incident causes so the bus crashing into other cars killing people these sorts of things there's like a- oh my god there's a baby and stuff like that like these things are what's supposed to do it for you years later like it's just cans it's just really funny it's just cans. <laughs> and, uh, there's a woman that's <laughs> there's one woman that's trying and to like, get the, up yeah the woman cans. that's trying to get off yeah yeah, yeah and and it, like, there's your collateral damage. There's your one person that, <laughs> and she's she like, was so nice." No, she wasn't. She was a fucking bitch. Yeah, man. she put everyone's life in danger. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're better off without her. Yeah, she I was. She's back for. She's gonna take care of Sparkle Magic. I feel yeah. like there could have been there. There's so many ways that movie could have been made made good, and they didn't do oh, it. No, and it's, it's not it's too fun. It's not a good movie. I don't know. Well, fair I, enough. So you're going Three Kings? Yeah, you All know, right. it doesn't matter, I One guess. for Speed, one for Three Kings. I'm going to have to go with Speed, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shoot the hostage. <laughs> Why am I writing, Why am yeah. I writing it in like we're doing a bracket here? Alright, so we're going to take a little break, but before we go to break, next film in to the competition will be the Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage classic. Nice. Michael Bay at his finest, 1996's The Rock. So we're going to take a little break, come back, and get into it. All right. All right, Sir Nick. So uh, <laughs> we've had some interesting interesting opening matchups thus far. I really... I, 
There's a few of them here that I thought were going to go a little farther. Fugitive first film out. Oh, that's that's disappointing. <laughs> that's really disappointing. <laughs> but I love Hard Boiled. Eh, can't complain. Yeah, so Hard Boiled's still in. We've still got Escape from L.A. on the table, beating Assassins, which, you know, I'm fine so with. So you're I saying just, it's I slam... I shout out. So it's slam dunked Assassins <laughs> with a 30-minute timer. <laughs> just in the ring, though. Coming in after the break, The Rock. How do you think The Rock's going to stack up here against Rumble in the Bronx? We've got uh, Last Action Hero still in speed, as I mentioned, uh, Hard Boiled and Escape from L.A. still on the table. Um, mid, mid, to the close. <laughs> mid to the close. Yeah, because there's still a lot of big films to come, and I think going into the next uh, next set of, uh, of six, you're going to see some some maybe favorites in the competition coming in. Obviously, we've still got some uh, Arnold heavy hitters to come and so forth. Uh, we've still got a Keanu Reeves uh, film that, that could do some damage coming into the ring. We also got another uh, Nicolas Cage yeah, coming yeah. through. Another John Woo to add to the table. So this is definitely explosions for nothing. In any case, rocks in the ring. Let's get back and see how this plays out. Can you smell the rock <laughs> is cooking? If the rock was made today, starring Dwayne Johnson, oh, that would be an even as better a scientist. Movie. I want him. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're back, and gentlemen, the newest entry onto the table is the rock. So right now in competition, we have 1996 is The Rock. We have, where are we here? Uh, what the hell year is Rumble of the Bronx? Kind of 95, 96 <laughs> as well. Uh, Last Action Hero is still on the table. Um, Speed is still on the table. Hard Boiled and Escape from L.A. are still on the table. And I think, am I up in terms of a nomination? I yeah. think so. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to put... I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go with the Rock just yet. I'm gonna change things up to introducing the new one in. I'm going to put. I want to see how this one plays out because I know I know how you feel about speed, Sir Devin, <clears throat> and I'd like to put speed up against Rumble in the Bronx. All right. <laughs> and the reason that I wanted to do this is because stylistically, two vastly different films. Both feel a lot shorter than they actually are. They have pretty good pacing. Whether you like the film or not, you're in and out pretty quick on both. And it's interesting because, again, you have one kind of hero that you follow, and you just assume that's the perspective that everyone has, you know? Um, And he's also the only one that seems to be slightly impervious with with Jack. He still gets fucked up a lot. But uh, to the damage of uh, the bad guys are, are... putting out there and then everyone else is up for up for murdering could be anyone to go next anyone can go at any time mm-hmm. you know how i feel about speed dude yeah <clears throat> just i i think so I by did, default you're going <clears throat> yeah i mean i disagree with you i mm-hmm. say speed feels like a a goddamn like five hour man you're crazy like, i used to watch a movie like every day when i was a kid i had on vhs it was like a heavy yeah. rotation in my household and so much time on the bus. <laughs> they spend so much time on the bus. <laughs> Takes <laughs> the bus that couldn't slow down. <laughs> I think it was gone. 
yeah, it's just not a good movie. I don't know. I I don't have much more to say than that. I feel like I feel. I like think it's really to that. To it's like how many and... times can Jackie really get tied up in like something new <clears throat> and dragged somewhere else? And you know, it, it does get a little bit over the top. Well, in the Bronx has a scene where they throw a guy in a wood chipper. And he gets pulped up and oh, put in garbage bags. The, and the dude has to carry a garbage bag full of his buddy's pulp back to the. <laughs> so that's pretty badass. Yeah, huh? that's, yeah that's, one, about the that's one point for uh, Rumble the Bronx right there. Yeah. yeah. I just need to get some of these early films out because we're holding on to a lot of stuff here, Joe. Yeah. But it's like all the new ones in. Like, get out. All right. So if I had to pick, yep, I would pick Speed. Because I consider it to be more iconic of a 90s action film. Mm. Where Rumble the Bronx is great, but it's kind of mixed in with like a dozen or so other great Jackie Chan movies where Speed's a standalone <clears throat> classic, in my opinion. I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's a cop-out decision, man. Because it's like, <laughs> it's iconic. Like, a bunch of people remember it. Like, I don't know. That's, it was marketed like crazy. I yeah. mean, a lot of people will remember it just based on that. You know, that fact. So the fact that it's iconic is not really a huge surprise because it was a it was a huge budget movie. But okay, what's the best scene know. for you guys in in Speed and Rumble in the Bronx? Like, if you got to go one scene, what's the best scene in it? Because I'm I'm having trouble here. Like, I'm clearly the deciding vote. I can't remember specifically why he was doing it, but he's jumping from one building to the next. And they were building up the whole thing that he does his own stunts. And when I was a kid, I saw that. I'm like, holy shit, that dude jumped from a building without any wires and no stunt man. So just like the fact he did his own stunts and some of them are spectacular, I think is a uh, a plus towards that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for speed? For speed? See, it's hard to pick an exact scene for that. <laughs> oh, is it? Is it? Is it hard? <laughs> that's more of a you're with the characters all the time. I think maybe it is at the end, though, when they have their final showdown on top of the subway and he knocks his head off and says, I'm taller. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, man. So are we going one-liners or are we going legit action sequences? Because clearly Rumble Rumble has better, better action fight sequences. sequences for sure. Well, even stunt sequences. Even stunt sequences, you're right, yeah. And the only thing that Speed clearly kind of does better is the explosions. Which... They're pretty spectacular. <laughs> which are pretty spectacular. Especially when the bus goes into the plane at the end, just... <laughs> oh, man. What have I done? <laughs> Fuck it. I love Jackie too much. It's going. All right. Sorry, Speed. Goodbye. Hell yeah, dude. Take something out of competition that could have gone a long way, so... True that. It's a hard... It's. It w- I'm sorry, Jesse. Like, no. I'm sitting here, I was going to try and fight the fight along with you of speed, and then, because I don't agree with Devin, I think it's one of the best 90s action films, yeah. period. But then you I think Rumble in the Bronx, and there. it's like... Holy fuck, man. Like, I forgot about the wood chipper. The wood chipper, yeah. I throws forgot him about wood the chipper. wood chipper. Turns him into pulp. Oh, man. All right. All right. <clears throat> so, still in competition is The Rock, Rumble in the Bronx, making it through another elimination, Last Action Hero, Hard Boiled and Escape from L.A., and coming in, Blown Away. What year is this, Devin? Because you put this one on the docket. Didn't you? 96, I think it is? Uh, 94. 
Perfect. All right. What? Because you and Danny both had this on yours. You're the only ones that did. Um, why does this one stand out for you so much? Um, I think it's a better um, uh, sort of mad bomber type movie. I mean, Speed, um, I don't know. He's not as, as maniacal, and you only really get to see, like... He doesn't have that the, Irish accent, either. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just, it's, it's, um... It's a Mad Bomber movie that actually is treated that way, where it's like, um... You know, what, what they do is this suspenseful build-up to, like, a big thing, right? Like, they're not going into a bank and, like, shooting up the place... They're putting something somewhere, and then you're you're just you're waiting until that thing you know does what it it's supposed to do. And speed was maybe um, maybe sold as as you know one when it should have been the other. It should have been more suspenseful, like you know, like a Hitchcock film or something like that. When it was really just kind of you know keep that bus over fifty and like <laughs> and you know. And then, like, the big action at the the beginning and the end, really. Um, All right, so, Jesse, with that in mind? Yes. Do you have two that you'd like to nominate to uh, go head-to-head? Anything you'd like to eliminate with another film? Well, we haven't really talked about The Rock yet. Okay. So let's do The Rock. Let's do Rock versus Blown Away, yeah. That makes sense. I like it. That's a a hard bargain right there. (laughs) What's the prom queen line again from The Rock? Yeah, it's a... What does he say? Um, losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Sean Connery. Sean Connery is is great in this. Is one of his all time oh, yeah. great roles. He's he's just fucking ridiculous in this movie. And of course, you know the premise is that the the one guy that uh, escaped from Alcatraz is going to reinfiltrate the base with them that ed harris and his crew have have taken over alcatraz and turned yeah. it into you know essentially a hostage situation um and and nicholas cage is the only the only guy that can disarm these weapons these uh what kind of gas it's like is it uh, some kind of yeah. green chemical the x gas yeah the X-X. It. nerve gas that's what it is yeah 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 they're on rockets and shit yeah high stakes and so, uh, and his name is Stanley Goodspeed. Goodspeed. So, one thing that I I wanted to mention to you guys before we uh, got here today, I was thinking about when I was a kid, uh, Michael Bean, uh for me, I really liked him, obviously, because I'd seen Terminator fairly young, somewhere around probably five or six years old. Because uh, back in those days, they had Terminator fucking toys, yeah. as we've talked about in other episodes. And then... I've I'd seen him in Aliens at that point. And then there's like a four or five year period where I was just thinking like, okay, this guy's not acting anymore, move on. And you get this one sequence, ten minute sequence with, with him and the other cats uh that are part of this infiltration team going in with Connery and and uh our good friend Nicolas Cage. And uh he's such a waste here. Like he, he, I forgot he was in the movie until you yeah, mentioned it, actually. Like, I'm an ornery <clears throat> team leader. And then we go in, I give a few expos- or lines of exposition, and, and you just you 
we pop our heads up and get blown the fuck yeah. by the candy man and whoever else. Tony is Todd, there. Yeah, yeah, he's then, isn't he? Yeah, amazing cast. Like, let's be serious here. Um, I love the Lamborghini chase scene. Yep. Through San Francisco. That's pretty bad. Of course, all of the FBI agents who do this on a daily basis get fucked, but the guy that's been sitting in a lab, yeah, <laughs> like disarming baby spraying crazy gas, um, he he just steals a Lamborghini and like drives through a glass window or something like that, plate glass window, and this is right after, you know, elderly Sean Connery <laughs> driving in the fucking carpool lane. I don't ride a bike for two or three years and, mm-hmm. like, I'm a little bit shaky at it or, mm-hmm. like, throw a football, you know? It's like you do that after a long time and you kind of – you're a little bit off the first couple times. This guy's been in jail for, what, like 40 years? Mm-hmm. And he yeah. just gets out and immediately escapes from, like, a team of, like, 30 FBI agents yeah. <laughs> from, like, the penthouse of a, of a hotel. Which is an amazing scene. Other than that, I hate what they do with that that barber or the the, the stylist. I can't remember what happens. To that. They, they just he's a flamboyant. Well, it's Michael Bay, so yeah. As much he's got a let's make, stuff yeah, let's make a gay joke about hairstylists here, gentlemen. He has like a quota per movie. How many gay jokes he has yeah. to put in there? Yeah, just even if they don't fit, he just has to. Oh man, <laughs> it's like most directors. It's like fifteen minutes to an action beat or ten yeah. minutes to an action beat. He's like ten minutes to a gay joke. Yeah, like, if you get to eleven, like we got a problem here. Yeah, and we got three minutes per product placement. Oh yeah, in modern era Michael Bay films, but this film does work really well. We have another Michael Bay film on this tournament that. Frankly, I feel it's considerably better as a film, uh, but this one is is huge. As people always talk about, his scale and his swooping shots and shit. But I honestly believe wholeheartedly, whole fucking heartedly, this guy's no fucking idea why he's doing it. He's just really good at composing shots. Oh no, yeah, you can compose some shots, but he has no idea. The camera is not spinning for there's a reason. No, it there's just no looks emotion. Cool. Yeah. yeah, but he's really good at defining. He's really good at layering, and he's really good at defining scale and defining pace and these sorts of things. So. Uh, but he hasn't I, – I, as an adult, all of those movies that, like The Rock that we're talking about, um, they just – a lot of the shots don't make any sense to me anymore. Um, but yeah. But they look cool. But they look great. So whatever. The the other scene I wanted to talk about real quick other than that, that amazing uh, hanging the, the guy off the balcony hairstylist situation there. Um, it wasn't the hairstylist. It's the the big boss man at the FBI or whatever oh, yeah. that's hung off by his arm. But uh, the other scene that I, I wanted to talk about is the – like once it's just – we were talking about this before. How quickly they dispose of all of the other army guys and it's just Nicolas Cage and and Sean Connery. And how just willing Sean Connery seems to be to just continue with the plan after two seconds of conversation. Like, first he's like, I'm fucking off. Uh, you know what? I'll stick around. Why? Yeah. Fuck you. Just take off. Like, okay, my daughter's in the town? All right, I'll 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 cap a few bad guys on my way out of here. Like, we're good. Fuck off. But yeah, so uh, that being all that being said, I love the movie. It's super fun. Ed Harris, uh, we've talked about, uh, was amazing, amazing. in that oh, yeah. movie. It's amazing. Yeah. Even um, the first uh, scene where he's he drives up to that military <clears throat> base where they're getting the, the missiles from, and uh, that whole sequence, and that, so he, he, he 
enters as kind of a military officer and exits as as a rogue and that transformation all kinds of ha- kind of happens in that scene uh along with in that funeral scene of or the uh the scene at his wife's tombstone as well which really probably the most y- usefully emotional scenes in the film because you feel absolutely nothing for Nicolas Cage you know, oh, your girlfriend's pregnant. That's great. You seem to be as excited about that as if you won $5 on a scratch ticket. Like, let's be serious here. Yeah. So He's really, like, the only the only guy in the entire movie coming from, like, a, a moral high ground, really. Like, the all of his his henchmen are, are just in it for the money, but yeah. he's doing it for – he's going to be taking that money and just giving it to the families of uh, – of his soldiers, yeah. Yeah, of, of, like, special ops guys that have died and just been, like, disavowed. And their, the road, their yeah. family doesn't receive um, uh, any, like, payment, any, any like, uh, mm-hmm. you know. What year did this one come out again? 96, I want to yeah. say, 96. So, so Clinton would have been president at the time, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's, that kind of feels like his political <laughs> message of that one is uh, these, these liberals are not giving the military the money they deserve. Because I love Michael Bay. But all those movies have a very, very strong, you know, political slant to them. Which, for better or worse, you know, the movie's still great. But sometimes you don't, you don't jive with <laughs> what he's trying to say with the film. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's good. Blown it's away. Blown away. Are you? It's. I mean, maybe, maybe I've kind of. Um, oh, it's it's. It's tough because I there's there's a couple movies on this list that it's like they're really good movies, but I don't know if I can if I can put them on the same scale as like some of some of like a, an example another example would be The Fugitive, right? Like fantastic movie, fantastic mm-hmm. movie, but I don't really know if I if it's in the same camp as like a lot of other '90s action. Yeah, movies. when you're talking '90s action movies, it's not the first movie to pop. Like Blown Away is a great movie, but I don't. You know, I wouldn't have picked it for this personally, yeah. Yeah. but uh, it is a great movie. There's that scene with uh, um, what's Jeff Bridges' dad's name again? <laughs> Lloyd Bridges. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's all tied up and he can't move an inch. If the ball goes to one side or the other, he blows up. And his son's running to save him, and he realizes if my son comes in here, he's not going to defuse the bomb. So I'm just going to stand up and just explode. <laughs> mm. And then it cuts to Tommy Lee Jones. He's like observing it from a window and he's like got like a tear in his eye because they were like partners <laughs> or something. I can't remember the specifics of it. But yeah, for the emotional impact of it, it's it's a great movie for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if you guys remember or not, but there was a CD-ROM video game that went along with the, with the <laughs> You're film. kidding. Yeah. If, if you have the old school VHS of it, which I had when I was a kid, there's a there's – a, like a trailer for the CD-ROM video game with like actual Tommy Lee Jones, like really crappy animated, and you gotta like defuse bombs and stuff. And <laughs> definitely gotta look that up. Yeah. Votes, gentlemen. Devin, you want to kick us off? Yeah, I put blown away in this competition really with Danny. Um, otherwise, it probably wouldn't even be here. But no. I can't in good conscience pick it against The Rock. The Rock wins. Yeah, I'm gonna call The Rock. Yeah. Okay, Jesse and. It's unanimous. The Rock all the way around. The Rock all the way around. All right. Next film into the competition, 1999's uh, Jesus the Movie. I think Passion of the Christ. Is that the one? No. uh, The Matrix. Yes. Sorry. Get them confused. You want to just end the competition? I was was discussing with someone the other day. We were talking about this, and I was like, I feel like The Matrix wins by default Mm. because the 90s had a lot of great action movies, and we're going to talk about all of them. But The Matrix set the bar higher. 
Mm-hmm. It almost feels like it's, it's from a different decade. It was the movie kind of kickstarted the 2000s. The 2000s. It, it came out in 1999. It's an action movie. It's definitely a 90s action movie. It deserves to be here. But I almost feel like it's not fair because <laughs> of how good it is and just the script's incredible. The special effects are state of the art. Like none of these other movies have stuff quite like that. So my personal opinion is I think it should go all the way, but it should be interesting because there are a few movies in here where I'm like, oh, well, that might be tough. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what is it against? <laughs> well, Devin, you're up. Are you going to put The Matrix on the chopping block against something or are you going to you're gonna just play it safe and uh, go with another pairing? Um. Yeah, you know what? Um. I'm not a huge fan of the movie, so I want to see it uh, out of here. Let's go The Matrix versus Hard Boiled. Okay. Well, that's fine with me. We've already talked a lot about Hard Boiled. I think we can unanimously say where we're going right now. It's Everyone's pretty much <laughs> concurring <laughs> yeah. that it is The Matrix. Yep. That being said, uh, this is my favorite John Woo film, period. Yep. There's going to be other John Woo films uh, coming out throughout this competition. Uh, and and Hard Boiled is by far my favorite. I've watched it the most times, maybe with the exception of Hard Target, but that's because, you know, <laughs> my grandma and I had like a Jean-Claude Van Damme thing. I don't know. We oh, would watch like every Van Damme movie. Nice. She would buy them all for me on VHS, which is like a new Van Damme movie's out on VHS. Buy it for Brandon, go to her house, watch it, watch it again, watch it again, etc. Repeat, lather, rinse, repeat. So maybe with the exception of Hard Target, it's probably the one I've watched the most, and it, it by it's it, it is a piece of art. Um, Absolutely, it's, it's a- also got this weird thing though, like because I was joking about the whole Christ thing, which really doesn't kind of factor in. To be quite fair, it doesn't factor in until the sequels. Yeah, that's more of the sequel kind of thing. It, you know, the first Matrix is pretty much exempt from a lot of that stuff. That being said, um, the undertone of hard-boiled kind of feels like this um struggle for masculinity like you know the whole thing is uh is presented as these competing elements of machismo we that's one thing that's always kind of bothered me about the film is it's just like it 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 feels like a bunch of big swinging dicks like swinging in each other's direction like it's (laughs) It's a little bit weird in that regard, but I think it's intended to be very much a commentary on that thing. So mm-hmm. I wanted to just say – I just wanted to talk about dicks for a few minutes before Fair we enough. move on in the show. Matrix, um, yeah, I, I completely agree, Jesse. It, it set it, – like looking at The Matrix versus almost – like it, it makes almost, almost yeah. every single movie on this list just look completely dated and, and silly. Like, How was, recently have you guys watched The Matrix though? Because it too – has not aged fantastically. There are some special effects that are not great, but... Soundtrack, some moments are a little bit like... I love the soundtrack. <laughs> that, those, the, the dance club scene in the first one with with Dragula in the background yeah. is a little bit, <laughs> Rob a little bit dated. And the scene that leads up to that, the invitation scene, like all of those actors are an interesting kind of weird goth situation that it's very cyber reminiscent goth of, yeah, 90s yeah. kind of thing. It's it, we're rehashing cyberpunk obviously we're on the cusp of a uh, um of Ghost in the Shell coming out in theaters. Are you back for that panel or no? Uh I I could be depending uh, on the date we'll, we'll chat. <laughs> cool. Um but yeah, it's um 
it's an interesting aesthetic. Don't get me wrong. Like you said, all the stuff with bullet time. Um, it's an extremely ambitious film. Some of the acting is not the best, particularly Tank and Dozer. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> not great. Pantoliano is like, you know, off the fucking charts with cheese, but I love it. I love him. When he's eating character. that fucking steak, it's like, I want that steak. Yeah. Let's, get, let's be honest here. My I brain that knows steak. that this steak is not real. Yeah. But it's delicious <laughs> or something like that. Ignorance is bliss. Ignorance yeah. is bliss. That's it. So, yeah. Interesting, these two are kind of paired up with each other. You kind of see shades of hard-boiled in the oh, Matrix. Oh, definitely, especially in the gunfight scene. The gunfight scene. That yeah. they're, obviously, the Kowskis are huge fans of John Woo. You can see that totally, kind of totally. playing through. Yeah. So it's kind of the – you can see where their inspiration comes from, and John Woo is clearly one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, stuff like Ghost in the Shell, which is another big influence, true. also has that kind of style to a lot of the, yeah. the gunfire. Looking stuff. really cool and firing a gun. Yeah. Perfect. So Matrix unanimous, gentlemen? Oh, yeah. It's got to be the Matrix, in my opinion. Hard-boiled, it's been lovely knowing you. And I'll see you again soon, I'm sure, on on DVD. But uh, until then, you are out of the the competition. And the next film in, Danny Glover in Predator 2. Nice. Mm -hmm. Which is pretty cool. I didn't think this one was going to get on. Uh, No one... Selected it until it came to Devin. You did your selections last, and you put it on. You got this this film on by the skin of its seat pants. I don't know. <laughs> However that expression goes. Insert correct expression here. But yeah. We have skin of the teeth, but skin of that the doesn't teeth? make a that whole lot of sense. There's no skin on your teeth. Yeah, I know. But it's, it got on. But regardless. It was very close. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the point. Um, so right now we have in... Uh, Predator 2, The Matrix, The Rock, Rumble in the Bronx, Last Action Hero, and Escape from L.A. And for me, I think I'm up next, right? It's going to be Predator 2 going up against Escape from L.A. Yeah, let's right. knock some of the... Let's shake this list out a bit. Let's let it air out. Yeah, get some, get some of the stink done. out of there. Uh... <laughs> Shit, yeah, I pick I picked Predator Two, and I went back and watched Predator Two, and it is not as good. It as no, me it as is I not remember. ridiculous. The <laughs> opening shootout sequence. <laughs> we're led to believe that there are shootouts between cops and bad guys that of that violence yeah. in the streets of LA. <laughs> it's one of those. I remember watching it when I was a kid. I'd seen Predator like a dozen times, and yeah. Predator Two is on, and my parents were like. This might be a bit too violent for you. <laughs> this is insane. It's like, wait, you just saw you just let your son watch a movie where there was three men skinned and hung from trees, but they can't watch this film. This one that it, says something. It feels more. It takes place like the other one takes place in the jungle. It's a foreign thing to us. This one is like you know an urban setting, so the violence feels a little bit more, you know, like real, but also over the top and a lot closer to yeah, ridiculous. Absolutely. And fucking is, is Busey in this one? Busey's yeah. in this one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And he gets like, of like he is. cut in half or some shit. He gets right? Oh cut in half yeah. By the, uh, the little uh, yeah, the fucking disc thing. Disc. Rips him. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking gnarly. <laughs> like I, I feel like it's it's we've talked about sequels a lot before and how a good sequel usually just like um just you know the first movie will kind of set the stage and then the second one just kind of raises the stakes right up and has fun with it and that's the way you you kind of have to make a, an action sequel mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. is is you just it's gotta be bigger than the last one yeah it's you know higher body count and and you know um 
you know, more um, like big action set pieces and stuff like that. And it does a lot of that stuff right. I mean, it does. Yeah, it, right. it's it's a movie from 1990. Let's be fair. I mean, it barely makes the the um, yep. the the minimum criteria for this list here. And so. When you compare a movie like Predator Two to The Matrix, it's like you're obviously they're they're almost a decade apart. They're completely different from one another, yeah. right? Um, I mean, Predator Two was almost instantly dated because it's it just it looks like like shit yeah. Then, to, then the '90s happened, and you're like, Ugh. but how does it compare to 1996's Escape from LA? <sighs> Ah, oh, God, it's tough. It it is tough. Um, Predator Two. Um, I have. I okay. I feel like Escape from L.A. kind of gets. Um, um, it kind of gets shit on by studios. Yeah, uh, for like some it's reason, unfairly like lambasted. Like the the, the whole and... the whole uh, franchise kind of wasn't really given a shot. When I feel like it's a great premise, and and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Snake Plissken. Uh, Russell as uh, Snake Plissken is always uh, always fun to watch. Good, yeah, yeah, good watch. But... A treat. Did you guys hear Robert Rodriguez is remaking uh, Escape from New York? Shit, yeah, that's official. That it's is signed. awesome. It's, it's happening. That is great. Have they cast any of the roles? I don't think they cast anyone yet, but that's uh, hell. I'll watch that movie. Why not? Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I always felt it was it was a, a fantastic franchise. Great concept. A, you know, just just a, a really enjoyable watch. Predator, maybe. You know, the first one holds a very special place in a lot of people's hearts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's you know, it was a huge movie, and I feel like Predator 2 absolutely was just kind of a letdown to a lot of those people. Mm-hmm. But it's but it's not I, it's not terrible. It no, really isn't. By no like, means it's a terrible movie. It's, uh, it's a fun I watch. I think that was the yeah. tagline, Predator 2. <laughs> it's not it's terrible. It's not terrible. There's, Coming to theaters, May 1990. There's this one awful moment... Um, I just want to share because I when I saw it the other day, I was just like, "Are you are you fucking kidding me? Are you serious about this?" So it gets up to this point where, um, where uh, Glover and Predator are on top of a building and they're they're just like uh, duking it out, and uh, the Predator throws his spear at him, and the spear goes into uh, the wall mm-hmm. um, and just sticks there. And then it shows you like the camera zooms in on the spear, so it's like that spear's coming back. <laughs> and then they continue fighting, and then um, uh, he, somehow he ducks the predator, and so the predator is just like standing near the edge of the building, and you see him see the spear, and he pulls it out of the wall, and you're like, oh shit, he's gonna put the spear right through that predator, mm-hmm. and then he just runs and like cross checks him off the building. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this. This like you know space metal like double edged spear and he just shoves him with it. Like, <laughs> you fucking serious, dude? Like, oh I, man, I don't want to kill him. <laughs> he's he's just killed like like half of the city, but I don't want to. No, I don't no, want to stab him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an officer of the law. <laughs> I'm taking you in, Predator. You're an officer of the law that like kill like ten guys <laughs> yeah. with a machine gun in the first scene. <laughs> and then the Predator's sitting in the jail, just like. Oh man, this Predator is a fucking. He he is he just gives up too. Yeah, he's like, a real he quitter. Gets, he gets shoved off the building, 
and he's holding on by like the uh, the disc thing, uh, and he's got his other other uh, arm on on mm. Glover's arm, just tearing it up. Yeah, and uh, and then he just he just sets off his bomb. Like right there, he's just like, you know what? No, like, no, it's bomb time, guys. Yeah, I'm not climbing up. <laughs> we this all know this ends. <laughs> and then he survives the fall. In the end, yeah. he, he gets his arm cut off, and he falls down, and then he just kind of claws at the building, and and he's fine. He, he doesn't die. Yeah, when he falls. So it's like, why didn't you just let go? <laughs> like, no, I'd rather nuke the whole city. Fuck it, it's fine. <laughs> It is funny that the first movie, our main protagonist is Arnold Schwarzenegger, this big, huge muscle guy. Yeah. <laughs> Second one, Danny Glover, <laughs> who's awesome. But it's really a step down in the action uh, hierarchy of, uh, of actors. Yeah, the first Predator was clearly a better Predator. That being said, I also wanted to point out that wouldn't it be great if, if like, Second Predator sets off the bomb, right? And then Danny Glover's just got his fucking arm there. And he starts running around like that scene in Batman the movie with Adam West with the giant novelty bombs. We're like, oh, can't put it here. Oh. There's a family of ducks down there. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. That's the movie's real ending. So what are we doing, Devin? Your vote, sir. Or you know what? I'm going to kick it off. I know you said... I'm still voting Predator 2. I don't, I don't know. I like the series more. Devin, what do you? What do you I love Snake Plissken. I have a real soft spot for for Escape from New York, which I saw second technically, but yeah. Um, it's cheese and it's all the right cheese. Oh, it's such a tough one. You know what? I, Escape from LA is a more enjoyable watch. I will. I will say that um, Predator Two. Rewatching it. Um. The rosy lens of nostalgia was really, uh, mm-hmm. really carrying that one for me. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not that. Um, it, it's it's just very very cheesy now, and maybe that's just a fault of of you know again like nineteen ninety versus ninety seven. Like, yep. Yeah, you're, there's going to be some major fucking changes, yeah. but. But it's um it's maybe a relic of like of like a bygone era of of eighties action movies, you know. It's yeah. just it, it's it feels like that. So last eighties action hero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna go Escape from L.A. All right. Well, Jesse, bring go, us home. I'm gonna go with Predator too. Okay. Oh wow. <laughs> oh man, I did not think you were going that way. I mean, I love Escape from L.A., but I don't know. I just have more memories of Predator 2, I think, and I just love Predator yeah. so much. That's kind of seeping in. It is It is cool, too, at the end when it's like you get the meaning of the Predators, and it does reveal a little bit of Predator mythos. And there's like the Xenomorph skull on the wall and stuff, yeah. and like, oh, wow, they're going to fight each other one day, and it's going to be amazing, and, <laughs> and then it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, our, uh, <laughs> that never happened. I haven't seen the picture. Okay, Alien versus Predator one maybe, but Alien Requiem? versus Predator Requiem two. Requiem, I've seen. You're right. I have seen that picture. Yes, it's not bad. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's violent as hell. It's just dumb. But <laughs> that's fine. Predator two is probably the worst movie I've ever paid to ever, see. Ever ever made. Like yeah. I've I've watched the movies like you know um, for free on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of my own home. <laughs> Uh, oh, I still haven't put out the clip of you freaking out <laughs> in the Doctor Strange episode. I got to do that. Oh, wow. Um, you haven't heard this either? I don't think I so. I thought no. I sent it to you. Maybe. Well, is- I'll, I'll, well, you'll hear it we'll soon hear it. enough. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to put it up. But, uh, 
but yeah, seeing seeing like uh, all it, the predator passes him the gun, and it's like seventeen fifteen. Like we've been doing this a while, dude. <laughs> like, like this is the first. Like you guys just scored a point, and it's been like it's like three hundred years of five hundred one. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Yeah. Predator two continues I, I on. You're okay with that, Tim? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, don't feel too bad. I feel like if East was here, he'd be freaking out right now. Which, by the way, his house is flooding, so we should probably send a shout out to him. <laughs> like, hopefully, your house hasn't flooded. Send him a dinghy to yeah, float around. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> yeah, send your dinghies to movies for my life. <laughs> um, next film into the competition. Boy, another big boy on our list. Terminator Two, gentlemen. Yeah. Now this is another one that arguably should go all the way. Yeah. Because it's incredible. We were talking about the bracket last night, and it's like if we had. Can I say that we were going to do a different format? Yeah, we we already said it at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Terminator Two versus The Matrix. Those would have been in the same. That would have been the second round. That would have been the second round. That should have been the final. Yeah, dude. Well, we don't we don't know we that don't know yet. That. We don't know that yet. We got like sixteen. <laughs> we films do have sixteen more movies to go. What here. can you put against Terminator Two? That's that's in here right now. I don't. I. Well, I don't think we should put against the Matrix. Yeah, now. yeah. No, Let's hold off be... on that. But yeah. what, what could we put it against? Because we want, as as East would say, we should we we can have nice things. <laughs> um, who's who's up right now? Isn't it you, Devin? You're, or no, it's Jesse. Jesse's yeah. up. So right, out so. of Terminator 2, Predator 2, The Matrix, The Rock, Rumble in the Bronx, Last Action Hero, uh, what what do you want to put up? You know what? Let's do Arnold versus Arnold. We're going to do Terminator 2 versus Last Action Hero. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So do we need to discuss Maybe. it? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this sucks. God, Terminator yeah. 2 from like the... The, like... They spend so much, so much time in the movie where you don't really know is Terminator a good guy or a bad guy, and then he's a good guy, and then you, you're like, "Fuck yeah, that's amazing!" And then he gets on the motorcycle and fights a truck. And yeah, fucking, it's and, got everything. He's got he has that fucking oh roundhouse shotgun reload. <laughs> One of the best reloads of a shotgun in film history. Oh, absolutely! And even the Guns and Roses scene yeah. where he's carrying the the guns and the the he's gun, and the, rose gun and the roses. It's yeah, perfect. Perfect. And, Eddie uh, Furlong? Yeah. Introducing Furlong. Eddie Furlong. Yeah, let's talk about this. Uh, Danny said on the Terminator episode when he was a kid, he thought like Edward Furlong was so fucking cool. And then when he grew up, he's like, this kid is a fucking asshole. Um, the Danny character in uh, in Last Action Hero, actually the opposite for me. I, I hated him when I was younger. I was like, this kid's a fucking piece of shit. And now I don't mind him. Like he's a nothing. He's just an element in the film. Yeah. He's a comedy sidekick. Exactly what what um, what he's billed as, you know. Especially when he's about to fucking <laughs> run off the road. He's playing chicken with the limousine, and he's he's like, "I'm the hero. I'm the good guy. This is gonna work." And then just before he's about to hit, he's like, "I'm a comedy sidekick. This isn't gonna work." <laughs> and like jerks the fucking bike and goes up into the bushes, uh, which is a great scene. A little ET recall there. But how does that compare to, you know... Well, what I wanted to say <laughs> yeah. was, was like, 
either way, like I don't really want either of these kids in this fuck these fucking movies. Like I got no love for Furlong in this. Like I like Furlong in this movie. Yeah, just I nothing like else. Well, a few movies and shortly after, but nothing in the last ten years. <laughs> it's like Terminator. What you didn't, you didn't like Simpson. Crow Wicked Prayer? Don't didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you should stay that way. Yeah. Stay the, I saw stay a movie with him a while ago. I can't remember, fucking remember what it is. Some horror movie or something. And I was watching it with someone. And we're like, he's actually not bad. Like, he's 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 acting pretty good in it. Mm-hmm. But I was reading that he was on drugs at the time. And from scene to scene, you can tell he's on drugs in one scene and not the other. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, he just went to a bender and now he's acting. He's not as good. So, <laughs> But anyways, he wasn't on drugs in Terminator 2 or anything. We hope not. That we know of. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And this is like the right up there with like Ripley, for example, the female action protagonist is Sarah Connor in Terminator Two. As much as she's an amazing character and the the character that I relate to the most in the first Terminator film, because I would totally be like, Can I just go back to my job and you know, drive my Vespa to work and she like yep. like that's what I would I don't want any of this future robot shit. But in the second one, she's come to terms with this. She's got the big guns and the big guns oh, yeah. <laughs> in terms of her fucking arms. And um, she's breaking people's fucking knees that lick her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not lick Sarah Connor. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't lick her. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to feel that in your shins and your knees. Um, she bashes in that one lady's nose, if memory serves. Uh, so that's pretty great. And uh, yeah, I, I I really I really like I like both flicks, but one is a parody of the the genre, and we do have to keep that in mind. Yep. Um, one is a you know a parody of of what Arnold's career has been up to that point, and so you know it's it's a really nice piece to look at intellectually and 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 laugh at it and say this is great, this is you know mocking the stereotypes and so forth, and I think it is really really good. Like we talked about revisionist history would say for example new nightmare now that people like love and embrace scream is this you know cornerstone slasher flick well people are looking back and being like Wes craven you know dabbled in that previously uh and actually wrote that one in new nightmare and the same thing kind of applies here where arnold as an actor um who a lot of people felt really shined in true lies for example um a lot of people dismiss last action hero as a film that uh, you know, wasn't that good or wasn't that smart or wasn't that funny or anything like that. And they're fucking wrong. Like, go back and watch this movie and it's a fun watch. Oh, yeah. It's a super fun watch. <clears throat> Charles Dance is amazing. Um, the, the, like, the performances up and down, are, the bill are great. But, yeah, Terminator's going through. Yeah. We talk about um, uh, Predator 2 feeling dated, right? Because it came out in 1990s. So mm. putting it up against all these other movies isn't fair. Terminator 2 came out in 91. Mm-hmm. That movie, that movie holds up. fucking <laughs> good for 91. Yeah, and it only took that long, or particularly it took that long, because Cameron really wanted the technology, like CG technology, to be where he could, you know, do re- a reasonable liquid metal modeling. And, mm-hmm. and, and the aesthetic of it being kind of subpar by today's standards is actually what makes it so menacing. Mm-hmm. Like, if it was, you know quote-unquote good by today's standards where, like, you can see, like, the ripple in his pants when he farts on T-1000 <laughs> or something like that, then you'd be like... Eh. Some of the practical work is great. Oh, oh it's when all When they great. fired, like, the shotgun at his head and it's all, like, twisted mm-hmm. out of uh, the way. 
and it's not done with CG at yeah. that point. It's like a model or whatever. Yeah. It looks great. It looks amazing. That's uh, just like the first one. That's also Stan Winston, right? I believe so, yeah. I think yeah. he did most of those. Yeah, so really cool stuff. Great flick. <clears throat> great, great flick. It's, uh, it is kind of funny that... Uh, I don't know. They act like it's this like this big triumphant moment when they destroy the evidence that was left by the Terminator that came back in time the first time that was now influencing the design of the second Terminator. But it's like the initial Terminator getting invented is still going to happen because it's just it's inevitable. Like, well, but, but like, but think about it, right? Terminator One, a Terminator comes back in time from the future because it was invented sometime mm-hmm. in the future, and now it gets crushed. The arm and the processor or whatever get given to this other guy who's now going to build a Terminator. But it's not as if him receiving these parts from the original Terminator was what originally caused the original Terminator to be built, right? What? <laughs> the, origi- I, I the original, the original yeah. Terminator would have been built regardless of yeah, whether yeah. this guy got yeah, the arm Yeah, but now we're on an alternate timeline because now, of the intervention. Have you ever seen closer. Back to the Future? Now, gosh, maybe it influenced it to happen earlier than it would have happened yeah. otherwise, but it it absolutely could not it, it there is no possibility that this that winning, you know, destroying this arm and this processor changed anything. Mm. It didn't because there was yeah, sequels after this. Yeah. <laughs> and that's you said on the uh on the Terminator panel, which is all the way back at episode 4 by now. We're almost that's, in our 60s, gentlemen. Jesus. And uh the third one, yeah, the third one. That's the one kind of good, that. good point is that it like Skynet's software, you know. True, and it was always going to happen, uh, yeah. and and so the Terminator coming back is really just to make sure he doesn't die, yeah. Like until the 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 Judgment Day, not, yeah, exactly. Not to, not to avoid Judgment Day, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. All right, all right. Next film in. Ooh, I like this one. I like this one a lot. Will Smith and Harry Connick Jr. And I think uh, Jeff Goldblum makes yeah, an appearance for a moment or two. I don't know. Uh, in 1996's Independence Day. Love it. And that's going uh, into or onto the table along with Terminator 2, Predator, The Matrix, The Rock, and Rumble in the Bronx. And that's... This is... This, there's some pretty heavy hitters on the ones. table here, Jesse. What uh, what do you what do you like out of, out of this pairing out of Independence Day and uh, Terminator Two, et cetera, et cetera? I already said it. Let's do Independence Day. Oh, okay. We're sticking with the new ones. I like this versus Rumble in the Bronx. Really? This is this is Rumble's third time. This is Rumble's third time. Because I'm going to be out right at the bat. I don't like Independence Day. Yeah, never did. I saw it when I was a kid, and I was thoroughly disappointed because it was it was not, it's my own fault. It's not the movie that I wanted it to be. I, I was really into Aliens and X Files and stuff like that. I, I didn't. I, I I think I had only seen the uh, the teaser trailer, which is one of the best teaser trailers of all time. Where Absolutely, it, where it's just the White House and it explodes and stuff. And I didn't. I just I didn't think it was going to be like a jokey kind of Hollywood action movie type thing. I thought it was going to be more of a serious, you know, alien sort of drama type deal. So it's kind of on me going in that way. So I was not a fan when I was a kid. I tried watching it recently. You know, Will Smith, sometimes I like, sometimes I hate. I hate him in this one. Uh, so obviously we talked about Rumble the Bronx. I love Rumble the Bronx, so that would be my pick. But I don't know. Independence Day, just 
I didn't even see the sequel. Got no interest in it. Yeah, it's it, it, yeah. Don't. Um, <laughs> one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah. Entirely. It's uh, they do some interesting retconning decisions there, and and yeah, acting is. Anyway, um, do love the Pullman speech, though, man. You know, I know that that can't carry a film forever. It's totally nostalgia. They say it on with that whole, you know, like we will not go quietly into, or we will not back down without a fight. We will not go quietly into the night. You know, today we'll celebrate our Independence Day. All that shit. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, just just recite the whole thing. That's fine. Yeah, no, there's a lot more than that. Yeah. <laughs> just wanted to prove to people that I wasn't just spouting fucking internet. You know, like I, I read an article on this movie, and now I'm going to pretend to be, you know, that I've seen it. Um, but in the article I was reading, um, no one got that. I was anyway. I don't know. I really like this movie. I've been chewing peanuts in front of the mic for like two minutes too, and didn't even realize it's so going to be fun move, to edit. Move away, eat the peanut, and then come back. You know. Mm. Well, you're smarter than me. So. <laughs> I'm trying that with the almonds, but they are loud. They're crunchy. Yeah, they're really. Those are some good almonds, my friend. So, is this a debate between almonds and peanuts? Oh. What are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's let's be real here. If I, I if I'm looking at it, there's it's a very ambitious film. Uh, a lot of the space stuff in the beginning looks really cool. The um, the spaceships themselves look really cool. Blowing up the fucking White House, uh, it's like you, it, when you're a kid, you like you that yeah that you get freaked out. That was cool. Um, like, that being said, I was kind of rooting for the aliens because everyone other than <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's kind of a piece of shit, and Will yeah. Smith. I like and, Jeff Goldblum in the film. Yeah, He's, can't go wrong with that. And like, I, I don't know. It's the other problem is like. Will, Will Smith's apparently now the dad of his brother from Fresh Prince. It's like, this oh, yeah. This isn't making any it's, sense. It's little Nicky from uh, Fresh Prince. <laughs> Couldn't his, find another his, little kid. Or his nephew, rather. Yeah. Or his um, cousin. His cousin, yeah. yeah. Forgot about that. <laughs> I don't know. And, like, okay, I'm sorry, but there's a, you know, maybe it's just because I'm super perverted or something, but... I don't care what's on the news. Vivica A. Fox in the 90s is, like, up on a stage scantily clad dancing yeah i don't even know that there's like a catastrophe situation happening in the small ass fucking tv in the i'm not watching this that dank strip club tv <laughs> i'm sorry but they're like you're trying to tell me that these you know these people are like oh gather around the fucking tv and she, you know and she just comes out and does her whole routine and then looks up and realizes that you know and and like, what is wrong with these people? They're paying like thirteen dollars a beer, beer to, to, to sit watch, and watch the, the news. tiniest fucking TV you can get in the nineties. <laughs> the gay fox is over here, you know, just just dancing up a storm like she's in fucking flash dance, and you're not giving her a moment of your time. This is bullshit. But um, and also, I love what one thing that I absolutely love. I absolutely love about the, this film because we were talking about how uh, one thing that's great about Jackie is that he is he always gets hurt, so he's not like the most proficient at everything. He's not just unstoppable force like the Terminator, for example, right? So there's this huge emotional payoff when he beats somebody. Will Smith is is not good at piloting the alien spacecraft. Right, like throughout this film, like he's a great pilot, and and you know Harry Connick Jr. is 
clearly not. And he just, like starts freaking out. Like, how many fucking missions do you fly before this? He's just like, I can't breathe. Takes the fucking <laughs> mask off. Like, no, no, put your mask back on. Like, I'm fucking serious. <laughs> okay, never mind, you know. Uh, but Will Smith is a very proficient pilot. But then he gets into the alien spaceship and he, like, backs into the wall. And then he has to turn the sign around that says forward, backwards, up, down, all this it's shit, like right? The only thing that that, like... That was different is that when you push forward, it goes backwards. But yeah. like they've got joysticks and seats. Yeah. And like their whole fleet runs on like Windows 95 or something. Yeah. yeah they exactly. use a freaking like Windows virus. <laughs> yeah. To oh, yeah. Goddamn convenient. Yeah, it is <laughs> that they could infiltrate them. But I guess the idea is, of course, that the, the virus itself is so outdated by their technology that it can do some serious damage because they wouldn't guard against that sort of thing because they wouldn't experience this sort of thing anymore it's the idea of say for example any of us being left out in the woods we'd probably starve to death in like a week or something because oh, yeah. we have no fucking i'd be gone survival like 12 hours i'd trip and kill uh, myself yeah. or something <laughs> like five minutes i'm cutting off my arm and eating it like <laughs> just that's how it's going um right arm just to be clear yeah. uh <laughs> it's cleaner um in any case yeah i i, I like that i i do but uh yeah you're right, Jesse. Rumble takes it. Yeah, Rumble me. in the Bronx. I'm going to Rumble. Oh. There's probably a lot of people pissed about that. But so long, Independence Day. <laughs> so far, Rumble Day. in the Bronx has taken out Speed and Independence that's, Day. That's, that's pretty impressive That's impressive. For I didn't Bronx. see that coming. Oh, I saw did, Speed going a lot further, personally. Why did they call his movie ID4, like, in March? July 4th? No, I get it. I get why. Like, I get what ID4 stands for. But why did they allow that to become a thing? Like, th- well, maybe they like were that trying was on to their like, movie posters and stuff, yeah. I and mean, they weren't calling it Independence Day; they were calling it ID Four for some reason. Maybe ID's just you know it's convoluted, but uh, or I Day. Like none of this stuff really sounds great. But also, yeah, maybe they're trying to do what we always joke about and do the sequel thing before doing the the first one. You know, ID Four Two. ID4 Resurgence, which, by the way, two things that bother me a lot about that movie before we move on is, one, okay, so Will Smith is not a proficient pilot, which I really liked that element, proficient pilot, when it comes to flying the alien spacecrafts, which, of course, his son just fucking rips it up at in this film. But um, it bothers me that, one, they bring Vivica A. Fox back just to kill her off in, like, two seconds, but they do make her a doctor, so she, like, you know, stripped her way through medical school. Because uh, there's not a bigger fucking cliche in North America <laughs> than that. But that's great. Good for you. Um, and, like, he flies the ship by to just be like, oh, no. Like, literally, the son is right there when his mother dies. And it's like, so you, you just stole an alien or a, a, a fucking fighter plane to, uh, to uh, you know, see your mom die. Great. Congratulations. And then the, the, other, the other one that really gets to me is the... Um, uh, the fact that they kill Will Smith off uh, before the movie even starts because he obviously wouldn't come back because the script um, by he's doing a test flight of alien human hybrid mm-hmm. technology, which I think is a great idea. We've talked about that. Like, that's a great idea. That's a great premise. Because, of course, if you have all this alien spaceship debris around, yeah, you're going to fucking let's take a look what we got here. Yeah. And see what you can salvage and, and utilize. But, yeah, just. You know, you'd think he'd get a little bit better. That they put the paper on upside down again, you know. So, whatever. I um, skip it. 
Yeah, Independence Day too. I love how like society has just like rebuilt itself so perfectly when it's like every major city in the world got completely destroyed. Like there there was like nothing left. Or like I, I don't know, they just I, I feel like they maybe gloss it over a bit bit yeah. bit <clears throat> easily there. Yeah. Like I do love that one guy with the swords though. That guy is fucking badass. He keeps killing them. Like, like getting them from behind and putting two knives in them and shit. That's, that guy's <laughs> wicked. All right, next film into the competition, gentlemen. John Woo's American masterpiece. Face off. Ooh, took my face off. No, <laughs> no, I want to take his, his face, face off. off. There you Man, go. That's good. The fucking future jail with the magnetic boots. Magnetic boots. <laughs> Movie has everything. <laughs> magnetic boots. I completely forgot about that. Until You're not going movie. anywhere. We got magnets. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, what was the thing with, um, Thomas Jane's character in that movie? He's like a hacker or something, uh, that helps him get out of prison. That's, that's sort of an interesting thing. Bollock's Troy, the weirdo brother. Always, oh, yes, brother. Like, you remember the time <laughs> we did something? Ha oh, ha ah, Weirdo. Fucking creep, man. <laughs> but, like, you know, that Caster Troy, admittedly, that's a that's a role that was, like, made for Nicolas Cage because <laughs> he can just play that on, like, a million. It's pretty great. Doesn't he, while he's dressed as a priest, like, full-on lick someone's face before or, like, yeah, before, or lick his guns or something. Yeah, he like does that. something inappropriate. Something I'm real, sure the Catholic Church would not not approve with. <laughs> with that movie. Yeah, I'm not approve of this film. The only scene of real remorse that you see in it is just this like brief like huh that you get, which is perfect when he shoots um, the kid, shoots yeah. Travolta's kid at the beginning. There's just a split <laughs> second of of Nicolas Cage being like, "Oh, I shot a kid." Well. I'll feel better after yeah. this ice cream cone at the fair or whatever. Like, but in any case, that's this isn't even on the docket. I shouldn't be talking about it yet. Sir Devin, would you like to put two of these films up against each other? Uh, oh, sorry. Out of Face Off, Terminator Two, Predator Two, The Matrix, The Rock, Let's and do, Rumble uh, in the Bronx. I feel like it's kind of <laughs> okay. You know what? Maybe that's just in my mind. I feel like it's just pointless to put Face Off against any of these movies because it's gone. <laughs> Yeah, maybe face off versus The Rock. Do a little bit of Nick Cage versus ah, Nick Cage. Good Cage on cage action. Um, face off is a fucking <laughs> train wreck bag of shit. Is what that movie. I is. like face off. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's got a good sense of humor to it. <laughs> it's like just, just, just rip that fucking bottle of water out of there. Nice. <laughs> You think Face Off isn't a bag of shit? No, isn't I like Face Off. Is this your water right here that's full? Maybe. Now you have two waters. Now you have two full waters and you've interrupted the flow that. of the recording. Thank you. I think, um, I think one of the biggest thing. problems of Face Off, uh, which I find in a lot of Ju- John Woo films, is... Um, <laughs> a lot of Jew I said the wrong film. thing. There. A lot of John Woo films is when he's filming his action sequences and it cuts to a stuntman... 
he doesn't really frame it very well that you can totally see that it's a stuntman's face. And there's a scene where the two of them are on a boat and they hit the sand and they get thrown through the air. And it's a slow motion shot of two men flying through the air that are not John Travolta <laughs> and Nicolas Cage. It's clearly the stuntman. It's like, yeah. don't film that from the front in slow motion <laughs> in like big frame. So that's a negative towards it, I guess. But other than that, I, I quite enjoyed it. I like the doves. The Again, doves, of course. We He's, love the doves. Gotta love the doves. Can't have a John Woo film without doves. Yep. Um, peach. I could eat a peach for hours. <laughs> for lines like that. Yeah, it is great. The um... now, what is the uh, what is the mechanism used? Oh yeah, that's that's what it is. The the blood type is what tips off the wife, right? Like I think um, so, yeah. Uh, Paul or sorry, uh, Caster Troy's blood type is this. My blood type is that, um, and then and then the wife's like, "Oh, okay, all right." So I've totally fucked this other guy, but uh, but yeah. Not to mention just like how ridiculous this whole notion is that like chubby John Travolta turns into yeah <laughs> skinny, con- considerably taller Nicholas Cage. Like out of the two of them, he's taller. Um, is hilarious, and and they don't. They do some modifications to the body, but do they? They don't modify the dick or something. So, like, did the wife not look at his dick? What if is that was, a fair assessment here? What if because one was circumcised sex? and one wasn't? Then, that'd be, uh... <laughs> well, yeah, it's like did we you have, have to grow his foreskin back just in case. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the plan was originally just to go into prison and then come out, right? Yeah, so yeah, you, they you didn't think plan they, for they just, the whole thing. They just gave him some liposuction, right? So why does? And that's the other thing. So why does Castor get fat to play that? Like you know, may. Like John Travolta's been away for a week, he just comes back and is like, "Yeah, I got you know, I I got some liposuction, I had a circumcision done, it's <laughs> <laughs> gone." <laughs> and then, <laughs> what's new? You know, he doesn't really have to go into it all, but I guess whatever. He he's a mastermind. Yep. Uh, I like the scene where he's he's killing the he's killing the boss, Travolta's boss. And he's going to have a heart attack anyway, but he's still got to karate chop this guy. I love that. The guy's like, oh, 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 oh. And, and fucking full-on Castor Troy as John Travolta, or vice John Travolta as Castor Troy, fucking karate chops this guy and then, like, call an ambulance. <laughs> you could have just let him die. He was already dying. Just hang out there, eat some nuts like we are. So, yeah. Have, have some trail mix. What movie is going up against? Oh, The Rock. Yeah. Oh, fucking The Rock, clearly. That fucking scene where he goes... Um, this is a sequel to uh, Escape from Alcatraz, right? With Clint Eastwood? Clearly. <laughs> but, yeah, the the scene where he um, he's going through that flaming sword thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want to see, like, a, a an old man roll through <laughs> fire and sharp blades? Like, this is only second for me in, in Sean Connery's entire catalog to uh, Highlander, you know? <laughs> I, don't, I love the Bond films, but the, this, this movie's just on another level of ridiculous and awesome. It's so. no Zardoz, though. It isn't Zardoz. I'll give you that. So. <laughs> Zardoz is the best fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we gotta do a um, whole panel on Zardoz. So, yeah, I'm going The Rock. Devin, where are you sitting? Jesse, are you? Well, going I'm going to go face off? off, but I feel like we know this is going to end. I hate having this decision down to me because you know what? Now that we've talked about face off, and and frankly, I don't know. Now I kind of feel 
bit meh towards uh, the rock. It's flip-flopping all over the place here. <laughs> Fuck it. Face off. All right. Okay. I, I like it. It's a more fun movie. The Rock is... It has its dull points. I don't know. Yeah, Harris does carry that movie. Totally. And he's not on screen nearly enough. So I'll give you that. I'm sad to see it go, but I'll say goodbye to The Rock. Next film in, gentlemen. One of Devin's favorite Bonds. Pierce Brosnan in 1990 <laughs> something. Looking at six, I think. Five. Five. Goldeneye. Best video game of all time. <laughs> for, for the record, uh, he was making a joke there. Pierce Brosnan is absolutely my least favorite fucking Bond. He's oh, back. Yeah. He's, He's all right. But you do love this. Better, he's better than George Lazenby. I, I don't know. <laughs> Not a better movie. Like, if there was a better oh, no, actor no, no, no. in that yeah. film, yeah. yeah. And Lazenby has his moments. He's sandwiched between uh, Dalton, who's fucking amazing, and no, he, no, he's not. Dalton, Reagan, man, get the fuck out. He's more. He's between Connery, Connery, and Connery. Connery came back. Lazenby? Oh, sorry, Brosnan. I thought we were yeah. still talking about Lazenby. <laughs> no, Brosnan. I'll move on. Brosnan is is sandwiched between Dalton and and Craig. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like who are badass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you compete there? Mm-hmm. I I came into this competition. It wasn't on my list. I don't. Con- I I didn't consider Goldeneye to even be eligible, given that it's a Bond movie. Because I'm like, ah, eh, that's a dumb. Movie. You know, and also, we spent like so much of of our lives. Oh, dude, on a conversation shot about Bond, for shot fucking conversation Bond of every Bond film fan. ever that we never released, <laughs> and we still haven't. I said I was going to edit it months ago, and I just—it's so painful to go through, it dude. Was, it was like our first attempt at a podcast. Oh, it's wow. just like like nine hours of just like I I don't know. This one had a submarine, <laughs> this one had a submarine in it. This one had some skiing scenes. It's fucking so bad. So. Is it up against something, or what have we decided? What well, it's, let's no, put it up well, against. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's me. Let's knock some of these fucking horrible movies out with Goldeneye, the <laughs> penultimate 90s action movie, dude. Yeah. It's good. It is good. Oh, yeah, it's a good movie. For All sure. right. Let's get Predator out, then. <laughs> Do we even need to say anything except we've talked a lot about for, gold? Thanks we've for talked, playing Predator. Yeah. Thanks for playing. All right, Predator's gone. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Gold. I I honestly came into this thinking what I was going to say is is Goldeneye is not um you know barely even counts. Like, how is this a '90s action movie? It's a it's a spy movie. It's blah blah blah. You know. It, can't put it against all of these other movies. I rewatched Goldeneye the other night. It fucking holds up. What Action a good cuts. movie. Yeah, oh, other than God. again, like which we were given everything a break on the computer stuff on this list because the computer I stuff. I like them. <laughs> <laughs> I am invincible. <laughs> you sit on it, but you can't take it with you. <laughs> Bond just turns around in a second chair. It's chair. <laughs> He's talking about your ass. It's a chair. <laughs> Like gets it like that, <laughs> like Bond and Boris, like <laughs> like this man. They're like two peas in a fucking sexist misogynist pod. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> All right, so <laughs> he is an HR nightmare in this movie too. <laughs> like this is one of like like safe for Connery, probably like one of the rapiest Bonds that I've. I've... No, no one's rapier than. And fucking Sean Connery, man. <laughs> well, so he 
with money money penny is like screaming at him at the beginning like james stop the car like please like i'm i'm worried right now and he's just like fuck it i'm gonna race this hot bitch (laughs) in a ferrari and just like just doesn't give a shit there actually line in the script then like then like stops the car and immediately like flips open the center console and there's like a bottle of champagne and just leans right in it's like she has been shouting at you for like a half an hour here while you're driving like a fucking maniac (laughs) i think she says no too (laughs) but then it's like oh i'm but but I'm James yeah. Bond, so I just do what I want. <laughs> but she's Mrs. Money Penny. Let's be clear. True. Okay. Um, seeing as my last election just uh, of two films just was booted so it was quick, just right quick. Let's put Goldeneye immediately back up against the next film into the competition: the Sylvester Stallone John Lithgow team up or not team up versus Tete a Tete Cliffhanger, which is awesome. But those two pairing against each other as a hero and villain is so mixed match because they have like a like a fist fight at the end, and one of them is Sylvester Stallone, and the other one's a guy from Third Rock to the Sun. Rocky, yeah, Rocky versus Rocky versus Third Rock. Like, but like, anyways, the movie's great. It's uh, that opening sequence alone is is you know iconic as hell. Uh, actually, one thing I remember, I had the VHS of that, and that was back in the 4x3 pan and scan days, but the opening sequence was presented in the letterbox format, oh, and I didn't okay. understand what was going on. I'm like, why are there black bars <laughs> on my screen here? And then when it got into the movie, it would bump into the full thing, and that's when I started kind of learning about you know letterbox and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of, little bit of film That's where you pick up your knowledge. Right? Yeah, exactly. At the letterbox? At the letterbox. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, the scene's been parodied dozens of times, and yeah. it's very... Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. Big, better big did it better. Yeah. Right <laughs> <on>. <laughs> um, I don't have a lot of love for this movie, because I don't feel that Sly punches people quite enough for my standards. There's not enough Sly punches. There's yeah, not I'm enough sure. punching. This is my problem, you know? Uh, Bond shoots a lot of people yeah. in Goldeneye. He's shooting everybody. He's shooting tons of guys. Um, and karate chops. And I like a good Bond chop. He is Because it makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> um, there's nothing like if you ask anyone who uh, has seen the new uh, Marvel Netflix series Iron Iron Fist, um, <laughs> there's nothing like seeing a uh, a white uh, male doing uh, karate and being better than than every other uh, nationality who does it. You know, from the time yeah. they're born. So uh, I like a good bond shop. It it makes me feel feel good and tingly in in my posterior. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have a lot of love for Cliffhanger. I watch it, I enjoy it. I I really do like the movie a lot. Uh but it's not one that I go back to that regularly. Maybe because it was kind of oversaturated on television when we were growing up. Yeah. So maybe a lot of it's just that I don't feel that I have to. Cliffhanger um has very low stakes for an action movie. I don't know, you know. Well, don't fall off. Well, yeah, but that's like it. It's like if <laughs> they you take fall, his jacket away and he's got to climb the the wall with just his bare hands. Yeah, and he's going to freeze to death. Don't don't die. That's that's. But the it's movie. like what happens Survival. if the bad guys win? They just get some money or something, don't they? Yeah, that's, that's what it was. They don't win it. the mountain. 
And like, well, yeah, it's like, like I thought that's what this movie was about. I thought it was like over the top too. It's not as if they're holding the mountain hostage or something like that, right? Like it's it's just they could have just let him take the money and yeah, be done they with get it. the money or they don't get the money, and that's pretty much it. Like it's just the scene at the end with John Lithgow holding a gun to the mountain's head. <laughs> Back off of the mountain gets it. I love that mountain. <laughs> Put it down. <laughs> Look at my muscles. All right, you just calm down, John Lithgow. I'm putting my gun down. <laughs> and he, like, throws a knife to the mountain. The mountain catches it, stabs John Lithgow. <laughs> That's how that movie originally ended. It's just, but it's just, yeah, it's like, just let him have the money. Like, you're, they'll let you, you make know. a good That's point. totally okay. That's yeah. an option here. Yeah, the stakes are not high in that one. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. So your vote's also Goldeneye? Yeah, yeah, and and I mean honestly, if you haven't uh, rewatched it again uh, in in, uh, I'm watching it at least fucking ten years. <laughs> do do yeah. it because it it's good. It's it's very good. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, it, it's like I said, a little campy at times, but great play. Yep. What would you have gone with, Jesse? I probably off the bat I was going to go with cliffhanger, but the more we talked about it, now it really doesn't have a point. That like they could have just let the guys take the money and be done with it. Like, um, so yeah, I, I probably would have gone with cliffhanger. But now that you mentioned Goldeneye, you know, I'm, I, I just for the sake of it, I'm going to vote cliffhanger because uh, okay. I'm already out. Here. Okay, cool. So so if people were like thinking that you and I are crazy, at least take inside with Jesse on that one. We're going to take a little break. Uh, and when we come back, next film into the comp, well, I can't say competition, apparently. Competition, gentlemen, is the another John Woo classic um, from the year of 1993. Hard Target. Hell yeah. This one's going to be interesting. So let's get into that one uh, after I make a Wii. Woo! Well, Brendan, we've had one hell of a second round. Yeah, yeah. The... <laughs> Not too happy with the results for The Rock, I take it. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Crying on the inside? A little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Independence Day, gone off the table as well. I I may have, have wagered a guess that that was going to go pretty far in. Uh, I'm clearly, clearly wrong on that one. It wasn't on my list, but I, I did have high hopes. I wanted to talk about it a lot. Oh, well, things happen. Um, but you've still got Face Off on the table, mm-hmm. favorite of yours. <laughs> oh, just John Travolta's magnetic. Yeah, and we've got <laughs> okay if you say so. Um, and we've got uh, Hard Target joining the competition. Mm. Real upset just before the break with uh, Cliffhanger getting eliminated by Goldeneye. I'm gonna get a lot of fucking emails about this. Uh. I don't know. You guys make a great point. Like, just give them the money. There's nothing else to it. It's over, yeah. It's game over. Although I want to see the the movie where Lithgow just holds that mountain hostage. (laughs) Give me the money, mountain. Nobody gets hurt. Um, Yeah, so we're going to take it all the way down to the final six when we go back into things. I think we've still got quite a few films coming up that, that I have high hopes for. Um, notably, the Matrix is looking to be a favorite here. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Some something tells me maybe uh, allowing it in might have been might have slightly tipped the scales. 
in a less favorable way for some some people who are diehards of of 90s action but got in so whatever um i really want to see how how hard target does though because i think this is this is going to be the last john woo film on the table if i'm not mistaken so we're going to have two john woo films and when we come back from break we're going to face off and hard target um and i i'm very curious about that uh, we've still got another Arnold film coming. Bruce Willis makes an appearance uh, coming up. Uh, another JCVD to come. And uh, and let's see if Lethal Weapon, which is still to come, is going to fare better in, in this than that 80s action week. Yeah. Oh, man. So East might, East might not like what happens. It's it's going to be an interesting uh, an interesting conversation taking it down to the final six. And then I'm, I'm actually – I – I would venture a guess that I know where we're going. Well, I can totally say that because I was there. <laughs> I have no clue where you guys are going. I'm along for the ride. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. So I guess we'll go back and see what the hell happens, and hopefully we don't break poor Nick's heart here. Oh. We all ready? All right, so we're back, and let's take this down to our final six. All right, good, good sirs. So what have we still got in here? We have Rumble in the Bronx, The Matrix, Terminator 2, Face Off, <laughs> GoldenEye, and entering the competition, Hard Target. And who's up? Jesse, you're up. I am up. Your nomination? Well... Sir, I love hard targets, so I'm going to go take that, and I'm going to put it against. Let's do hard target versus. Let's see if Rumble the Bronx can pass hard target. Oh. This is like the fourth damn time this movie's been in here. <laughs> Jackie Chan is killing. Has, has been getting beaten down, <laughs> but coming through. Oh man! So let's see if he can survive against. Breaking Brandon's John Claude Van Damme. Oh man! <laughs> and John Woo John together Woo. at last. <laughs> the uh, the slide guitar in this film is just like next level. <laughs> and uh, Lance Hendrickson, Lance Hendrickson, great badass villain. Uh, yeah, it's this. This is a real, real interesting flick. We were talking a little bit about the birthday cake, uh, hostess cake, yep. the cop that uh, can't ever eat her. Hostess cake. Yeah, it's her birthday, and she makes herself a little cake and puts a puts a candle on it. Oh, that, she made that. I thought that was like or, ready bought. Whatever. No, you're well, right. She, you're she right. had now a cake. She it. puts a candle on it, and someone comes to report the, the missing father. So she takes the cake with the candle still lit, puts it in her drawer, <laughs> discusses the the case, and then pulls it out. And there's like papers like smoking, and it's, just blow the candle out, lady. It only takes a second. <laughs> Uh, and oh, of course, uh, Wilford Brimley is is <laughs> oh. <laughs> with a full on Creole accent, <laughs> riding the horse. Oh, oh. <laughs> like that's the only thing. He's just like talking like normal Wilford Brimley, and then he just goes, "Oh, mm, the end of it." Made like, a <laughs> <laughs> and like he does it, like he does his own stunts. He's on the back of the horse with a oh, bow and my arrow. God, this is so fucking cool. <laughs> 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 The horse looks way too small for him. Like, he's going to break this fucking... <laughs> There's this huge explosion in the background. Yeah. He's just riding this horse. It's going to kill over any minute. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. This is uh, John Woo's first American film, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty Possibly badass. Possibly his best. Possibly his best. The, yeah. 
The other great thing about this movie, uh, in terms of Wilfred Brimley lines, is when he delivers that, uh, the, uh, I still have your shotgun. <laughs> so good. He's got his house rigged up with all these fucking explosives so he yeah. can just get away at any second, but he keeps no weaponry there. Yeah. So if, if like, the DEA or someone else comes to shut down his moonshine operation, he'll just blow it to smithereens, but all he's got is a fucking bow and arrow and a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's some inconsistency in this character here, but we're, we're going to go with it. Um, Arnold Vosloo, that's what I wanted to talk about. Uh He's fucking scary in this movie. And which character was he? He's the second. The second. Big yeah, and he yeah. Was, he, that's the dude who was the mummy, right? Yeah, he was that the dude. mummy. I had to yeah, look yeah, up who yeah. he was halfway through. I'm yeah. like, who the fuck is this guy? Pick. He plays yeah, Pick. He's yeah. pretty badass. Most times when you have an action hero in a movie that has like an accent, it never really comes up. Mm-hmm. Like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's never really like. Yeah, they never break John Matrix, that, that whatever. fourth wall and say like, like, what are you from Austria or something? Yeah, but it's like every single, and it'll come up again. Oh I'll, yeah, I'll let it's you gonna know. come up. Yeah, every single Jean Claude Van Damme movie, they try to explain away his the French. French accent. Yeah, they it's always, like, oh, of course, he's New Orleans, he's French, 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 yeah, French Creole. <laughs> like, maybe he's French Canadian. Yeah. Like, here's, yeah. <laughs> or like maybe he's from France yeah. or Belgium. It's like they always like even in Lionheart, <laughs> they she she sneaks away from the military or whatever and then like he shows up to his uh t- to the sister-in-law's house and he you know gives the girl a little flower and he's like je suis désolé you know and like <laughs> yeah they have the other uh uh the 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 brother constantly talking in french for the two or three scenes that he's alive in and uh yeah it's it seems to be a consistent thing where they have to explain away the the, the french accent <laughs> how do you write his accent into this <laughs> <laughs> Like, originally, when they write the script, it's just like, you know, Bill Smith, John yeah. Smith, et cetera. And then when they cast him, they changed the name to, like, you know. Renoir. Right? Yeah, yeah. Louis. Louis. Louis Renoir. Actually, speaking of language uh, barriers and stuff, uh, since this was John Woo's first American film, his English wasn't great. And I was reading that um, they had Sam Raimi on standby. That if it, like like he was like an op, like you know he was overseeing the whole production. If if they had to put him in, they were going to put him in. And then you see Ted Raimi show up as a cameo at one point, and you're like, oh yeah, Sam Raimi's involved with this movie. <laughs> so that would have been interesting if you know John Woo just didn't cut it, and then they went with Sam Raimi it would have been a completely different film. But I think they made the right choice on that one. The um. Oh, what what the fuck is Wilfred Brimley's name? He's uh, Uncle Duvet. Uncle Duvet. Yes. <laughs> and Uncle Duvet with his fucking uh, um, uh, flask. Yeah. Where he gets shot he with gets the shot. flask. Oh, it's a terrible thing that happens. Look <laughs> at my, <laughs> my flask. <laughs> oh, man. Boy. It's it's so good. And this one, uh, unlike another film that's going to come up uh, <laughs> on this list, out of JCVD's catalog, he is in full form spin kicking. He is oh, yeah. spin kicking the fuck out of this movie. He's spin kicking people off of motorcycles, and it's yeah, he's still kicking. Um, much like Time Cop, which isn't on this panel, but it was on our indie comics battle royale. Ironically <laughs> enough, he, he, JCVD is very active in the in the battle royales. Yeah. It seems like and in the brackets, but yeah, he uh, he's in full form here, and and I quite like it. That whole scene at, right at the beginning where he comes in and he tries to buy the coffee with, like, a bunch of pennies. Yeah. 
it's a really cool moment and uh but and he can't drive so she's got to drive everywhere and uh, you know it's it's pretty pretty solid i like the whole thing of getting all the the homeless people to hand out uh hand out like the porno, porno flyers, flyers for uh you know, for money, yeah. and then that's how they're picking the the men that they hunt. Obviously, like a play on like the most dangerous game, this kind yeah. of thing. And they love military people and this sort of thing. So, um, very cool. I want to know who these cats are that are just coming in and uh, and willing to pay like half a million dollars yeah. to hunt a man. To hunt a man. <laughs> love the snake punch. We gotta talk. Oh, about wait, we the gotta snake talk punch. about the snake punch. <laughs> he literally punches a fucking snake out. <laughs> then, he rips, then he rips the fucking rattler right. off the with his the, teeth. With his teeth, so that it won't rattle <laughs> when he springs it on the guy with the booby trap. Oh my god! <laughs> and there's the one henchman, like um, Sven Van Olsen or something. Yeah. Like big motherfucker. He's got a cigar in his mouth the entire last act of the film. And cigar is smoking the whole time. Never goes down. It's always at the exact same point. Mm-hmm. You never see him without the cigar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they got a lot of that 90s action kind of stuff that doesn't make any sense. But it's just, you love it. Yeah. Lance Hendrickson just has no problem killing off the people that are that are paying money for this. If they're slowing him down, it's like, poof. Yeah. <laughs> I already got your money. Whatever. It's pretty sweet. He's got that cool fucking gun that only takes one bullet at a time, mm-hmm. but he's all like menacing about it when he pulls the bullet out. And if he doesn't shoot him, he takes the bullet out and puts it back in his fucking uh, holster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, uh, really great performances by both of the main villains here. But it just, it's amazing how this whole business strategy of theirs is just fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the worst plan. What is this going up against again? Rumble in the Bronx? Rumble in the Bronx. Oh man, Rumble's had a good run, and to be honest, I know it's a better movie, but fuck it, Hard Target. Oh, I, th- I love Hard Target. It's got my vote. Yeah, I guess my vote doesn't really matter at this <laughs> point. But take that, Jackie Chan. I, I'm gonna go with Rumble in the Bronx for possibility. Because your sanity, wanna, your sanity yeah. is prevailing. Uh, <laughs> ours is failing. But uh, <laughs> sorry, Jackie, we love you. You're one of the greatest. This movie has Wilford Brimley shooting. A henchman through the neck with a fucking bow and arrow. <laughs> Doesn't he have like a little theme music that just starts I think to play he might, right like, before that? You know, he's da, 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 <laughs> oh, it's so good. And he has like a right after that, he rides the horse out and then rides in a little circle to taunt them all. Yeah. And he has a little like French. Yeah. Ha, come get me. <laughs> like, he's not the target. <laughs> <laughs> That's an easy target. We're going for a hard target. <laughs> and I love that he's getting. Oh fuck! I for, like until I just started to say it. I completely forgot that he is doing this work just to get enough money to get on a boat, yeah. to get a job. Like he needs to get his uh, union. His union dues. Yeah, two hundred and fifty bucks or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. Like you will pay me this much up front, and you will pay me this much per day, so that I can get on this boat and work. So I can go work as a dockman or something. And and she's like, Is, "Are you sure that's all you want? Like what? <laughs> well, okay, yeah, so it's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, so hard target goes through. Hell yeah! Next film in another one, much like Predator, just getting through by the skin of its teeth. That's a thing. Uh, the only Paul Verhoeven that we have on here, mm. this panel around, which Starship Troopers will definitely be in the next 90s action battle royale when we get to it later this year. 
uh, taking on whatever the uh, top three, let's say, or top two. We'll see how it goes out of this competition. But next in, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Mars visitation classic. (laughs) Total Recall. Hell yeah. Quaid. (laughs) (laughs) This is one of those movies that I saw on uh, TBS about a dozen times. Oh, yeah. And then I watched it on DVD and realized how violent it is because I'd always seen the TV edit version for my entire life. Mm. And then when I actually watched it, I was like, holy shit, this is a Paul Verhoeven movie. I didn't even realize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Michael Ironside loses an arm in it. He always loses a limb in a film. That's kind of his thing. <laughs> That's his thing, yeah. It's ex- except for his uh, short appearance in first class, which is disappointing. Ah, true, true. Um, both arms in that film. Um, Devin. Your selection, sir, you're next up. What do yeah, you want to nominate? I'm going to go Total Recall Face-Off. I don't think Total Recall... Can um, even take down Face-Off? Could take... No, I don't think it has a chance against, like, Terminator 2 or The Matrix. And I'll give a hard target a little bit of breathing room. You know, <laughs> it's, it's... It's earned its spot yeah, for now. Um, but Face-Off um, versus Total Recall, I mean, come on. Come on. <laughs> Total Recall is... It, I I love Total Recall, but it's not great it, action movie per well, se. Well, it's another one of those that that you know that because it it sits in that kind of um, sci fi camp, it it's got three titted women. It's you know, mm-hmm. it's tough to to um, you know to to put it up against a lot of these movies that are just like you know, um, uh, just re- you know, yeah. over ridiculous, over the top nineties action movies, yeah. right? Because it isn't that, but um, but it's it's such a, a an enjoyable movie. Yeah, like it's it's such a, a fun concept and and just like a, um, I don't know. It's the it's, scene where he's dressed up like the old woman, and then like two weeks, and she starts like <laughs> freaking out, and all of a sudden it opens up, and Arnold's under there. It's, it's cool shit. Then the scene with like the X ray that was some early CGI work that they were doing, and yeah, yeah. looks pretty cool. The um, uh, the scene where they get, get uh, knocked out onto the surface of Mars and their eyes pop eyes out, are bulging out. <laughs> but then they just go back to perfectly normal after that. <laughs> yeah, just totally fine. <laughs> yeah, I total recall versus face off. I mean, it is two very different things uh, from one another, but but I don't know. I mean, yeah, sorry, John Woo, for me. It's all about Total Recall. A lot of things they were doing, for me, I was experiencing those kind of things for the first time, and so it holds a special place in my heart. Uh, This one just, as I said, snuck in. It's a 1990 film, and for me, um, you know, we've already got Hard Target in, which I kind of think is probably, for my money, Woo's Best American go-around, so... Yeah, I got no problems saying goodbye to Face Off, but it's it's another one that's on the cusp of the decade too, right? This movie came out in 1990. It's very like I just <laughs> saw what's next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't oh, wait! Uh, I can't wait. Am I picking the next one? Because yeah. I know what I'm putting it up. In. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, foreshadowing here. <laughs> but back to the matter at hand. My yeah. vote is going to go to Total Recall. Yeah, yeah. It's it's unanimous. It's such a good. Just movie. A, I just love it. It's you know the action sequences aren't quite as good as Face Off per se, but it's just a fun Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's got all the good lines in it. 
Oh, great lines. Was he? What he? The Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone. Yeah. Consider stuff. this a divorce. Consider this a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. So, with Face Off out, that means we still have in Total Recall, Hard Target, Goldeneye, uh, Terminator Two, The Matrix, and entering the competition. Under siege. Get the fuck out of here, <laughs> Steven Seagal bullshit. <laughs> Steven Seagal. Oh, amazing. All right, so, Jesse. It's my pick. It's your pick, sir. Well, I'm going to put Under Siege against, the, against Terminator 2. <laughs> it's technically your pick. Oh, is it, is it my pick? Yeah, I picked... Well, uh, oh, who cares? Pick. Jesse's pick is fine. I'm picking, I'm picking <laughs> Under Siege against Terminator 2 just so it has no fucking chance right. of going through. <laughs> And it tells you, I don't even remember the movie that well, but I remember some good uh, Steven Seagal stories. <laughs> I'm very surprised that Steven Seagal didn't write this movie because it's just he did, like uh, this. He is a producer on it, and it's like a Ste- something something Steven Seagal production, okay. much like Out for Justice. So this is his like before he was playing the kind of a hybrid of like Sonny Corleone and Vito Corleone yeah. that can do Aikido in this film. He's playing like a hybrid of like I don't know uh, Anthony Bourdain, and <laughs> oh, he's a chef in this one, right? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Who is the ultimate weapon of the U.S. Navy? <laughs> this is the one where the guy he's trying to the guy's trying to kill him with a butcher knife, and it's filmed in slow mo and then sped up and looks like shit. Skull can't do fucking martial arts to save his life unless he's just beating up on somebody. Well, I, I love when uh, when you still see him coming out at like Aikido or like exhibitions and this sort of thing nowadays. And like to me, don't get me wrong, I'm sure that I'm going to say this, and then some Aikido guy's going to walk up to me on the street and be like, "Hey, snap your fucking arm real quick." Yeah, snap my arm and kick me in the balls. <laughs> but like, besides those two moves and just like waving your hands in people's faces and shit, like. I saw it. It's like one step away from magic for me. Like, if you see some of these old videos of, like, Seagal just, like, waving his hands and people are falling down. And the reason you know it's bullshit is you never see Aikido, like, sparring or them actually fighting each other. It's always a demonstration. Of masters. It's one dude. It's Steven Seagal beating the shit out of some guy that's not fighting back. (laughs) And at least with, like, karate, kung fu, these other things, there's actual sparring. It may not be full-on contact fighting, but you can see two guys battling their... There are moves against each other. Mm-hmm. Where Steven Seagal is just like, come here, I'm going to fucking flip you over and then <laughs> kick you in the nuts. And then there's one story. Um, George LaBelle, who's this famous judo practitioner, um, Steven Seagal went up to him and said, uh, if you put me in any kind of submission hold, I, I'd be able to get out of it. So George LaBelle puts, oh, him, fuck. puts, puts him in a fucking rear naked choke. Yeah. And from what I've heard, Steven Seagal begins to karate chop him in the dick that's his move to get out of any submission hold and george bell's like nope (laughs) and from what i've heard you see seagal's eyes starting lower he's about to go out and all of a sudden here (laughs) seagal immediately says okay i tap out you got me you got me he walks away and the smell of shit fills the room Now, <laughs> I need some substantiating of this story, now, but this, I hope it's true. This is obviously there's no footage of it, but <laughs> as I was doing some research on Steven Seagal, this story popped up three different times, three different people telling it. It's one of those stories that's always circulated, <laughs> and it has to be true. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a story like that, you know, like one person can make it up, but if like enough people are saying it, it, it had to have happened. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah it's oh, wow. You know, that's so I, how, obviously <laughs> like okay. So for uh, a lot of people, they probably remember near the end of of Anderson Silva's amazing title streak. Yeah. Um, and I'm a huge Anderson Silva fan. Have been for years. We've talked about it before, you yeah. and I, Jesse, since his time in uh, Cage Rage, the champion over there. Um, you know, and I saw him a bit in, you know, in, when he when he would fight. Uh, wow, my brain's not working today. Fighting in Pride, but you know, Vanderlei was the big guy over there, and Fedor yeah. and, and Dan Henderson and guys like that. And I'm not that old, so you know. Uh, and he was still up and coming, right? And he's at a shootbox camp over there, so he's he's part of that group, or at least in those days, right? And obviously, we've all heard the stories now of like Steven Seagal giving him the move that won, yeah, this or that fight. Him claiming this, right? And and Anderson Silva is a, obviously you can tell he's a very um, he's a very nice person. He's very kind to people when they, yeah. you know, he'll, he'll listen to people. And by all accounts, he seems, seems to be like a very well-balanced guy. You see him doing fucking capoeira with people off the street, you know, just like going to like a normal capoeira class. Like yeah, everyone he's a else. man and, of the people. And he just go, you know, plays soccer with his kids, goes out, plays paintball with people and stuff like, like he doesn't, there's nothing special about him in his mind. So I could see very much like him kind of being in awe of this action star. Totally. And it's and obviously, you know, we're as much as we're making fun of Steven Seagal here. It's his his combat knowledge is still competent because, like, he, he obviously, you know, to get to the level that he's at, he still got, you know, yeah, he's, he's trained got, a lot. And he's, yeah, and he well, has brains, yeah. and you know, like, we're not knocking his ability. He obviously is a police officer, this sort of thing. Somehow keeps releasing fucking movies, <laughs> but um, in, in any case, like, it's just it, it's. It's ridiculous to me that I think the move was the front kick on v- yeah, the, uh, the, Vitor Belfort, if wait, I remember, was the one that, like, you know. Knockout of the year right there. <laughs> yeah, and then you start seeing a lot but, of front but, kicks, but it's like, uh, Is he claiming that he taught Anderson Silva to, the front kick? Yeah. The most basic <laughs> kick? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, but go higher. Hit him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Where does he get off even saying that? Yeah, like, I've never seen that guy lift his leg at all. No, he's never kicked anyone in anything. <laughs> it's always that fucking Like, waves hand his hand, arm break kick him in the balls yeah that's as far as his leg goes up to your testicles yeah and sometimes he'll kneel down and punch you in the testicles just to keep the work down yeah but in any case um some of my favorite lines from from uh under siege is when he's locked in the freezer and he's trying to tell uh the guy from the fugitive uh um the kid uh to uh take his pies out of the oven that's a good moment you know he's all concerned he's like there's gunfire by the way, get my pies. Get out. those pies out. You know, like okay, um, <clears throat> his like weird relationship with the captain. You know, like only I cook for the captain. Like okay, a little <laughs> sure. strange, whatever. And then my the other thing that I love a, a legitimate great scene in the film. Uh, mind you, Tommy Lee Jones kind of reminds me of you know any of the the uh, mouth harp professionals, let's say that you might see in a in a Canadian. Blues act. Well, that, <laughs> <laughs> am I overstepping my bounds here? No, no, it's fine. But um, I love when he just like stops doing the harmonica thing and is like, "Who's the highest ranking officer here?" And the guy puts up his hand and he just pulls out the gun and is like, 
bang right in the right between the fucking eyes <laughs> best kill of the movie i'm sorry like you know i i have no problem with fucking Busey coming out dressed as the as a as a woman like playing around with that and then going and killing the captain and all that. that's that's great stuff but the best kill of the movie is totally tommy lee jones right between the eyes on that fucking guy when he totally baits him because everyone's so into this fucking blues blues and jazz <laughs> they're like rhythm and blues kind of performance that's going on on the on the ship it's like you know okay if that's your thing bunch of 20 year old men in the 90s <laughs> just they just love them some fucking rhythm love, and blues love that blues but yeah in any case um that's those are the moments that stand out for me of course the, the last thing I'll mention is what we've talked about a lot I'm sorry, but even the fucking Canadian government would not allow, like, the best of the best of the best of the best in our naval fleet that trains everybody and, like, can, you know, pull the fucking sun out of the sky and every other goddamn thing Mm -hmm. to work in a kitchen. I'm sorry. Like, I understand the idea of, like, keeping your eye on him. But, no, you're going to keep his fucking family hostage or something. That's what you're going to do. And you're going to him keep trading people. You know, even Tommy Lee Jones and Hunted, it's like they have tabs on this fucking guy all the time. Yeah. And the second that he's got to come back, he's just got to come back. It's not a conversation. Just get in the fucking truck. So that's that's one thing that I kind of have wrong with this film and all the, like, the, the, the sequel and so forth. It's just like. Hey, guy that can totally kill everyone ever, like make some fucking jambalaya it's for a great me. Creme brulee you got going there. <laughs> yeah. How are those pies? But yeah, what movies is even going up against? <laughs> Terminator Two because fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Can we say goodbye now that I've finished yeah. ranting? Oh, I got one more. Oh, okay, Steven please. Seagal story. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I remember here. We don't have another Seagal film. I don't you think on this list. So you gotta get your get your. This Seagal was. Uh, I'm not sure what movie he was on, but this is after he'd really gotten to Buddhism, and he'd like. Met with the Dalai Lama, and Dalai Lama had officially declared him some like higher being or something. <laughs> and he was on set, and he was all talking about how like he just, yeah, I'm, you know, I've transcended humanity now. I'm a, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm at peace with myself and humanity. And someone's like, uh, Stephen, uh, your your wife just called. She's not gonna be able to drop out the kids this weekend. He's like, that fucking bitch. You tell her that she fucking <laughs> drop those kids fucking off. <laughs> Where did you hear that story? Do I even want to know? That it was someone on the Howard Stern show. I think it was oh, okay. uh, John Leguizamo. I believe it was, or someone like that. I oh, watched so maybe it was executive decision. It could have been executive decisions. Oh I think. yeah. Because yeah. Leguizamo would have been pissed. Like you were saying, Devin, didn't he make the front fucking covers <laughs> yeah. to go yeah. the movie for ten minutes? <laughs> Steven Seagal is an executive decision for about like five minutes at the beginning of the movie, yeah. and John Leguizamo is in it right up until the very end. Like he shoots the main bad guy. Yeah. And Leguizamo, not even on the cover. Leguizamo has a, actually had a lot of good things to say about him. There's one part where they were doing rehearsals, and everyone's kind of joking around. The Steam Seagal was kind of getting pissed off that people were joking out and listening to him. And he basically come up and said something along the lines of, you know, I'm the top guy here. You listen to me. And then John Leguizamo made some kind of wise crack. And he put, like, he karate flipped fucking Leguizamo on the ground and, like, put his, like, foot on his neck and was like, this dude was fucking insane. <laughs> so right off the bat, they just did not get along. So that's probably why he's talking shit about him. Anywho. Oh, next one in, gentlemen. If this was still a bracketed format, this would be our number one seat. 1995's Die Hard with a Vengeance. So Die Hard with a Vengeance is joining Total Recall, Hard Target, GoldenEye, Terminator 2, and The Matrix. In our current... uh, Seating. I don't know whatever the fuck you call this. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm going to put it up against 
Something that I need to get out. What do I need to get out of here? Um, let's put it up against Goldeneye. Ooh. Ooh. I think this Water is a harder one than did. people think. Yeah, Sam Jackson in this one. We've told the story before, but the sign on him that he goes down to Harlem wearing <laughs> I, is I, I actually the ends. Ends, yeah. <laughs> you were reading an yeah, article yeah. on it. So you watch the edit on TBS, uh, and it says, I hate everyone. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> he's... he's like black gentlemen in, in fucking Harlem are are very upset he hates about everyone this man that doesn't like people. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm gonna need you to take that sign off because I'm a person, okay? Yeah, I do not appreciate <laughs> the language you use, sir. <laughs> but that was what the sign actually said. That yeah. wasn't an edit. The sign he went out on the streets and said, "I like, of course, because." Yes. It's very difficult to explain <laughs> the other <side>. otherwise. <laughs> and so and so you watch the TBS and it looks like like man, like this is such a bad edit, but that was the actual That's sign. That's the sign they were in the actual yeah. scene. <laughs> this makes sense. <laughs> Who's the bad guy in this one? It was uh Jeremy Irons. Irons. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy Irons, Irons is a badass villain in this one. I this is this is a <sighs> Mary had a little lamb, fleece as white as snow. <laughs> He's always like making these little like riddles for him and stuff. Well, this script isn't much like all the Die Hard films, really. Um, so the first one, obviously, written for Arnold Schwarzenegger as a sequel to Commando. Um, second one, legitimate Die Hard, I believe. This one is actually a script off the Hollywood blacklist that was originally just called Simon Says, uh-huh. and it was just a cop going up against and and like a every day man kind of thing going up against a terrorist named simon then it was uh refashioned because it was just a really good highly touted action script that no one had utilized um throw bruce willie in there and make it a diehard exactly so it was kind of refashioned into a diehard flick and uh that seems to be the the trick with these films so let's let's take a book from the series that the detectives, Frank Sinatra's detective is from. Let's refashion that as Die Hard. And then, you know, they make number two and it's just kind of the same thing, whatever. And then they, again, refashion something else into a Die Hard film. And again, so one and three are kind of the standouts in the entire series. And it's just kind of interesting how they both originally started out as separate properties. And in fact, Bruce Willis was way down the fucking list of options for the first Die Hard. They went to like everybody and their brother. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, my stepdad got offered the role, you know, like, <laughs> anybody, you know, hey, you on the corner, whatever. You want to be in a movie? No, nah, no, not that movie. A lot of these movies that go into sequels, especially from the 80s into the 90s, have have just um, this problem where they don't really evolve, you know? The the cinematography or, or the story just doesn't really um, transcend, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, something like a... You know, joking uh, before about uh, how Death Wish 5, The Face of Death, wasn't on this list. It's like, it's so painfully out of its era. By you know, they're still writing them the same. Yeah. And, and, and still, you know, directing them the same, that it looks like it's a movie that was just made in, in like, 79 or whatever, when Death Wish 1 came out or whatever. Yeah. Um, and Die Hard just, just is not... 
Ironically, Bronson still looks exactly the same, too. Same haircut, same everything. Same mustache, same haircut. (laughs) Minus, you know, plus a little just for men in there. uh, (laughs) Die Hard just, just, it, it, the the whole series, they, they really, um, uh, really managed to make them appeal to, to the audience of the time, Mm -hmm. you know, um, even Die Hard 2, which a lot of people talk a lot of shit about. I it's, like it. It's a good yeah. movie, yeah. especially when you compare it to a lot of the other other action movies that were out in the era. Yeah, the high school for the eyeball. That's Die Hard with a Vengeance was, was I mean, like, especially for, like, 95. Yeah. I, I look back on this movie, and it feels just as modern as, as like, uh, The Matrix. Or, or It feels just as, know. it feels a lot better than, like, Desperado, which has already gone <laughs> yeah. out, or, like, Con Air, which I think. Is still coming, which came out two years after. And we were talking about how The Matrix is almost like opening a chapter for like this new type of action movie, but it's—I mean, Die Hard with a Vengeance was was almost doing doing the same while while these these like early '90s action movie styled action movies were still coming out around it. Yeah. You know, um, it's just it's it's very. Uh, um. The, you know they they don't have to go over the top with it. Yeah. Um. Uh. It's just just. Oh God! What a, what a what a great movie! And and if for for somebody to say that it's not a traditional action movie or anything like that, even like it's it's Ooh. full of it. I, I don't Who know said that? Where that, it at? That's a an argument against the movie that that that. Um, <laughs> You know, it's not like well, it's got a mad bomber vibe and yeah. and and this sort of thing, which is all a bait and switch, which makes it yeah slightly, and and also the fact that um, there seems to still be a set of rules, like the killer or sorry, like the the terrorists who aren't actually terrorists do have a set of rules, much like the first one though. So all of that, if you consider the first Die Hard an action film, then you have to consider this Die Hard an action. Oh, film. absolutely. So. I'm gonna vote Die Hard as much as like I do love Goldeneye, but with a vengeance. I say Die Hard with a vengeance over Goldeneye. Die Hard, absolutely, no question. Oh, it's getting down to the end here, gentlemen. Oh fuck! Next film in (laughs) the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic Eraser. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Devin, I think this was on your list, if memory serves. And why don't you? Uh, yeah. No, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't. I would not. <laughs> I would not have picked a racer, like sir. Yeah. Oh, okay. That so was, is this Danny's uh, doing? Susan Anthony. Oh fuck. Where, where They're not even here to defend the shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, the start of that movie was a fucking gun. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't even want to put this somebody, up against somebody. Somebody just... was like <laughs> your it, luggage. I don't even feel like there was a script or anything. Somebody like initially, somebody was just like, "Wouldn't it be cool if there was a gun that could shoot through walls?" It's like let's make a movie around it. Let's let's get let's call Arnold. Let's Arnold's gonna it. shoot an alligator. Okay, <laughs> he jumps out of a, a a plane at one point and uh, lands on a, a car, doesn't he? In a wrecking yard, is that not? I don't think I this? remember that, but it's been a while. Yeah, something like that. And his doesn't his shoot not open or something like that, and he still fucking survives somehow. Yeah, something well, I I don't. He's heavier than the car. At this this point. movie is just <laughs> fucked. It's just yeah. fucked. It's yeah. terrible. It's not yeah. Arnold's finest hour by well, any means. James Caan is the baddie in this one, right? Jimmy Caan. Yeah, not his finest moment either. 
Not even anybody's, Godfather, damn it. <laughs> not humanity's finest moment, this goddamn movie. It's okay. not. It's not bad. I don't want to. It, it is bad. Is I didn't bad. even I mean, rewatch this. Was fucking tournament. It's a waste of my time. It's not one of the stronger films on this list by any means. But uh, you know, what's it up against? It's not going up against anything. I'm, 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 if I'm holding this fucking thing out, if you back me up, Devin, then we don't even have to put this up against anything. I'd say that any movie that's currently in is better than this. So yeah. Get out of get out of here. Yeah. You've been erased. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well played, sir. Was well the played. gun called the eraser? Like what was No, it was It was him. I can't even Is remember. he the eraser? He's the eraser. Is what they intended yeah. the to pencil? do with the script before they fucking put it into production. He, what he does is he he um he erases people. Yeah, it's like witness protection. Um, and this woman was a whistleblower because these guys were going to sell these uh, these X-ray guns to like terrorists. Or <laughs> all something. right, all right. I don't fucking know. On to the next one. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah. This is fatiguing me just talking about this piece of shit, especially when compared to my favorite Luc Besson film by far, Leon the Professional. Yeah. Starring international action star Jean Reno. Yeah. Or Gene Reno, as we Gene call him. Gene Reno. <laughs> hey, it's Gene Reno. <laughs> yeah, man. Leon's awesome. Leon's great. Oldman is off the fucking chart. Bonjour. This is like. <laughs> Bonjour, Gene Reno. <laughs> Good God. Oh, I love calling him Gene Reno. Oh, man. I would call him Gene Reno to his face because I think he would like it. He'd be like, I like this guy. <laughs> he knows where it's at. We argued about this one a little bit, just on the the merits of of an action movie. Yeah, but like so many people had voted for it. It was right in the middle of the pack, yeah. so we had to let it go in. Sure. And I was one of the ones that voted for it. And Jesse, you were one of the ones that voted for it. I love, love, love this fucking movie. Obviously, Natalie Portman's first appearance on screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fuck, dude. Like this is this. Yeah, this is one of those ones where it's more like a character dramatic story with action elements in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gary Oldman's villain. It's one of Gary Oldman's like better performances, I think, like of a series of great performances. <laughs> yeah, when he fucking comes in and fucking kills that entire family, the entire family, with fucking the... murders them. <laughs> oh my god! Like to this day, I've seen that movie, you know, so many times, like an uncountable amount of times, yeah. and I like. Every time, I still am like... He's listening to Beethoven at the yeah. time and shit. It's fucking... Oh, that was Mozart. Or Mozart. One of the, one yeah. of the two. And, um, yeah, it just floors me every fucking time. Every time. And also, I I love when, when uh, Matilda, you know, is like sitting there with a cigarette. And she's so excited. She gets to be a kid. Like, yeah. when, she, you know, she, he's like, okay, get me the milk. Like, he doesn't talk to anyone. He finally, like, allows her to get him the milk. Yeah. And she's so happy. And, of course, she comes back. And this is what's going on. And so she keeps walking and, you know, standing outside the door like, please open, please open. And he's got the fucking gun there. It's such a great moment. All of the... Uh, Oh, shit. We should put it up against something. Who's, oh, yeah. <laughs> who's, who's up next? I'm up next because we skipped me the time previous. Um, I need this film to stay in. I'm putting it up. There's no way that it's beating Total – or that it's not beating Total Recall on this table. Maybe I'm wrong, but – Well, let's discuss it. Let's discuss it. <laughs> um, all of the – so let's let's put it up. I, you know, it's difficult enough, but, like, I feel like it's it's going to sneak through unless someone's like, ooh, it's this action. But, like, fucking Total Recall is not that action-y either. Let's be yeah. serious here. It's almost yeah. a sci-fi flick. Um, all of the scenes where he's killing people are great. When he – that uh, 
the fat mob guy where they um have the shade on the outside of the window and he's just killing everyone, killing everyone. And this guy thinks finally thinks he's safe. And then fucking uh, Leon just puts the knife to his neck and holds the phone up yeah. to his ear. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, fucking Tony. And I, I love Tony, the character, you know, at the, the restaurant, um, keeping his money safe because he's better than a yeah, bank. Yeah, I'm better no than a gonna... bank. No one loves Tony. <laughs> and he holds true to that. Like, yeah. he gives Matilda the money at the end. And it's like, oh my God, I can't fucking believe how good this movie is. And, uh, you know, the plant. I love the plant. And that, hands down, forget the final sequence, as great as that final sequence is. It's not actually that actiony when you look back on it. But when he goes into the police station, he takes a fucking cab to the police station <laughs> to get Matilda out of there. And he's just ripping through a downtown police station. And they're all just like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> And it, like, I'm sitting there thinking, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> it's Gene Reno. That's yeah, who it is. Gene Reno coming through. <laughs> <laughs> Jean Reno. I love him. I love him. Yep. Ronan's another one that's not on this list. Cool. He's great in Ronan. Uh, uh, yeah. Like, he's great in everything. Mission Impossible's not on this list. He's great in Mission Impossible. He's great in uh, Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's probably <laughs> one of the shining lights in that fucking movie. It's probably so. the only good thing in Godzilla <laughs> the movie. Oh man! So yeah, like this flick is so fucking good. I love his gun. I love the milk thing. I love the plant. I love that whole scene where you know, like he goes to see old movies, and this yeah. is his thing. Like he has no. He's outside... very childlike. And yeah, he's, he's simple and. And I do like the weird, like non-sexual relationship that they have. That's yeah. almost an intimate thing. It's not, and obviously, like you know, for for Portman because she's. Almost like psychologically more mature than he yeah, is. Yeah, emotionally and psychologically, they're kind of on par, and she's even yeah. more so than in the scenes where she's coming on to him mm-hmm. and saying she wants a relationship. He's the one that's timid and just knows it's wrong, and mm-hmm. she's kind of forcing herself on him, and it's kind of a weird mm-hmm. power play and stuff. Yeah, and like he's making like fucking puppet uh, yeah, puppets yeah. out of oven mitts and shit, and <laughs> you know, like it's 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 really really a cool movie. But yeah, going to see the old movies, and then she they're doing the scene where you know. Like a virgin yeah. and all of the things that she's, you know, she's like, guess who I am? And he's like, no idea, no idea. And he's he's fucking John Wayne and she's like, no idea. Who the fuck and, is that? Yeah. And, uh, and he's doing the lean. That's so yeah. good, the John Wayne <laughs> lean. And he's like, howdy, pilgrim. <laughs> it's like, no, oh, I was going to say that. I was going to say John Wayne, like, just before. But, uh, and when she finally gets Gene Kelly, you're like, yeah. Fucking right. I like this bonding. I'll save a little bit because I can go through fucking 20 more moments on this film. But does anyone have anything they want to offer up in rebuttal for Total Recall before we go to the vote? Not really. No. Um, for me, I, I want to see I want to see Leon go through. Let's I, go, Leon. All right. Devin? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go Unanimous? Leon. Yeah. Perfect. Sorry, Arnold. You just got taken out by Gene. That's right. Jean? Next on the list. <laughs> tell, tell you what, I'll put you. you, you yeah. yeah. Why so don't I, you announce it, sir? So this was one of my picks, and I feel kind of bad about it now because I remember really liking it as a kid, and uh, after rewatching it last night, I realized why it wasn't on anybody else's list. <laughs> but it's uh, 1992's Universal Soldier. Um, Jean Claude Van Damme, Dolph um, Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, Lundgren. Um, 
nobody else of note. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, but, George's boss from Seinfeld is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. It's, it's an awful movie. It is an awful movie. I barely um, remember it. Dude, so. this, is, this movie is <laughs> one scene. They just keep like, Ar- like sorry, Arnold. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme is literally saying the same lines in every scene. He's like, my tour is over. It's time for me to go home. I just want to go home. They're innocent. Yeah. I am just They're, hungry. I'm yeah. just trying to eat some food. Yeah. <laughs> he says the same lines in every fuck. And it's like, I get it. He's flashing back. I get it. Can we just... All right. That's the whole script. Forget it. There, like, there's some pretty cool action scenes. Yep. Um, like, it's cool to just see them, like, executing all of this stuff with, like, super precision. Like, when they... There's some... Uh, they, there's, like, a dam where there's a hostage crisis. Mm-hmm. And they're just going through and doing everything super coordinated, and it's it's pretty cool. Um, but then that quickly f- ends because that's like the f- the fifteen minutes that they introduce these guys to you at the beginning of the movie, and then it's just shit for the <laughs> for the whole rest of it. Like, well, I, I like how uh, Dolph Lundgren coming back from the dead is racism just kicks right back in (laughs) these yellow traitors jesus christ he he uses the word gook like so many times in this movie that movie should never be used outside of a vietnam war movie (laughs) well the first scene is in vietnam he's got the fucking uh necklace of of, uh, ears ears. ah yeah and he's gonna kill the last two Vietnamese people that you see in this entire film, despite (laughs) spouting that that wonderful g word like so many times that like Literally, I switched because like I was watching it um, earlier this week, and I didn't want the people who are also like nearby to think that I was watching some kind of weird propaganda situation <laughs> or something. So I literally – the f- first time that I've ever watched an English-speaking movie with subtitles on, muted. Oh, wow. Like because I just – like it was, it was getting to me, dude. Like it was getting to me the amount of times he was just accusing – white people of being like yellow traders as you put it and different stuff like that like well as he put it as, as he, he put, put it, it. Uh, as you oh, put it yeah, yeah he put it yeah i'm not, I'm not gonna drag <laughs> yeah. you down with him Devin. but um, yeah that being said dolph lundgren dived head first into the script so you got to give him respect i suppose for that you know yeah, he didn't write it right? <laughs> he, yeah it's like it, this isn't a um a fucking um you know freddie versus jason uh destiny's child moment with you <laughs> Fucking. Anyway, I, yeah, what I mean, are you putting this up against, Chief? Um, I don't know. Let's put Universal Soldier against uh, Hard Target because they're both fucking. Oh, ridiculous. Van Damme on Van Damme. Van Damme yeah. on Van Damme action. Um, see, so I mean, I guess in it, um, in its defense, it is a little bit funny. Uh, not, I don't think purposefully. Um, yeah, and. I think Dolph Lundgren finds it funny. <laughs> we, haven't re- we haven't really defended a movie on that basis yet, though, and and there have been quite, or I guess Hard Target, we kind of have, but oh yeah, and it's going to be the same. Face Off is hilarious, but we never really brought that to Face Off's defense, we so did. it's a little bit we, unfair. We to, brought up yeah, a lot of crazy so. shit about Face Off when it was still in. It's a it's a little bit unfair to to say that Universal Soldier is a good movie because it's an awful movie. Because um, I I I. Have have made that argument against a lot of movies here, but it, but that that is probably its only appeal. Is it's like they they get into this first uh, first um, sort of proving test of the Universal Soldier, and like immediately, like right out of the gates, Jean Claude Van Damme just like freezes up and like looks at Dolph Lundgren, <laughs> and the guys in the control room are like, I, I you know, like it's like GR forty four or something, yeah. like GR forty four. 
GR44. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Can you back to the mission? Can you not do that? <laughs> and like they know, like the oh, oh right, this is the guy who was killed by the other guy that's on the team. That well, went they don't know that. Insane they don't know that. Everybody. They just found everyone because but, they didn't even but do there were forens- survivors. No, there wasn't. There, there, um, there were like a bunch of people that were running away, and then he. Uh, no, he threw a grenade at that woman. Said no, no, no. Jean Claude Van Damme says. <laughs> <laughs> I've never said that on the show before. <laughs> he threw a grenade at the woman. He did. He did. He grenade. But he um uh he uh pulls like he grabs a soldier that's running away at one point and he says, "What's happening?" And they're like, "Like Colonel went crazy. He's killed killing everybody or something." Oh, and then they run away. The JCVD. Yeah, that's right. So somebody would have known that this is these are like probably the. Like, the worst, most traumatized picks. Like, you could just pick, like, somebody in any war that just kind of, they took but they took the wrong bullet. They didn't bullet. consult but with those is... people, though, because they immediately put them on ice for 20 years. Yeah. They just literally froze them e- in a bucket of ice even for if, 20 years. Even if they didn't have have the, the, um, the anecdotal evidence from speaking to somebody else that was there, they did find Dolph Grun- Lundgren with, with a necklace Near of necklace. ears. So but JCBD had both ears, so you don't know. Well, but... <laughs> okay, whatever. But and, I see your point, but there's no way to prove what side is, JCBD was on. That's my point. This is... Uh, so they're getting away, the, the news reporter's in the car with him, and this is the one that I was talking about where she's like, she's like so what are you, like French-Canadian? Are you yeah. are you from France? Like, what is that accent? And he just goes, "What accent?" <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, then just, and then they just breeze past it. Well, until she, until, until they get to the parents' house, yeah. and she sh- they show up, and the mom's like, "Ah, Louis Sacre Bleu, or something like whatever his fucking name is. I'm like, "Oh my god, I forgot about this." Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's this horrible, horrible idea that nobody just acknowledges being a terrible. Idea, this fucking ultra traumatized dude that you you like you have to give them an injection like every single time you you thaw them out so that they don't remember these horrible dramatic events that led to their death. Here's and a question: As soon as they do, everything falls apart immediately. <laughs> Here's a question for you: There is a sequel that has Dolph Lundgren in it. It's like okay. 2007, something like that. Because there's a bunch of Universal yeah, yeah. Soldier movies. There's been a few. There, yeah, there's. There were, like, a surprising amount of Universal Soldier movies. I know that uh, Van Damme's been in quite a few of them because, you know. Needs the money. He needs the money. <laughs> but um, Dolph Lundgren is also in one. And I'm just recalling the final fight sequence, which is them fighting it out. And then he, he doesn't spin kick. He just does a high kick and puts him into, like, this... This racking, what looks like racking with spikes on it, right? And you're like, hmm, that's really interesting. And he goes dead, right? And then so Van Damme gets close. And, of course, he's just full of fucking blades. And Lundgren wakes up and grabs his fucking head. (laughs) It's like one final, like, jump scare type moment. And Van Damme turns on whatever this machine that he stuck to is, which turns out to be a wood chipper. Ah. Second appearance of a wood chipper in Second this tournament. Wood so if you put Lundgren through a wood chipper, how did you then remake him for the sequel? You know, we've got a serious continuity issue. Well, they blew up serious. Jaws in the movie and he came you back. Know, so. I've been committed to these sequels. <laughs> All right. Until Lundgren came back and now I just can't do it. Can't do it. I can't do it. 
fucking bullshit. And what's it up against? It's uh, I don't know. Or it doesn't matter. Oh, <laughs> it's up against uh, finding your daddy. Yeah, I tried. Oh, far target, yeah. yeah. Well, hard target is my vote. Yeah, obviously. I felt like I had to watch Universal Soldier because I put it on this list. Yeah. and it's... I almost did, and I was like, I'm just going to watch scenes from it, I think. Yeah, yeah. you are lucky. You are far luckier than, yeah. than I for having not wasted that two hours. It's like two hours and four minutes, too. This is not a short movie. <laughs> no. It's a long movie. Long 90s action film, yeah. Fuck this movie. I yeah. vote for our target. <laughs> Although I feel like movies, like we were saying off air, um, in the vein of Terminator 2 and this sort of thing, are to blame for this uh, sci-fi action hybrid situation that happened in the early 90s. Um, yeah. Whatever. Fuck Universal Soldier. Yeah. No spin kicks. The fuck is that shit? Only high kicks. Shit Van Damme shit. movie. He even does a spin kick when he's playing goal for fucking Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh. <laughs> I really should have left that one on. Yeah, you should have left Sudden Death. Oh, Sudden, sudden Death. death. Shelly should be in here. <laughs> he has to have a shootout or his, his goalie and stop it or the place blows up or some shit. That was a last minute decision. I had to choose Universal Soldier or Sudden Death. And I thought Universal Soldier was the better pick. And then I watched Universal Soldier. <laughs> 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 All right. Next up. Oh, Another big boy of the tournament. This is a big one. So, so far we have... What do we got in here? The Matrix and Terminator are still... We're not even touching these. Hard Target. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Um, Leon the Professional. And now entering the tournament, True Lies. Who's... Who's nominating a film next? I don't even... We're, let's get rid of the order. Jesse, you want to nominate something right. on this list? Let's take a look at that you list. Can either, you can either go with True Lies or you can go with something else. Well, let's get True Lies in there. Let's get do some True, Lies True Lies versus Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm picking. That is a foregone conclusion. <laughs> True Lies is a great True play. Lies is awesome. We talked about um, about True Lies versus uh, Last Action Hero uh, earlier this week, though. Um, I feel like that... Had <laughs> a hard nut. I feel like that kind of cemented my position on, on True Lies. Um, I never thought it was that good of a movie. And you made the point that, like, well, it's like a parody action movie. It's supposed to be funny. It's like Last Action Hero really succeeds in that it, because it the whole movie is about how ridiculous action movies are. Mm-hmm. True Lies, because it doesn't really break that that fourth wall, it does just seem like a serious attempt at an action movie. And because there's a couple scenes where it's like they aren't funny. They are just action movie scenes. Mm. Like the the big like jet fighter fight on the bridge and stuff like that. It's he not shoots funny. a rocket yeah, with a man not, strapped yeah. to it. <laughs> but it's not funny. It's not That's really funny. funny. It's 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 given to you as as like high action, mm. like um, crescendo mm. uh, kind of a feel. Do rather, you know what this than... is a snow cone maker. <laughs> 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 He's got stuff. Got the classic Arnold lines in it. The uh, we were talking about obviously the init- the opening car chase with the, is it the sand spider? Is the sand what, spider. Is what we agreed yeah. his name was. Um, <laughs> And of course, he's chasing him, and he gets in. He's on horseback, and the guy's on on a, a motorcycle, and they get in the elevator, and they're watching each other in the elevator. Arnold's on the horse, and 
And then at the top of the building, of course, the motorcycle jumps onto an adjacent building, and Arnold's just like, fuck it. Fuck <laughs> this horse. <laughs> and goes to jump. That's a good moment, even though the horse is not down with this uh, parody. Although the horse, if this was a true parody, and this is where I am on the side of Devin, horse should have made it. Mm. Horse yeah. makes it. Horse lands on the other side. They don't get the bad guy, though. Because oh. then, like, the horse lands, and then the horse just wants to chill out. Horse isn't hurt. Just, like, you know. Like, put, maybe he makes the jump, and you're like, oh, horse is going to die. Makes the jump, and then he sees, like, some fucking roughage there or something, and he starts diving into the the trough. Yeah. You know? That's that's what I, I want to see that in that scene. So, you're right. Like, there are moments that don't go far enough. Of course... Uh, the clear standout being Bill Paxton in this film playing uh, the sleazy car salesman uh, who's tricking um, Arnold's wife, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, into thinking that he's a spy. Which I find I thought that is interesting because he's a salesman pretending to be a spy. Yeah. Or Schwarzenegger's a spy pretending to be a salesman. Yeah. All right. All right rest in peace, Bill Paxton, obviously. Yes. Legend lost this year. What's up? You just fire some guns in there. Yeah, <laughs> nice. He uh, he will be missed. That's for certain. Love him and everything. Tom Arnold is a great comedic uh, sidekick in this one. Mm. Apparently, that was um, uh, James Cameron really wanted him in this movie, and the studio was like, "No, we don't want him. Hey, he's doing this whole public public uh, divorce with Roseanne Barr right now." And and uh, the director said, "No, I'm not doing it without 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 him." So thanks to James Cameron for that. For paying Tom Arnold? Yeah. <laughs> Tom Arnold got a paycheck. <laughs> Pay that alimony. <laughs> yeah, Roseanne says thanks to James Cameron, too. <laughs> I don't think it's... Or no, no. What am I saying? She was paying him. Yeah, she was probably paying him. Yeah, totally. I, definitely. That was the breadwinner there, by far. I don't think it's the worst movie on this list. By, definitely by not the worst far, movie on but this I, But I don't think it, it really... Uh... I'd put it in the top... top quarter even oh that's a stretch (laughs) (laughs) that's a real stretch but but yeah i mean it's 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 just not that good i don't know i have i have a if you have a vote and you do (laughs) yeah uh what's it up against what's it up against it doesn't even you put it up against with a vengeance yeah okay yeah please you're taking you're taking Die Hard with a Vengeance over True. I don't need to discuss True Lies, lies any mm. further. Just fucking get out of here. Get well, my vote's here, for True dude. Lies, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Seriously? Yeah. True Lies over uh, over Die Hard with a Vengeance. Can you explain why? <laughs> <laughs> Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> Die Hard with a Vengeance is cool. I like it. It's you know it's the third sequel and it's kind of like you know. I'm over the series by that point. True Lies, it's kind of like, it's self-referential. It's funny. It's got some good action sequences in it. It's got Tom Arnold, who is hilarious in it. It's got, See, you Tom know, Arnold is like the reason I'm not voting no, for I love movie. Tom Arnold. I think he's an underappreciated <laughs> comedic talent. It's like, when you when you compile my list of like the shittiest actors in Hollywood, or the actors, not even shittiest, because I'm sure he can act, I guess. I don't care. Um... But people who I want to see in a movie the least. Like, that guy is just below Sinbad. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Like, just to be clear. Like, you know, 
I don't really hate actors, so I'd probably still watch a movie with either of these cats in it. Yeah. I'm just saying, like... The fuck's the last time Sinbad made a movie? <laughs> also with Arnold, though, right? Jingle all the way? Jingle all the way, yeah, uh, that's right. So, um, but I do love True Lies, all that being said. Uh, and, and, you know, unfortunately, people listening can't really go, you know, travel back and play fly on the wall for the past... You know, week where we've all been talking about this fucking show, right? Including, uh, you know, East, who's not here, Danny, who's not here, and Suze, who's not here. We've all been talking about the different movies that we've all respectively elected. We've been doing that with each other. And I'm sorry, but as much as I thought True Lies was going to go really far when we were going bracket style, um, to be honest, even when I wrote the bracket, I didn't have it beating out something else that was in the same bracket. It was and up against I, Universal Soldier originally. Well, it was going to win the first round, but yeah. <laughs> in any case, um, can't do it. I can't do it. Fair enough. I love it. Well, Devin has the most compelling argument that I've ever heard about. Just like, <laughs> it's got to be more overtly stupid, yeah. which is what fucking uh, Last Action Hero is. True. And that's why you know it sticks with me a lot more. Uh, I think it's a simpler, better way of doing the same shtick. And, uh, but that being said, you know, nothing but respect for James Cameron, nothing but respect for the entire cast and crew because it is um, a beautiful film to look at. It is hilarious, all these things, and it really shouldn't be a film that just comes in and goes right the fuck back out. That's your fault, Jesse. Fair enough. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't do it. Die Hard uh, with a Vengeance, not my favorite film on this list, but better than True Lies. All right. All right. So it is written, so it shall be done. <laughs> oh. Biblical film. Yeah, let's start <laughs> start getting some fucking heavy hitters. This one's going in- against each other here. <clears throat> yeah, this this is going to be interesting, gentlemen. Next film in is Bad Boys. Will Smith, Martin Bad Lawrence, Boys, Bad Boys, Taylioni. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I think that's how the song goes. Um, Michael Bay, another Michael Bay in this competition. And I rewatched this uh, this past week, and this is a good fucking movie, man. Mm -hmm. And and you know why it works so well with Michael Bay behind it? Because he can do whatever stupid bullshit that he wants. He makes things look pretty, perfect. Uh, So everything looks big and beautiful and great. And you've got Martin Lawrence and Will Smith trading off, like... The comedic lead and straight man roles yeah. on a scene by scene fucking basis, and you have two guys who can do it better than it, it, both of those things. Yeah, both straight man and you know yucking it up better than most fucking people in general can. Rewatching this film, it was on. I nominated it, and I was kind of a little bit apprehensive. I watched it. I was like fucking dialed in right up to the last second. We'll talk about it a little bit more. Um, Devin, I'm going to let you do the honors. What do we got here? Bad Boys, Leon the Professional, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Hard Target, Terminator 2, and The Matrix. All right, let's clean up the field here a bit. Bad Boys versus Hard Target. Okay. Clean up the field. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. This should be interesting. <laughs> Bad Boys is is like... Oh, God. It's like every good action movie thing just fucking... Packed into one, yep. it's, it's it's amazing. Good. It's a good movie. It's this distillation of the whole fucking genre, 
And it was ahead of its time, too. I mean, it's a, it's another one of these 95 movies that feels like it could easily have come out, like, a decade later and been relevant. Yeah. You know? Like, that's that movie opens up with them being, like, they're sitting, he's, com- <laughs> Martin Lawrence is eating fast food in, uh, in fucking Will Smith's Porsche. And, and Will Smith is this, you know, rich kid who... Much like your comparison, which was really, really interesting, was Lethal Weapon, where Riggs is kind of this crazy guy who, you know, lives out in a trailer and whatnot. And and, and the only thing that he's kind of somewhat logical about is fighting crime. Yeah. Whereas the only thing that, that Mike Lowry is fucking irrational about is that, like, for whatever reason, if he gets his kicks or whatever from it, he fights crime, you know, and is a, a, a high-ranking narcotics detective. So, you've got them sitting in a car together. Them, you know, Mike Lowry with the nice fucking clothes, the the brand new fucking Porsche, you know, talking about the models he's hanging out with and this sort of thing. And you got Martin Lawrence eating a fucking cheeseburger and fries, <laughs> spilling it all over the car. Um, there's no cup holders in this yeah, thing. There's no cup holders in this thing. Great it's a shiny moment. dick on wheels. <laughs> and these two guys come up to carjack them, and it's like, why have I got always get the big motherfucker? You know. <laughs> Gets out of the car, and I'm sorry, but, like, the, there's not too many moments in action films where I think, okay, the little guy can take out that big guy. But this shtick that they have going where they rile everyone up and they play off each other, and it's beautiful because to to be completely transparent, you know, um, I have a friend who I have a similar shtick with. We kind of do this with each other when we're in public. If we need to get out of us, not like we're not like fighting people and stuff. I'm saying for another reason, doesn't matter. Um, but it was, it, it's a really interesting moment because it elevates and elevates and elevates. Um, and then, of course, he, you know, Martin Lawrence gets that one shot off and then kicks him in the balls. And you're <laughs> like, okay, he could totally take down the big guy this way. And it's interesting. Um, and that's how this, the movie opens with these two. Two black guys who no one ever believes are cops. Yeah. <laughs> this is the theme throughout both one and two. It's like, you're not cops. And then they have to, like, beat the fuck out of them and then be like, here's the badge. You're going to jail or whatever, right? Um, and it sets such an amazing tone for the rest of the flick. And, you know, I can't say enough about this movie as we, you know, I think it's staying, you know. But if it if it turns out it's not, then I might rant for, like, ten more minutes. So we'll see. Um. That being said, Hard Target is, is Wu's best American Hard Target flick. is goddamn Hard Target, man. Let's yeah. <laughs> not fuck around here. Yeah, but you know, one thing I will say is that, that last like funhouse warehouse toy scene or Mardi whatever, Gras. like the Mardi Gras fucking Floats. fireworks yep. shop and all that shit. It's a little bit. I think it's fucking badass. Yeah, it's got doves flying around. There two guns doves. at a time. Yeah, it's classic John Wu. As classic John Wood. Jumping over a flaming barrel as it's coming towards you. At Bad. like a reasonable speed. At <laughs> a very reasonable You can just step out of the way. Bad Boys came out two years after Hard Target, mm. and it feels like it came out like a good 15 years after Hard Target. <laughs> like with just how how different everything about them is. Like it, it really doesn't... Um, yeah. Like it doesn't rely on just these overly like animated goofy characters of a lot of the other the other movies somehow even though it it is larger it is than very, life very sur- it's a, yeah it's, it's real in that universe totally. yeah I it, it feels it feels so much more um genuine yeah in a michael bay movie 
Yeah. Holy fuck. What are we? What world are we living in right now? But um, I know I completely agree. I love the fact that they're – say, for example, like, you know, I know that these people are supposed to be out in the middle of nowhere and, and New Orleans and whatnot, and they're supposed to be, you know, homeless people, so no one gives a fuck about them and so forth. But, like, n- not one news team is ever reporting on any of this shit that's happening. These yeah, guys men, men are being around. hunted in the streets. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and people are seeing it. They're not even reporting that people are walking around with big guns or, like, fucking, you know, crossbows and the short <laughs> sort of shit. Um, but – in Bad Boys, it's like they're they're in like a short car chase, and they like they blow up something pretty substantial, but still. Um, and, and there's like a fucking helicopter over them. They're both screaming at it, telling the helicopter to get out of there and shit. Like I I love that. Um, it, it just it feels feels really good, and they're they're making fun of each other's characters and in, in the flick. They get to do that little role reversal where Will Smith goes to live with Martin Lawrence's family and. Martin Lawrence has to fucking pretend to be Mike Lowry and shit. The the and the basketball scene that leads up to that is one of the greatest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. Just like fucking Pantheano just missing them all so bad, and every time he misses, he's like, "I was hitting them all until you guys fucking came in here with this news." <laughs> so good, and then fucking Will Smith just swish. Yeah, and, and then Lawrence is like, you know, he went easy on you. I would have dunked on you or something like that. And Martin Lawrence is like, you know, Pantleano's height. So yeah. that's, that's what makes it even funnier. Also, who's the guy um, from Sopranos makes an appearance in this? He's the he's the tire salesman slash... Right, right, right. Chris. Yeah, Chris. Chris from... Maltesanti. Yeah. Well, I forget what his... Uh... Human name? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's really good. And that's another great scene where Will Smith's got the gun to them and they're doing the shtick again. And and like Martin Lawrence is like yelling down the hall, like, I'm not going to jail for you, <laughs> dirty cop and all stuff. And like, have fun, you know, he's gonna blow your fucking brains out, like this whole thing. I love that. It's it's great. And also, even that last moment where <clears throat> Will Smith wants to totally blow away um, you know, anonymous French villain, you know, or like run of the mill French villain. But, um, you know, Martin Lawrence is like, he's not worth it. And you're like, oh, that's such a cop-out. Like, this ruins the whole fucking movie because they've literally been murdering everyone endlessly. And then the guy starts to pull out a gun. You're like, yes. And it's not just one shot. It's not just, like, one clean shot to the head. Fucking Will Smith empties two fucking guns on this guy. (laughs) Boom, 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 boom. For, like, like, a solid five seconds the screen time, just him getting just squibs going off. It's fantastic. I don't know. I was like, you guys are going bad boys. Yeah, I'm going sticking bad boys. To your, sticking well, to your guns. I'm sticking to the hard target, obviously. I accept it's it's exiting, but uh, it had a good run. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna side with bad boys. Unfortunately, Fair enough. Sorry, sorry, Jesse. <sighs> All right, Jesse. Um, if the next one goes up, I think uh, who fucking who knows. Let's see how this goes. You had Con Air on your list, yeah. Okay. Next one coming in is of course Con Air. Yeah. So that makes our list currently Con Air, Bad Boys, Leon the Professional, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Terminator Two, and The Matrix. All right. And I haven't nominated one in a while, and and this is going to be a real, real, real heartbreaker for me. I'm going to skip Con Air because I'm not ready to talk about it yet. I haven't processed it in my mind. Sure. I want to go back to two that we've talked about a fair bit, mostly me talking about one of them. Um, 
and this is going to be a real heartbreaker either way, but I want to get them out of the way because it's just it's itching at me that one of these is going to go in the next little bit. I'm going to put Dyard with a vengeance up against Leon the Professional. Mm-hmm. And so, I and one thing, may I just ask that nobody fucking makes the argument like, oh, this is a more action of action movie. Because that's one thing that I'm really happy about. He's not being here. I miss you, buddy. Hopefully you're not drowning to death in your fucking <laughs> flooding house. He's all waterlogged and just floating. <laughs> He's listening to the podcast like, that motherfucker. <laughs> it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that he didn't want with the vengeance to go through, just to be clear, because he made that very clear. In another tournament we did last year. In any case, um, yeah, I, I, I just don't want to hear the fucking argument like one's more actiony or one's more complex or anything. Can we just make this one about which one you like better? Can we just go like take? Let's go pure emotion because it's the only way that I'm going to be able to rationalize this. You got with a vengeance up against Leon. I, I thoughts al- always well, loved- Leon's the better film, mm-hmm. hands yeah. down. Yeah. But is it more action-y? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on the bracket, so it's obviously an action movie, so that kind of goes out the window. I would, I, I just know I'm going to pick Leon, because it's just a far superior film. Mm. Wow. I mean, Die, Die Hard 3 is good. I ain't Die Hard 3 is good, but yeah, there is these... But it's, you know, it's... There's like a solid like five minutes of this guy that works for a fucking dump truck company just spouting off random facts about new york that i gotta fucking sit through oh it's so short no he's doing it through the down the whole tunnel well i would have voted for die hard with a vengeance but now it seems like a foregone conclusion anyways well die hard with a vengeance it's it's um because all he said is i'm gonna vote for leon so while i'm on the side of leon he didn't do a very good job arguing for it so i'm just saying how i'm going I don't know. Leon is just, it's a slower paced movie. It's a more cerebral movie. Tired with a Vengeance is just more fun. Mm. Just shit keeps happening. Like it just, it keeps you not, not really in suspense, but just like, um, uh, I don't know. We, um, we talk about this, uh, this phenomenon from time to time when you watch a movie and you get out and you can only really think of like, you know, there's not very many standout moments in, in the movie. Mm. Like, Leon the Professional is a great, great movie. Absolutely. 100%. But um, there's, like a, there's, like, a period in, I don't know, just, like, the, the, the relationship building between Portman and, and Leon that, that just, it's dull to me. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it, it, um. I don't know. It makes it feel that that's I think why somebody would make the argument that it isn't a, an action movie is mm-hmm. because of those moments that just seem to seem to drag a bit. Like they're they're good and they they really teach you a lot about the characters, but they don't really um it's not really exciting or or thrilling or anything like that. It's just like I love that moment, by the way, because seeing as he's reminded me of it, where it's like uh, she's at the front desk of the new hotel that they go to, and uh, he's he's not actually my father. He's my lover. <laughs> and, and then Reno finds out, and they can get the fuck out of there. Fucking Jean <laughs> Reno gets, hits the road. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Both movies hit me in the feels. They hit me in the feels different ways. 
I agree with you completely, Devin, that, that the uh that Die Hard is like go, 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 go. But you know the places that I feel like I should feel the most in both movies kinda trickle off for me. Um like it's like I love the build up there. The like there's a point in Die Hard with a Vengeance where I know that Simon, because he's got the money out of the the uh, fucking uh, or he's got the gold, um, he's not gonna blow up the school. Like that's a diversion. Um, and so like that whole thing with with them running the kids off the roof and all this stuff, like it was just a waste of my fucking time. And and the same kind of thing happened with. Um, with the third act of of Leon the Professional, because once Matilda gets out of the building with the fucking plant, I kind of again was in a situation where the only logical conclusion to this is if, or like emotional conclusion is if if uh, Leon sacrifices himself and then has to you know and so then the fun of that movie then plays out and what happens after those few scenes after where she goes back to school and where she, you know, is getting the money every week from Tony and this sort of thing. Like these are, uh, and, and unfortunately Luke Besson never got to, you know, do his somewhat talked about uh, movie with Matilda all grown up. I know that was something he p- hypothesized about at one point, which he, you know, they could do with Natalie yeah, Portman now, yeah. but yeah. I feel like, um, I've got one more thing to say about Die Hard with a Vengeance that yeah. I want to say before before you make any decisions here is that <laughs> it's 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 like a like Hold a one chewing into the microphone. <laughs> it's like a coming of age for the series. It's like it's getting to this this it's the first two movies were just all very fun and very these are eighties action movies like Die Hard and Die Hard Two. Um, where everything co- comes together uh, perfectly at the end, and everything everything works out, and he seems to just make his way through all of these these trials and tribulations. And Die Hard with a Vengeance is just like this this um, very like you know postmodern like like John McClane has a terrible life. Like he's he's suspended because he's a he's a fucking reckless cop. Mm-hmm. He, he, he likes his, to wear eyeshadow. His relationship uh, is is in shambles because it was entirely yeah, and, and it was and it was just based on this this you know um, you know the the him like saving her life over and over again. Like they don't have a good relationship. Um, he's got fucking migraine headaches and he is just a cop. So it's not as if he's got like this great salary and this, this, you know, like a a penthouse apartment and like (laughs) nice suits. No, he's fucking, he's broke and and it sucks. His life fucking sucks. And it's just this great, like, uh, I don't know. You, you, you watch a lot of the other movies and it's like, everything comes together. So, so perfectly, but this movie, it's like, you know, it, it it's it's just him suffering him suffering and him begrudgingly doing this it's like he's not just just saving people's lives because he's he's like a a good like superhero he he just gets dragged into this shit mm-hmm. he doesn't enjoy it he doesn't like doing it he doesn't endeavor to to 
you know, be a hero. He just fucking is because he's there and he's not going to just not do it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not just going to stand by and watch, you know, this, this shit happen to other people. So he just does it mm-hmm. and it's, and he hates it and he, he hates it so much. <laughs> and it's just so, so good to see that in this, in this, this, um, especially in the nineties, um, yeah, you do have a lot of like glistening Captain America, Superman type heroes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's you know, yeah, it's nice to see one that that's that's a little bit more real in that regard. Hmm. But then again, that's kind of a defense for Leon as well, isn't it? Because exactly. It's, it's he, he he he's reluctantly a hero. And he's, he's not this like this this he's international assassin that like makes millions of dollars from like these like no he gets paid like 20 grand to shoot a guy and it's it's like and all he buys is milk <laughs> and fucking plant food cleaning products <laughs> cleaning <laughs> products yeah so what's you know what <clears throat> it's because I, I, I you know i haven't had the internet yell at me in a while i've been on my best behavior so let's do it leon goes through yeah Gene Reno. (laughs) Gene Reno with the with the uh, win. How do you say win in um, Gagnon? Gagnon. All right, right. Gagnon (laughs) with the Gagnon. Gene Reno. Okay. Uh, So Dyer with a Vengeance is out, and the internet is ablaze. All right, gentlemen, we have to eliminate, I believe, two more films to get down to our final six. But I'll double check that as we bring in our next film which is Lethal Weapon 4, making it in, I believe, just under the wire, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 1998. Uh, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, Jet Li, Rene Russo, Joe Pesci, and the rest. Uh, Chris Rock, back with uh, another Lethal Weapon film, and I really like this one. And that's on the docket along with Con Air, Bad Boys, Leon the Professional, Terminator 2, and The Matrix. And gentlemen... Your pick? My pick? I think it's yours. We haven't talked about Con Air, and got, obviously Lethal Weapon is back We've got two newbies here, so let's do Lethal Weapon 4 versus Con Air. Ooh. I like it. I like it. Mixing Excellent. things up here. I like it. Should I just go ahead and cross out Con Air? Get the fuck <laughs> out of here! <laughs> the best I'm thing kidding. about Con Air is Nicolas Cage's haircut. And his accent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got this nice southern drawl. <laughs> I, I do like how he uses like corpses, like they're the United States postal system. Like I do like that. <laughs> so that's good. Like he just Cusack getting savvy to this body message thing is pretty handy. Yeah, and also the fact that just these bodies are staying intact for them to find is great. Yeah, <laughs> but like you know that's that's a minor thing, and I I don't know. That's that joke's been used a million times before by a million people, so don't laugh at that if you're listening. Um, Steve Buscemi is a serial killer and slash something else we yeah. don't know. The weirdest thing about that is they play him up like he's this evil guy that's wore like someone's head on as a helmet for like through three states. And then the movie they leave her alone with a little, leave him alone with a little girl, and you're supposed to feel scared. But at the end, you see them like drinking tea together. And it's like, oh, he didn't eat the little girl. It's like, how the fuck do we and know then, he didn't well, eat the little girl? <laughs> when she's when they're drinking tea together, he yeah. hasn't gotten back on the plane yet. Yeah. He gets back on the plane, 
and they yes. see her waving yeah. at the fucking plane. You see her out the window waving at the plane. That's how you know okay. that she didn't fucking get taken out by Buscemi. But I promise you, dude, that's got to be like a fucking like producer coming in and being like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa. whoa. No ambiguity yeah. here, gentlemen. Yeah. He's not eating little girl. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Malkovich, Malkovich is Malkovich. Malkovich is Malkovich. He likes to... He likes to Malkovich, and I like There's an interesting theory I heard about this film. This is another one. It's uh, It came out in 1996, mm-hmm. I believe it was. Election year. Jerry Brockheimer, big-time Republican. <laughs> and this movie, I've heard... I'm stealing this from an internet video. This is not my words, but it, it, it the movie is total propaganda against liberal America. <laughs> so you do the rundown. You got... You got Cyrus the Virus, who's like the intellectual liberal type, okay. smarter than, you know, thinks he's better than everyone. You got Ving Rhames, who's like a Black Panther type guy, represents black America. <laughs> and you got like the gay character, represents gay America. Um, who else is in there? I got no Is there a woman? This. There's no woman. Oh. Then, you know, you got uh, Danny Trejo. He's like the scary Mexican. Mexican. <laughs> oh, my God. This is like this some serious validity to this potential. Yeah, I got I, I notes on it. Let's see what I got here. So, yeah, it came out in election year, and Nicolas Cage represents, like, Southern American, the hero kind of thing. <laughs> and another funny thing is the gay character, all these bad guys totally accept him. It's never an issue that he's gay. But it's the hero that slaps him. <laughs> There's one part where like he's like he's about to like knock him out, but he just like bitch slaps him. <laughs> it's kind of like all these hardened criminal type guys are totally okay with him, but the hero is the one that's gonna you know do that kind of thing. Yeah, There's an interesting subconscious message they're sending there, and um, and yeah, so like it's not proven that this is the the way they they made it, but you know Jerry Brockheimer is a very public Republican, and you know. <laughs> Kind of, it was election year, so if it, there's a the interesting theory. You should look it up. I can't remember who put it out there, but it's like basically deconstructing the film about how it's a propaganda film against liberal America, mm-hmm. and each character represents a specific <laughs> sect of that. Interesting. I feel like um, uh, a movie like this, or Speed, or Executive Decision, or um, you know, any any of those those. Um, uh, movies that set themselves up as like a thriller on board a thing. Yeah. Um just always run into this problem where it's like you're just you're you're you, you know whatever money you're you're saving by only having to basically build the one set uh you're losing in my fucking interest. Like, <laughs> I just so so now they're in like the vents like in the cargo area of the plane mm. and now they're in like the main part of the plane and now they're in the cockpit of the plane. How much how much more of this plane is there? Well, they like, land a lot though. They they seriously, in... like the writers were just like, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can we put in like we gotta stretch this shit out? We only got sixty pages. We need to double this. <laughs> They're going to land in Vegas at one point. Yeah. <laughs> Throw Dave Chappelle out the back of a fucking plane. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing, by yeah. the way, because it's like immediate, like, cuts, dummy. <laughs> like, <laughs> clear dummy. Like, not even trying. Like, the dummy might, it, it, it may have been a white mannequin. Like, I can't even remember. <laughs> like, I haven't seen this in a while. But that dummy, I remember being like, they didn't even fucking try to make this look like Dave Chappelle. It's like fucking... Uh... Super Dave Osborne or some shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Just like>, ah! <laughs> All right, Lethal Weapon. Can we switch or yeah. more shots? Move on to it. More thoughts on Con Air. 
We can switch. Let's switch it up. Okay, yeah. Lethal Weapon Four. Um, in a lot of ways, is Jet Li's introduction to America, which is the saddest fucking sentence I probably ever said on the show, because obviously, <laughs> uh, you know, he's phenomenal, and there's a lot of stuff in his catalog before fucking you know 1998 that you have to check out like immediately do it um but just the same you know he's there uh and he's amazing he's very menacing uh and and this is one of the more interesting premises for me i don't like the side plot with chris rock um i hate that scene i hate all the scenes with uncle it's uncle benny right that owns a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Uh, I hate the fly life scene. I hate the scene at the fucking uh, with the laughing gas. Like you know, you know, uh, my um, uh, your baby's having my baby, and your baby will baby. The whole thing is like, uh. but then it immediately gets back to some really great, like a great chase sequence, which is really cool, and and the action is so good. And that moment at the end where it's like, oh, you know, how did he get out of that? You know, <laughs> we better go ask him. You know, it's such a great moment. Um, I love the, the 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 family living with uh, with Glover's family is like with Murtaugh's family. A little bit reminiscent of when those uh, Japanese businessmen are living with Kramer. Oh yeah, <laughs> Don't put them in the drawers. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, Mister Takahashi. <laughs> so you know, I'll, I can take or leave that. I do like the the counterfeit money angle. I like all this stuff. It's really really cool, um, and and I like the relationships, you know, solidify themselves even more in this film. Always love to see that crazy fucking psychiatrist back to just get just you know hell reaped upon her <laughs> by fucking Mel Gibson. So is yeah. this the one where there's a dude with body armor and a flamethrower at the beginning right yeah, opening dude. sequence yeah that, that scene's pretty badass oh man best opening sequence he's listening to Fire in the Hole by Van Halen <laughs> <laughs> that's right he is badass, badass dude <laughs> oh man I forgot about that he is totally listening to... so we got a hard decision ahead of us uh, you know I don't love love either of these films but I have fun with both of these flicks you know, my initial inclination is Lethal Weapon 4 I have a little more fun with. But, um, you know what? I'll go ahead and cast my vote for Lethal Weapon 4 and leave it up to you gentlemen. Well, I'm going to come in strong with the the uh, Republican propaganda film, uh, Con Air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Gardner? Yeah, I'm just... I... A lot of A lot of the reason why I like Con Air is all novelty. And so I feel... In a situation like, like, what am I going to sit down and watch uh, again after having already seen both of these movies? Probably Con Air. Yeah. I probably would watch Con Air, yeah. but I'm not going to say it's the better movie. Lethal Weapon 4 is is absolutely, in my mind, the better movie. Con Air is just riding a lot more, um, a lot more novelty to get get to my... You know, get close to my heart there. Okay, it's and and novelty isn't isn't you know isn't a, a reason for like it's 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 not the intended appeal that this movie has to me. Okay, you know it's it's like they they wanted to make an action movie <laughs> that had a little bit of comedy and they ended up with a, a hilarious fucking comedy. <laughs> comedy that has, yeah. So that's uh, yeah. It's, so it's you going with the one you watch more. Or are you going I'm with going the with one Lethal they... Weapon. 4. Okay, Lethal Weapon Four in my mind is a better movie. 
All right, Conair is gone. Now we're gonna take a break now. Uh, I'll, but uh, and then so after the next elimination, that will be our. Technically, we have to do it final five. I know we said final six earlier, but it's not fair that the last film in doesn't even get. You know, it just goes into the final six, the top six. So that's not fair. Um, so still on the board, Lethal Weapon Four, which just beat out Con Air to stay in. Bad Boys, Leon the Professional, Terminator Two, The Matrix, and entering the competition after the break, Demolition Man. You guys are fucking killing me. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, Lethal Weapon's already doing better than than uh, Lethal Weapon One and Two did in uh, in eighties Action Week. Lethal Weapon Four makes it through the final six at least. We don't know how it's going to go. And I'm pretty excited about the last film to come into the competition, Demolition Man, my oh, friend. Oh, that's one of my faves. That's oh. a Stallone classic. And the other big upset, obviously, being uh, Leon the Professional taking out Dyer with Vengeance. Yeah, but I can see it happening. I, I love Leon. I do, too. And, and you know, so if... A young it, Natalie Portman really, like, she, she exceeded that role. Oh, man. And, okay, so I know that Luke Besson has this, uh, has Valerian coming out. Uh, if if this flick is a massive success, can we revisit the idea of having uh, a grown-up Matilda assassin film? With an older... With, with Natalie Portman. I know Luke Besson talked about it a lot of years ago. Uh, and I know recently in interviews he said it's not going to happen. But that's something I kind of want to see. Jog my memory at the end of this movie is... She goes back to school. She goes back to school, but is Gary Oldman still alive at the end? No, of the no, this okay. is for Matilda. And uh, and Tony's giving her the the money every week and everything. So, but she wants to be a cleaner, you know. I would like to see. I'd that. like to see her and as Natalie a cleaner. Portman's at that age where it's like she can do no wrong. Yeah, you know, give her a break from from playing a, a mannequin in the Thor films. So, <clears throat> in we'll any see. case, next round. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the den- they used to call him the Demolition Man. <laughs> also, Rumble in the Bronx finally going after just taking out everybody. Well, it's Jackie Chan for you. you he know. makes you hold something and he punches you five times. It's. I can't say enough about Jackie Chan, and and I know a lot of people have said it better, but I there's something about all of his films and and you having to kind of take the ride with with Jackie and you. You never know how he's going to win. You always assume he's going to win, but it's always such a struggle for him. It's always it he's reminds in, us of video games in the his 90s, character 80s is like and 90s. the most ende- every character he plays is always like this endearing figure who like because mm-hmm. he's the underdog. He's he always, always the underdog. It's brilliant. So uh, you know, I'm there's a lot of a lot of films on this list that that maybe could have gone farther if it was a bracketed tournament as we'd originally talked about, but uh, I'm really, really, really happy. With with how far Rumble in the Bronx got to go, how much we got to talk about it, and the fact that I had an opportunity because of this panel to revisit that flick. Oh yeah. All right, so let's go back and I don't know, talk about movies. Three seashells. <laughs> he doesn't know how to use the shells. <laughs> but I love that. No, oh, we'll get into it. In the you, you'll, you'll hear about it in the episode. <laughs>
All right, so we're back. And our final film in, gentlemen, Demolition Man. So it's on the board with Lethal Weapon, Bad Boys, Leon the Professional, Terminator 2, and The Matrix. And Jesse, I believe you're up next to nominate a film. All right. What do you want to do here? I'm just going to go with... Let's do Demolition Man versus Bad Boys. Ooh. Ooh. You evil, evil person. Yes, yes. I, had, I had never considered something about Demolition Man that I wanted to bring up real quick. That's it. Um, that's just, it's, it's, you know, I hate when people nitpick about factual inaccuracy kind of things, but this <laughs> is a fairly, it's, it's like central to the entire movie. They have created a rehabilitation, um, uh, a system of, of rehabilitation for criminals that freezes them and then thaws them out once their sentence is done. That leaves you with a sentence of a single day. Like, yeah. <laughs> they, they go in, they get sentenced, yeah. and then they say, okay, like, you know, 30 years in prison, and then they freeze you, and then they unfreeze you for your parole hearing 30 days later, and you are the exact same person <laughs> that went in. Like, have you thought about your crimes? No, not at all. Like, do you feel guilty now? Not really. I feel exactly the same as when I came. I feel like I woke up for a big nap. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel great. Like, I feel very refreshed. But may I point out that Sly says that he sees his wife screaming he does at remember him being through the uh, ice. Do you remember he, your wife banging on the thing? Yeah, you no, go by. Yeah, he says all this stuff that he remembers about people like giving him shit while he's in there and all this stuff. But then again, he is one of the pre-chipped uh, early stage people, so it's very possible, of course, that this is true. You know, yeah, not. You know, uh, not everyone has that same thing. Even if you're dreaming, though, even if you're dreaming, it's like you know, five minutes after you're you're awake and out of the ice, you you're not really you're cool. carrying a whole lot of that shit. With you. <laughs> but then like, they like implant them with like new skills, like oh, you're good at gardening now or knitting. Yeah, oh, he's, he's, right, he's right, good right, at knitting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's his thing. I, can I don't fix know why. That right I, could, I can uh, <laughs> I can knit real well. He knits her a sweater to apologize after the sex thing, the virtual the virtuality sex. weirdo sex thing, which is doesn't then, even make any sense. And then when the car explodes with that foam uh, into yep. the police station, he gets out and she's like, "Oh, your jacket ripped." He's like, "Don't worry, just get me a needle and some thread, and I'll fix that right up." <laughs> like, did I just say that? <laughs> I did. The one thing I do love about this movie, it's an interesting take on the future. How mm-hmm. the future is nice, and you know you can't swear, and everyone loves each other, as opposed to the, you know the Mad Max future where everyone's trying to kill each other and it's horrible. Mm-hmm. And so you get these two relics of the '90s coming in, being badasses and swearing and having to fucking get <laughs> get what's the, they get a friggin' uh, ticket every time they uh, yeah. say swear word. And then, um, yeah, and he, he does not use the seashells, mm-hmm. so he just goes up to the machines like, fucking bullshit, piece of shit, motherfucker. <laughs> Who needs the seashells? And just wipes his ass with the tickets. Yeah. So, you know, it's got a lot of that fun stuff. <laughs> we didn't have an opportunity to look at the Switch uh, from the original theatrical release, and I know on the VHS it was also the restaurant in the film is Taco Bell. Yeah. Uh, the only restaurant won, in left won the fran- after the franchise after the wars. franchise wars. <laughs> so every restaurant is now Taco Bell. Well, the thing is, in in the modern version of this film, it's all Pizza Hut, and all the signs are changed to Pizza Hut. Um, 
and all of the lines have been overdubbed. Somewhat, some of them really good and others just terrible. Oh, yeah. We were talking about uh, – because every time they say Taco Bell, they are on screen saying Taco Bell. So imagine someone's mouth saying Taco Bell, but the words that you're hearing is Pizza Hut. And there's one really good one in the police station where he's bitching about it. This guy's going to take me out to, you know, cut in Pizza Hut. And then I think the line in the original film was like, you know, not that I don't like a good burrito every now and then or something like that, that Sly says. And the line has been changed to to something to the effect of, you know, not that I don't like a good, and then completely different voice, slice of pizza <laughs> every now and then. It's so fucking good, dude. Like, you know, it almost makes the movie better. Yeah. You were talking fun. about the uh, the idea, the great idea of the hall of... Uh, yeah. Violence. Yeah, they go to, like um, uh, Snipes is looking for weapons, and so he's like, "Where you know where they keep weapons?" And it's like the museum. There's museum. only weapons in the museum, and so they go. He goes to the museum, and uh, they catch up with him there, and they're just going through like the history of of like uh, uh, of of weaponry. Yeah, start with like muskets and yeah. stuff, and going through to like future weapons, and and just seeing that like like you kind of get to see the you know the progression of society to the point that it's at right right now um nobody like sonic weapons weaponry yeah. obviously not quite as you know crazy as that but yeah you know we're already there where some of those weapons are being banned <laughs> yeah sylvester stallone uh doesn't uh have the same uh good idea that snipes has though who who just goes like straight to the future and gets like this ridiculous fucking like laser gun yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, of it, course like yeah. skip right to that part that's the one you probably want yeah like. well he fills up a bag with regular guns and he's like wait a second yeah it's a laser guns and, and, yeah, it's really good and and snipes is so fucking good in this movie oh, yeah. they're badass um, you know i and and because he's got all these new skills um it's yeah, quite he funny up- uploads himself with like knowing how to do no he doesn't upload oh, himself yeah. it's the, the other it's guy the, yeah, yeah. it's cocteau yeah that does it yeah it puts all the stuff in him and then also puts in the thought to kill um dennis leary oh uh, yeah dennis leary yeah with a small cameo by jack black as one of dennis leary's henchmen mm-hmm. oh wow don't think he has any lines. He's just kind nope. of in the background there. Oh. Jack Black shows up in a lot of movies in that era just yeah. before he made it big. Yeah. <laughs> but that's off topic. <laughs> I like the scene when they go down into the sewers and uh, Sly has a rat burger. Yeah. And he's like, mm, it's a little bit. best burger I've, been, I've had in a long time. I don't see any cows down here. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. Very good. Like it. Like it. Um, Dennis Leary as Dennis, Dennis Leary. Leary in the yeah, he, he does a straight up rant. <laughs> okay, <laughs> these guys down here—they're trying to do this and that. <laughs> yeah, look it. I want to drive my car. I'm gonna fuel. Fucking <laughs> choke to death on a cheeseburger. Fucking jerk off to Nudie Magazine. Like that kind of thing. Like yeah, this yeah. whole stick is total. Stick is totally intact in that flick. So it's interesting, but yeah. yeah. I really like the film. I think it's hilarious. I think it's... Um, it's one of Stallone's better films, in my opinion. I, I completely agree. And um, and I think it's in that same vein as like a True Lies or a um, um, Last Action Hero where the only thing that they take seriously is the quality of the action. But everything else is very self-referential. Um, they, they make a lot of jokes at the expense of the 90s. Uh, President Schwarzenegger, obviously. President Schwarzenegger, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff like that. So, you know, um, 
I quite like it. I quite like it. But do you like it better than Bad Boys? That's the question. Mm. Well, let's go around the table and see. Right off the bat, I'm going to tell you Demolition Man is my pick. Yeah. I like Bad Boys. It's fine, but I don't know. I don't have the same memories of it, and I haven't watched it as many times, I don't think. I've rewatched both of these recently, and I was blown away by how much better Bad Boys was than I thought it was. Fuck. Devin, what are you thinking here, man? I got. I need a minute. Um, shit. I, I don't want to be the guy that, that, that knocks out either of these movies, you mm. know? They're both really, really good. Um, man, I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to be too objective because I, I think I've, I'm in kind of the same position as like Demolition Man just, just holds a much like, you know, it's, it's, it's got a spot in, in my heart, um, more yeah. than than uh, Bad Boys does. Yeah, that's where it's coming back to. But fuck, is it a better movie? I don't know. I don't even know. I shit. I'm gonna say yes, and I'm gonna go Demolition Man. Yeah, Demolition Man. Yeah, it's unanimous. Demolition. Demolition Man. Man. It's a good fucking movie. We don't want no boys. We want men here. Demolition men. <laughs> you know what? Demolition man. This is another thing that I was I wanted to mention actually um, that I had completely forgotten about. Demolition man. Of all of the movies on this list, I think it was the first movie that I saw that it had been released. Like I saw like trailers or yeah. something like that, and I wasn't allowed to see it. This is like the first movie that it's like. It's not even that violent, really. No. Yeah. No. It's Maybe. not. But. But. Um, was was it the what whole, the like, year? bus passengers at the beginning thing? So it was 93, so I was uh, seven years old. I wasn't allowed to see Demolition Man, and it was the, one of the first movies that, like, I, I was cognizant of it, and I wasn't allowed to see it, and it made me fucking insane for this movie. I mm. wanted to see Demolition <laughs> Man so much. And then maybe, like, a year or two later at a sleepover or something like that, we watched Thought it. Behind it Your Parents' Back? Yeah. Yeah. Good boy. All right. That's a good that's that's how we do it around these parts, you know. We, we all do. we all act like, you know, nice children at home and we go over to our friend's house that you know, and we watch the the bad murder movies. And that friend is usually me to be quite <laughs> honest with you, and I was a child it's like come over and watch all the violent shit at my house. Um All right. So our final five gentlemen. Demolition Man, Lethal Weapon 4, Leon the Professional. Terminator Part Dieu and The Matrix. Now, I think we've talked a lot about all of these films. So let's just go around uh, clockwise and we'll call it a pairing. We'll state our choice and the reason. And uh, and the person who nominates it will go first, obviously. Sure. And then uh, we'll try and get these out of here quick. Do okay. It. Down so, to the nitty gritty of it all. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a when you look at the five movies, it's not the five I thought were going to be in the final five. Mm. Yeah, Lethal Weapon Four is fine film and all, but mm-hmm. is it yeah. one of the five best action movies of the nineties? I don't no, know. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's definitely not. <laughs> Who wants to kick us off? Who wants? I think you're up yeah, anyway, Devin. Will. So go I'll ahead. Go. So you've got Terminator Two, The Matrix. Demolition Man, Lethal Weapon 4, and Leon uh, the Professional. Um, let's do The Matrix versus Demolition Man. Come on. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, it's The Matrix for the reasons that we've discussed. 
Demolition Man is very of its time. It's a very 90s style action film where The Matrix has set the bar higher, new, you know, smarter scripts, uh, better special effects, you know, bringing us into the next decade of action films. So obviously, Matrix will be my choice. Here's, I, here's, sorry, here's a question ahead. for you. Why, why is it that in, uh, in Demolition Man, they just went straight to the laser guns and, uh, and had a fight with that? And in The Matrix, they go into that prep room where they're like let's you know, it's still show, the show matrix is 1999 well but are they calling up items that are already in the matrix or are they going to that blank space and then populating it with things that yeah but the problem guns that they pick so i agree with you I, however no i mean all that they have outside the matrix is emps so like whatever but also um the, the other problem there is that the the, the matrix itself starts even people plugged into the Matrix start fighting back against you if you aren't – like if you seem out of place. So like that – Well, they they seem a bit out of place to begin with. I mean they're, I know, they're running on walls and jumping from like roof to roof. <laughs> like it, yeah. it's – but that that's 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 the implication. I'm not saying that yeah. that Matrix theory is perfect because it's not. And if you watch the that. Second Renaissance, it's not just uh, it yeah. is laser guns. They have laser guns. Oh, yeah. They also have like robot suits. But that's all and gone. And the Matrix yeah. is a physics simulation. It's not a. It's not a fucking. That's true. You know. Yeah. Like it's just just put a laser gun in there. If the physics exists in real life, then you can make it there. Before you make your vote, Devin, I just want to say because, uh, you know, sadly, I think I know where you're going and, and it's kind of making the show a little bit boring. But um, <laughs> what <laughs> if, 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 it, if you're going the way I think that you are, but it doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to strongly, strongly cast my vote for a demolition man just because by the end of my life as revolutionary and blah, blah, blah and fucking matrix Ooh, great uh, as these two films are uh, i'm gonna have watched demolition man fucking twice as many times as as the fucking matrix because you know i'm sorry but maybe i'm just i'm crazy i like a little cheese you know i i don't i don't i think the matrix is great but uh demolition man every time i watch it i laugh i smile I love the action sequences. Sly being a fucking weirdo, knitting and shit is great. The sex stuff. Sandra Bullock is at her, some of her funniest. Um, to me, um, I I can't. Doing a fucking parody. No, I Be, know. Being like, like, I mean, when you take Sylvester Stallone and Sandra Bullock, I mean, and then you've got Keanu, Keanu Reeves and fucking Car- okay, in, in like Carrie the, the most genre of fucking divining okay. movie. Of yeah, our, I know. Our entire lifetime. <laughs> Every single person in the Matrix did the fucking. They did best the best they could do. Job of their entire career. Hey, I'm not <laughs> knocking the first Matrix, but like, I- I'm sorry, but go. Like, when was the last time you watched it? Seriously, when was the last time you guys watched the Matrix? I watched it in a year, about three years ago. Three years ago. Okay, I loved it every goddamn uh, minute of it. <laughs> It, it's it's not as fucking good. I'm sorry. That's like, crazy. Every fucking time I watch it, it's not as good. Devin, can you be the voice of reason here? Demolition, man. No. I'm just saying. End this, end this nonsense. Dude, I, don't, I know where this is going, but I just want to cast my vote heavily for Demolition Man. You because... just want to try to create suspense. The no. Matrix wins. The Matrix. My that, vote goes for the that's Matrix. That's fine. And that's fine. And it, you know what? That's sanity. But let's be honest. Like, for me, I, I fucking... I I love the Matrix. I respect it, but the only fucking Wachowski's movie that I'm watching 
this fucking V for Vendetta. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I the rest of their catalog, including the first Matrix, it, it, it gets worse every fucking time. Yeah, Jupiter Ascending. I'm fan? sorry. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. It's a fucking great movie. Yeah, best movie ever made. I actually love that movie. Was... Um, well, that's because it's funny, and like you know, Demolition Man's supposed to be funny. Yeah, that movie's funny accidentally. Every fucking movie. Cloud place. Atlas. Cloud Atlas was a forgotten gem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I love that movie. I don't know. I'm voting for Demolition. Fair man. enough. The Matrix is a better movie, and that shit is the true true. All yeah. right? The true true. <laughs> I don't disagree with you, but like I'm right. telling you right now that I've got Matrix on fucking DVD, on VHS, on all these formats. And like, so I've been pumping money into the fucking Matrix, but I can promise you I will watch the Dem- Demolition Man like way more fucking times because I, you know, like I don't want fucking philosophy told to me by these fucking two people who just saw Ghost in the Shell a couple of times. <laughs> like, you know, I'm sorry. That's that's the truth. Fair enough. <laughs> What's the next? <laughs> next like, up, if the Matrix fucking wins. Like I, like okay, if it comes down to Terminator, like I'm cutting this out and I'll cut out some of my my, my rant because I know it sounds stupid. I agree. <laughs> this is a movie show and we have to stay fucking like somewhat sober. Year about this stuff, so I will I will trim it down. I'll let you you know you can make fun of me whatever for my pick. <laughs> that's fine, but um. If the Matrix fucking wins this thing, like, th- that is the stupidest fucking decision I've ever heard. <laughs> you sound like East at the end of the 80s one. <laughs> Die no. <hard> one. <laughs> no, like, it's dumb. Like, well, let, that, let's, it's, it's really, really dumb. Let's, like, let's, let's keep voting and see how it plays out. <laughs> you know? It's... Yeah. All right. Yeah, what's what the next? What's that? the next pairing like, here? Terminator you, uh, Two. I have no problem. Can you with. cross that one out for me? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> can, can you get Demolition Man off the fucking <laughs> yeah, list? Can you get that out of my sight. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we back into it here? Yeah. All right. It's my pick: Matrix versus Terminator Two. Get the okay. Come on. <laughs> this note now. Now you obviously I'm championing the Matrix very heavily, but. Terminator 2 is Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. Arguably. If if the Matrix wins this, we might as well just stop the show. <laughs> you know what? There's, there's two low points in Terminator 2 that I'd like to talk to you guys about. Okay. So for me, they just they take me right out. So the, so the first um, that I'll talk about, I think it's actually the second in the movie, uh, is... Um, when they're at the um, the place south of the border or whatever where they get the weapons, and it's just like this fucking dull, like, Sarah Connor giving her, her uh, narration over. Um, the two kids are, like, oh, shooting each other with toy yeah. guns, and she's like, oh, it's too real. And it's just this, like, and, and it's it's right between, like, the, the t- or t- not even, it's not even right between the two big action sequences. It just goes into her shoot, trying to shoot Dyson or whatever mm-hmm. afterwards. <laughs> but, um... Uh, but it's just so it's 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 dull. Mm-hmm. Um, it it tells you where they got the guns from, but it doesn't, doesn't tell you really... where you get the napalm. But that's the fun, yeah. yeah. And, and or whatever the is in the fucking canister is not napalm, C four or whatever it is some kind of liquid explosive, not C four. That's a plastic explosive. But you get what I'm saying. And it's just this um this unnecessary like her being like like oh the terminator he'll always be john's protector and blah blah, blah and, and and just that like showing like that, the nice it? um relationship between the two of them no mm. no no it's when she's sitting at the 
picnic table mm-hmm. watching them uh, when Terminator. Yeah, I'll never come home car. drunk yeah. and knock them around and all that shit. And it's just so like, like, yeah, we get it. Like, we got that from like when he was telling him like the slang at the beginning of the movie, and like we, you know, we don't baby. need you to reinforce the point at this point. You could, you could have had that same like just no narration, just mm-hmm. like a shot of her watching the Terminator. Mm-hmm. And John just like just just shooting the shit, mm-hmm. and it's just showing her, you know, her like emotional kind of response to that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. It doesn't. It it fucking they feel the need to to feed it to you through fucking narration. Mm-hmm. It's fucking dumb, and it's not stylistically <laughs> like I agree with any that. of the rest of the movie. And it it takes me right out. Mm-hmm. And the the um the second uh, sort of low point of the movie. Um, no, actually, yeah, I, I would say it probably is, um, uh, Dyson actually immediately after that, that part. And the fact that those are back to back actually makes it even worse. So it, that, that first one was actually the one that occurs first in the movie. Then you go to Dyson's place. Um, she's about to, to, to solve the, the, the fucking problem. She's about to solve it. Right. She kills this one guy. Um, uh, and then the shit never gets made because he's the guy that that understands it and is is developing the the processor or whatever. Mm. Um. Uh, and and uh, so she goes, she tries to kill him, and then she she can't. She shoots him in the arm or whatever, and mm-hmm. uh, and she's she's just going fucking. She's she's just totally unstable and completely unhinged at this point. Um, and. and I don't know. You get like the Terminator cutting open his arm. That's cool. Um, which, yeah, it's pretty cool. But I don't know. It's like this. This, like the family held hostage, just like just totally <laughs> listening, like intently, just being like, okay, like tell us about the robots. Well, you <laughs> cut off his fucking arm and show it to <laughs> just, them. Yeah, but like they're being pretty attentive for. Well, like, he's got one of them in his office. It's not like the first time he's seen dying one. Dying of a gunshot wound. Yeah. But I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Keep going. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Honey, hold on. Put down the phone. <clears throat> I want to hear what she has to say. Yeah. As I clutch my fucking bleeding yeah. shoulder. I don't know. It's just it's a stupid set of scenes that I feel like it ruins the whole fucking movie for me. And That's a bold statement, man. The rest of that movie is great. Yeah, the rest of the movie is great. Like, you know, and it, you're saying like every scene in the fucking Matrix is great and and it's not because every fucking scene that's in the real world is fucking bullshit. We got to watch this guy like get you know, obviously on the on the table for like a second. It's kind of cool. But as soon as they're having a conversation and he's on there and we got to see what they eat and we got to, you know, he's making a program with a woman in the red dress so that's okay that's cool now you got to see the woman in the red dress in the fucking simulation and they're like, answering your questions yeah and then all of a sudden now he looks around there the, the the agents there i don't yeah. disagree with you i just think you can knock you can knock the fucking matrix on beating to death these sorts of things too and unfortunately you know the only redemption again i agree with you about that fucking duration but the problem is they did it in the first one so they got to put one in and if they put it at the end Cameron is too smart of a director to put it right at the end again. He's going to be like, oh, what? People are going to assume I'm making the same fucking movie over and over again. This is exactly what he did with Aliens, right? Where, you know, he changed, pretty much changed, reinvented the whole film. So, again, making... Terminator 2 is already such a stylistic departure from number one. You can't really say that that this one little 
like little stylistic on the, choice on the was page, necessary in the sequel as well. It wasn't. On the page, it, he, he may have felt it would be because, again, this is before his concept, uh, conceptual art, all of that stuff. You know, he's not painting pictures of the Terminator before he writes the script. Well, he is in the first one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah. So, okay. you know, and like I, I, I'm, I'm going to give him I'm, – I'm not going to – I agree with you. But I, I always write that off as, as kind of like a um, – like I got to give him like artistic freedom on that. I, I got to allow that shit because the rest of the film is entertaining and, and compelling and so forth. So. Action crescendo versus action crescendo. We've got uh, Arnold uh, shooting a bunch of cars with a minigun and uh, then cool. total casualties There's zero. two car chases that are – they're pretty wicked but they're not the action crescendo no but like action, action for action like like low stakes shit but this is like the big like everything coming to a head like the whole story kind of coming together is is terminator you know shooting out grenades and and uh machine uh minigun at but that cars. doesn't stop all like action continues all the way on in that film yeah, until the, the fucking it, end the end is him and the t-1000 in the, Duking in the it smelting out. plant, like that, that action nice, yeah. starts there and then doesn't stop again. So, as much as I agree like, with you that that lull happens in the middle, the lull happens all at once and then it's just back to the action, right? So, like, there is this arguments on both sides because I got a you know, matrix, like walking. going through the building. Yeah, dude, going through the building. He puts the lower the, he floor puts is the, incredible. The bag through the fucking yeah. thing, walks through the metal detector. Open your jacket, bit, please. <laughs> A little bit Leon, a little bit Leon the professional there. Yeah. If I may say, a little and bit then, Leon the professional. And then that whole scene, but that scene oh has inspired so many things, like the Columbine massacre. <laughs> <laughs> I, I That's terrible, but true. When I was in grade uh, grade well, hopefully seven, not true. Or, well, probably not, or something like That's that. The media. Uh, I decided to be a neo for Halloween, just not thinking. Oh shit! And came to school in like, a black trench coat with the glasses, and I had all these fucking toy guns. I seem to remember that. Oh, God, dude. (laughs) I remember hearing something about that when I was in school. I didn't know it was you, though. Like, some idiot showed up with a trench coat and guns. (laughs) Oh, man. Maybe maybe not the best choice. Yeah. I don't know. But it's... it's... I got to think about trying to be cool versus just being cool in movies. Like, you know, I I like a good anti-hero. I don't feel like Keanu is an anti-hero because he fucking spends his whole life searching for Morpheus, like searching articles on the internet. Well, and that's the only thing that I can really come down to. It seems like we're both firmly in our camps here. Yeah, I like mean, it, it doesn't gonna, really matter. Gonna I'm going to go Terminator, Terminator 2. 2 and, and I'm going to be voting for The Matrix. So it comes down to he's you. He's already voted for The Matrix. Oh, I have no. I, I've said I have not voted yet. Oh, you haven't voted I yet? I said this is one where I'm obviously championing The Matrix, but... You can't disregard Terminator 2 because it's fucking Terminator 2. Yeah. Like, and this is way too much pressure <laughs> for me to decide. <laughs> like, you know, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying, but I there's a, it's, there's a similar level of importance to both films. It's just if, if The Matrix wins, we can call the show now. And that's fine. I'm not. I think if either of these two, I I figure like these two movies will be mm. the other ones. Yeah. So I feel like this is the conversation. This is the conversation, and uh, you know it 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 just really comes down to 
I'm not I'm not going to go with what's more emblematic. I'm not going to go with what's, you know, better action or any of this bullshit, what's more actiony action films. The only thing that I can go with is, you know, as stupid as it is, much like you said with Demolition Man earlier, is I'm going to have to go with nostalgia. Um, Like, to be honest, when we did this list, you know, The Matrix was really only on your list and Danny's. And and it what like it didn't even come into my fucking head. I noticed that when and people were like, putting their list in, I noticed that the Matrix wasn't on there. I'm mm-hmm. like, are you guys fucking crazy? And and like the the thing for me with it is is just that I you know I uh, I I don't even know. Like I just I don't. I guess it just comes down to my initial reaction to the film was like, yeah, this is great. You know, I really like it. It's it's inspiring, but like this film didn't even win our fucking hacker movie tournament, and it's a movie about hackers doing karate. That like for a hacker <laughs> fan, it's like pretty awesome. So, if I was that hell bent against the Matrix going through, then, then, then I gotta, you know, I gotta say, I guess, you know, I'm gonna go Terminator Two because I love all the individual action set pieces adding up to an elongated third act that's basically the whole third act is one big action piece. I like that. That structure in a three-act structure and in like American three-act structure, I like that idea in a film um, better for me. I'd rather have that lull all at once than than some of the moments, like I said, that yes, we're sparsely placed strategically and that's all great. I really enjoyed the film. I got to go with it over The Matrix just because of how I initially reacted and how I react to it every time where it's it's a tradition that I watch The Matrix or that I watch uh, – um, Terminator every year, so I don't know when I'll go back and rewatch the Matrix. I will eventually. Yeah, fair enough. So. And you're going Matrix, right? I'm absolutely down to going me. Matrix, and I'm conflicted. I mean, obviously, let's run it down. The Matrix. The reason I think it should win is because it revolutionized action films. All these movies take place on a certain plateau. This extended past that to create an entire new. What 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 has it like directly influenced though? Every action movie of the 2000s? Like, give me an example of a movie that, that looks or feels the way it does because of that film that isn't dog shit. Like, there's a lot of movies out there yeah. that look like fucking crap because of The Matrix, where it's like guys wearing glasses and, like, in virtual reality and shit. Like, people didn't take the right things away from The yeah. Matrix in a lot of ways. But what's one for you that you feel like really, you know, took from The Matrix and carried that that concept forward to something that we could do in modern era? See, that's a tough one. I don't think there's anything that's like thematically wise. I mean, more like the like the, the filmmaking techniques, the bullet time. What uses bullet time? No, not too much either. Not much anymore. But through the two thousands, it was pretty popular. But I don't know. But with Terminator Two, it's such an iconic film. Matrix was revolutionary. Terminator Two was classic this is tough this is goddamn tough I've made my decision excellent it pains me to do it doesn't pay me to do I'm I'm kidding it's a movie show it's a movie show (laughs) (laughs) I will hereby declare that the best action film of the 1990s Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Oh, wow. I, I convinced myself in my head. Because obviously, The Matrix, I think, is on a different level in these films. 
But when it comes to the quintessential 90s action movie, how do you beat Arnold Schwarzenegger, Terminator 2? All James right. Cameron. The whole thing. So would it be fair to say, gentlemen, on this list, the winner is Terminator 2? I've, I've deemed it so. Because is anything else going to beat out Terminator no, 2 not, on this? Not fucking Lethal Weapon 4. Well, yeah, but I think you got to put the Matrix second. Oh, no. Yeah, well, Matrix would those, be second. Yeah, yeah, those two are, are you know, they've just... Yeah, they're just They've carried us through for shits and giggles. So... But when it came down to my decision, I had to play it through my head. <laughs> and when it, and there's nothing more iconic than in Terminator 2 when he's being lowered into that lava. Yeah. And he the puts thumbs that up. thumbs up. If you don't shed a tear, mm-hmm. you are not a man, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> that is one of the most beautiful endings. Now I know why you cry, but it's something I can never do. Yeah. So, for today, Terminator 2 emerges victorious. However, later this year, we're going to come back. We're going to do a another 90s action battle royale. Is anyone going to pick this over that? Um... No. Starting the show off will be <laughs> not fucking Lethal Weapon 4. We're going to get rid of that. And we're going to put in The Matrix, Leon the Professional, and Terminator 2. And we're going to put a whole new list of 90s action films against them and see how, with either a larger or a different panel, they do. Whatever. Well, there we are. Yeah. So that wraps two. it up. Terminator 2 does it. Lethal Weapon, we didn't even have to vote on. Come on. Come on. Who are we kidding here? Uh, Jesse, you got anything going on that you want to pump before we get out of here? Not currently. (laughs) Maybe something in the future. Right on. Got a few uh, pokers in the fire, you might say. Excellent, excellent. Still go over to Hot Wagon Films. Hot Wagon Films. Ladies and got all our stuff on there. Mm -hmm. Actually, we just uh, released a short film that we did like almost two years ago. We put it through the festivals and stuff. It's, uh, It's called Prop Knife, a little comedy film. Uh, I'm not going to set it up. Just go watch it. It's funny. Sweet. We will do that. Yeah. All right. Um, remember, this is just the beginning of the conversation. We want to continue it on with you. So reach out to us. Tell us what you think should have won. You can find us on Twitter at Marvel Podcast, at MRML Podcast. You can email the show at show at moviesformylife.com. You can also obviously visit the website at moviesroommylife.com. And uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, Google Play Music, wherever podcasts can be heard. We're there, so subscribe to the show. Rate, review. We love reading that stuff. And uh, thanks so much for listening. I think that's about it, so thanks for hanging out with us. here first folks Terminator 2 moves on and wins you may have another one of these President's Choice waters and remember when you think water think President's Choice thank you George Bush (laughs) Barack Obama they all drank it (laughs) they all drink water